Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby. I'm a fan of classic movies. Hello and welcome to Overlapping Dialogue, a podcast of audio commentaries dedicated to discussing cinema that fascinates us in a way we hope fascinates you. We're your co-hosts, Kyle and Levi Huffman. I'm Kyle. I'm Levi. And here we are for our very special Christmas Eve edition of Overlapping Dialogue. This episode will be dropping on Christmas Eve of 2021. Very likely, you will be spending this time with your family, friends, around the tree, dipping into that eggnog, digging into the fruitcake. non-alcoholic eggnog. As we talked about last week. Yes. Um, How about non-eggnog eggnog? How about that? So, like, give me the eggnog, but, like, something else. Yeah. Like a can of Coca-Cola, you know. A Coca-Cola. Give me that Coca-Cola. So, in honor of the Christmas season, we thought what better way to celebrate the birth of Christ than with Spider-Man 2. (laughs) Or not Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2002 is what I meant to say. Mm. Um, Yeah. So, very recently, and I'm not even kidding. Every time I talk about this movie, I get it wrong. The newest Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man No Way Home? Yes, I think so. I think so. Don't kill me, but I didn't get it wrong. Yeah, because last anybody one was far care, from home. If anybody honestly cares about that, you're a loser, and you should turn this podcast off now. So, because you're not going to like anything we're going to have to say. So, uh, so yeah, Spider-Man, No Way Home. Okay, I think I got it. Um, Spider-Man Homeboy. So remember how much we just hate, came out. Remember how much we dislike Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Think about the time he fought the Undertaker at No Way Out right. in a Hell in a Cell. And that's how and, you're going to remember. Okay, okay. Because you don't like him, yeah. and you don't care about No Way Home. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to get into our very you know, dense thoughts on the character of Spider-Man and the various iterations of Spider-Man over the years. But um, thought we'd dig into our very favorite entry. Now, for a lot of people, and we'll talk about this later, Spider-Man 2 is the creme de la creme, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, one of the greatest superhero movies ever. Um, I think it's really good. I think this is better. Uh, yeah. And that's kind of a controversial opinion, I know, for a lot of people. Um, yeah, I'm not that crazy about Spider-Man 2. It's good. I don't really have anything against but it. We but we really um, deeply love the first yeah. movie. And I think the first movie is, I think Levi had said this last week, uh, probably the best live-action superhero film we've yet to have uh, yeah. in a variety of ways, and we'll talk about all those ways. But we got to dig into that Blue Plate special well, first. A Christmas Eve yeah. edition. Well, we couldn't keep the cooks for too long. Yeah, today. we, we got to let them go. So we'll do know. a quick one today so and get out of here. We'll dig into that holiday edition of the Blue Plate special. Hi, Audrey. Mama. Have a cup of coffee, please? Sure. I'll have what she's having.
temporarily right here. Closing early hours. Yeah, like they've already turned the stoves off, so and they're kind of just standing in the corner, yeah, like, watching us on their uh, smoke break. Yeah, uh, indoors. I don't know if yeah. that's even allowed anymore. Probably not. At this place, it is. <laughs> We're like, at yeah, this, at this Bohemian Grove. Yeah, <laughs> Bohemian Grove. Yeah, smoke when you got them at Bohemian Grove. So. We don't have any many new releases no. to talk about. I recently saw the newest West Side Story, the Steven Spielberg uh, remake. Thought that was really pretty great. Um, mm-hmm. Quite love that. Um, Leo hasn't seen it. No, so, uh, I well, I haven't seen I haven't seen it, the but... original uh, uh, West Side Story, but I have read the play, the original play version of it. Did I tell my story about that on here? Yeah, do it again. Okay, so, so I don't remember if I... was I thinking about think this story, well, by the way, during a, the song yeah. in it. Well, and by the way, no new uh, trips down memory lane this week in relation to the uh, Bohemian Grove of Greensboro, uh, the uh, North Carolina uh, Beta, Club. Beta Club convention. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, this will be a trip down memory lane in its own way. Uh, when I was in uh, high school, my freshman year, we read West Side Story. We had just read uh, Romeo and Juliet. Of course, that's a you know, read a redux version, yeah. mm-hmm. more like a reflux <laughs> version of uh, Romeo and Juliet yeah. in like nineteen fifties and sixties uh, New York, um, and about ethnicity in a big way. Anyway, there's a song uh, in West Side Story called Tonight, or I don't know what the name of it Tonight, is. Tonight, okay. Not tonight, tonight, tonight. Yeah. Or the Genesis song, or tonight, tonight by the Smashing Pumpkins. Mm-hmm. But a lot yeah. of tonights. Uh. Anyway, tonight, and there was a guy. Um. I remember his name. I won't say it on here. He probably wouldn't care that I would mention it. But um, in that class, who we all went around and were reading, you know, from, yeah. him, and he had to read that section. Um. I think he was Tony. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and yeah, 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 uh. Tony. And he was singing, uh, well, he wasn't singing it. He was just reading it out loud, and he was like, Tonight, tonight, we will go out tonight. I don't remember all the lyrics to tonight. That's basically what it is. But it's like, tonight, tonight, we will do it tonight, tonight, tonight. (laughs) No, during the movie, which was so well done, during that song, I was sitting there laughing, thinking about that, and I wasn't even there And And I remember even, I'd never heard the song up to that point, but I remember even in the moment thinking, he's supposed to be singing this, I think, and... I mean, who? I mean, Whatever, you know, yeah. he was a ninth grader, like that was embarrassed of uh, musicals, I guess, for some, you know, homophobic reasons or whatever. I don't know. No offense to that person, but uh, which I don't know what what he was thinking. Yeah. But anyway, random place to go with that. But that's a you know <laughs> thing for. But can I tell another story? Yeah, feel free. Okay, so so, it, so we do have trips. So a year lane, before, yeah. so a year before this, in the pantheon of my life, a year before, we had gone to. Uh, Washington D.C. on our eighth grade trip. That's a trip that was kind of full of other stories that sometime I may tell another time. But anyways, we had went. Uh, basically, there was a question of there's always like an extra kind of thing that you get to do while yeah. you're up there. A lot of people like to go to uh, uh, Wizards games or uh, what's the baseball team? Uh, the uh, Nationals. The Nationals, yeah. or whatever. Nationals games or whatever. And. Uh, we didn't do that that year. We went to a version of Pirates of Penzance, mm-hmm. which was at like a dinner theater. I liked it, by the way. Let me just say, I thought it was interesting. I would have, and at that time, now, now, if it would be a question of going to a sporting event or that, yeah, I probably would have liked the sporting event, you know, whatever. But, um, but we went, and everybody was griping and complaining about it the whole time. Nobody really liked it. 
And, of course, it was, you know, a very theatrical production. And I remember there was a teacher, I won't name him either, but, uh, and this is a good thing I have to say about him. He's somebody that was very near and dear to me at that time in my life. Uh, was frustrated by all the middle school boys who were complaining that we were there. Mm -hmm. And he pretty much called them out and was like, you're all being real homophobic about this. Really? Yeah, and like, and like got kind of mad. And I've always remembered that. And at the time was like, yeah, you know, like I liked it fine enough for what it was, but it was clear that they were like, oh, I've got to be cool. The cool guy, yeah. And, and I still see this sort of thing, not as much. Yeah. Frankly, time has thawed some yeah. things a little right. bit, and even it's hard to believe that middle schoolers are more progressive now than they were then, but well, that's honestly. Bam, that's natural, yeah. But, um, but uh, that has thawed a little bit over the years. But that's still an opinion that a lot of people hold boys that age and yeah. men through most of their life is, oh, this is all theatrical. I mean, I, I'll be, I, so I, it's inherently homosexual yeah, is the way I, they view I it. I never like, necessarily thought you know. that way. I just was not quote into musicals. And as I've gotten older, I've quite, there's yeah. some musicals I quite love. And uh, as a form, it's not something that I immediately no, gravitate I don't prefer towards it either. Jump, yeah, let me but, say, but there are some great ones that I've yeah. grown to love. And, and, I, and I'm a lot more... Uh, Thawed's a good word. Like, yeah. much more willing to watch a random one. Yeah. Uh, and it should be said, I mean, there was a period in American life where it was just more in vogue as a form yes. mm-hmm. than it is now. Yeah. But you still have modern ones. Like, I mean, I think Hamilton, in some ways, the success of that has made it more... Um, brought it back a little bit as a yeah. form. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's more widely yeah. enjoyed. You know and, I'm I mean? not, and I'm not saying all this to be, like, coming out against all these people all of a sudden, you know, but... Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, it's just something I think about every so often, but sure. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so Anyways, anyway, West Side Story. Uh, yeah, I really like that a yeah. lot. Go check it out. Thankfully, I was able to see it in the Dolby screen before Spider Man ran it out uh, because that's already taken over there and will be for the next few weeks probably. So uh, there you go. Speaking of some new movies, though, well, one new movie and one old movie. Well, both are old in their own way. Yeah, they're I don't know. I'm someone the term old. Well, you know, people old. Like, you know, like, an old, oh, that's from two. Like, they people call this movie we're going to talk about today. No, you know, a movie like, that's old is like The Kiss. Yeah. The silent movie where the people kiss. Yeah. That's old, okay? Yeah. Like, that is old. Like, that doesn't even mean it can't be good, like, obviously. But Casa, Casablanca, it's old, but not really that old. You that's the talk, thing you I mean. You talk about the experience at all? Oh, yeah. Showing sure. that in class. So I showed Casablanca this week uh, to my students. They seem to be into it. Uh, I'll have to ask some of my more favorite students what they thought specifically. Yeah. Uh, but um, and, but uh, there's always a wary thing well, because sometimes your favorite them. ones will disappoint yes. you. Well, and I and cautioned like them that. ahead of time. Well, I didn't exactly caution them. I more or less warned them in a way of not warning them of, hey, it's okay. Like, no, this is black and white. You're going to watch it. <laughs> and just, I don't want to hear you complain. The kids seemed to be relatively into it. They were into the whole idea that, wait a minute, she cheated on Rick, or she cheated on Laszlo with Rick? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, she didn't know he was even alive. Right, yeah. And they're like, yeah, but she still did it or whatever. And they were kind of into that fact for some reason. Yeah. But, um... Because they're thinking about themselves in middle school. Yeah, I guess. Antics, you know. Uh, but, yeah, so they, they seemed to like it okay. Uh, we were laughing about Conrad Veet's death at the end, you know, of, like, him slumping yeah. all the... He's like, uh... If I told if I told Captain Renault I'd shoot him, I will certainly shoot you or whatever. And he's like, uh, "Put it down!" Like, and yeah. he shoots him. You know. Um, but we were laughing in particular about that moment where that Nazi and that Frenchman are like at the bar yelling at each mm-hmm. other, and 
he says something like, it's none of your business. And the Nazi's like, I'm making my business. And yeah. like slaps him like real, like a real 1940s movie slap. Yeah. So that's a new inside joke, I guess, uh, for the group. But, um, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know, old movies, that's a very... Yeah. Like that is an old movie, but yeah. not really. I don't it know. Sounds it's weird, because like, the medium is so young. That's right. the thing that people don't understand is like, I think to call, um, you know, uh, Treasure Island an old book would be certainly yeah. the case. Even like to call, you know, For Whom the Bell Tolls an old book. Okay, I guess so. Yeah. But like when you have a medium that is so young, like Nothing's film, really old, yeah. it's not really all that old, yeah. really. But Yeah, generally yeah. I in my head think of silent cinema is quote old and yes. that's not to say anything of a value quality on that no. that's just it, it's just time wise yeah. that's you know whatever anyways yeah where the buffalo roam mm-hmm. when that come out 80 80 80 okay mm-hmm. um about hunter s thompson basically i don't know if it's an adaption of a particular it article is, uh, or it the... seemed like a collection <laughs> of them but uh it's almost. an adaptation of the banshee screams for buffalo meat mm-hmm. which he wrote is kind of like a eulogy to uh Oscar Zeta Acosta. Right. Um, we kind of talked about this movie briefly when we were going to do Fear and Loathing in Las we Vegas. We had seen it, obviously. Then, uh, but, but we've, we've seen the trailer and the light in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, the sky. Well, Neil you know, it was funny, says, too. There wasn't a whole lot of Neil Young actually in the movie. I was kind of surprised At the beginning, it was like music by Neil Young. Yeah. So I was expecting more yeah. songs, you know. Not really. Um, so I love Hunter S. Thompson. I know you do. You've read even more of him than I. Um this was in 1980, so this is certainly when he was still alive. He was even alive, of course, when yeah. they made Fear and Loathing. But mm-hmm. um, I think in 1980, he was admittedly, you know, more of who the the Thompson everybody knows and remembers him to be a little more so than he was by the late 90s, just yeah. because um, the ink was still fresh in many ways from his late 60s, 70s period. Um, movie directed by Art Linson, I believe. Yes. Uh, what did you think of Where the Buffalo Roam as a depiction of Thompson? Specifically, maybe in comparison to Fear and Loathing, which was later, but even as its own thing, how did it, like, what yeah. did it do for you in terms of well, depicting him and that time and place yeah. in history? Well, I think that some people had, well, a lot, the movie was widely disliked yeah. at the time of its release, which I find surprising because I gave it four stars. I quite um, liked it, yeah. I don't know what you'll, do you know? I'm thinking probably like three and a half, but yeah. I quite liked the movie. I, I gave it four. I thought it was really quite good. I mean, like I said in my review, uh, Hunter S. Thompson is a man that can't be all boiled down into one yeah. feature. There are different facets to his whole aura. Right. So there have been three major pretty much only really three movies adapted out of his work. The Rum Diary, which is the newest. And that was about his kind of... That was based on a novel um, that he wrote that was based on his experiences as a sports writer in Cuba. Um, And I haven't seen that, and I've heard it's not good, but... The book sounds good. Who knows? Yeah. 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 Directed by Bruce Robinson, randomly, who made uh, The Whitnail and I. Which, Um, that movie itself has very... um, Thompson elements, yeah, right. yeah. and then even has the Ralph poster. Stedman, Ralph Stedman, Stedman yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and Ralph Stedman literally did do the poster, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. So Fear and Loathing is, of course, the most right. well known, the most yeah. iconic, and that's his most iconic right. work, anyways. Yeah. In the book. You but know. to jump back to Rum Dyer real quickly, yeah. that that I haven't re- seen it or read it, but it seems to me like it's kind of a reckoning with his 
decision of where he wants to go as a rider and kind of like yeah. I want to be a more serious rider and I'm be curious you know, to know how that how that's depicted um, cinematically. Yeah, I don't know. Movies about yeah. riders um books about riders are their own beast and make sense because it's the written word, but sometimes films about riders are a little meandering and pedantic yeah. and it's hard to cinematically yeah, right. express yes. that. I now I think something like Fear and Loathing actually does. Yes, well, and so uh, Fear and Loathing that the Rum Diary covers one part of his whole life. Uh, Fear and Loathing is actually interestingly in between the kind of major sections of where the Buffalo roam. Right. Uh, but as in like 1970, 71, mm-hmm. um, when, you know, they we've talked all about that movie, but that's, you know, examining a certain part of Thompson, of him kind of looking at the death of the 60s and, um, and the kind of savagery i mean literally savage is in the title of the book but the kind of savagery of himself as a as a life force uh sort of and he's kind of juxtaposing his savagery with the savagery of the nixon era and is finding certainly a lot of fault in the nixon era but even also kind of subconsciously examining himself and saying well i myself may be a savage but i'm a more uh you know, natural a savage for sa- equality. Right. Yeah. You know. Um he loves equal rights for all. Yeah. Um uh but yeah and Bobby then Malik yeah. S. Hunter S. And Thompson. Then, <laughs> where the Buffalo Rome that was the first of all these made and it is the most opaque it seems yeah. of what it's actually trying to be about and say. Yeah. That it's covering basically the friendship that he had with Acosta, which is kinda sorta covered in Fear and yeah. Loathing. But um, on would, a different I, you know, level, would, though, you know, right? I'm sure you agree with this. Like the relationship and where the Buffalo roam is one more of melancholy and lost hope or potential versus the one depicted in Fear and Loathing is a little more adversarial at times, yeah. a little more mm-hmm. combative. I feel, you yeah, know, uh, yeah. And and what's strange about this movie too is he comes in and out of the movie very strangely, and like he's there and then he's not there. And at and, certain points, takes on more of a spirit, spiritual yeah. presence. Than and that he does the movie is questioning about whether he even—I mean, he even is asked the question by a student in the movie of is he even a real person? Yeah. This Acosta right. standing because he isn't named. Well, that, also it goes to you know that goes hand in hand with the Gonzo journalism, yeah. the right. new journalism of that time of like you have like characters like or you know, char- they are characters Tom Wolf. Hunter S. Thompson, Norman Mailer, of these people who insert themselves into stories and seemingly fictionalize yeah. aspects of themselves, so it would make sense yeah. that perhaps some of these characters are literal yeah. man- and- manufacturers. I mean, Raul Duke is his who he depicts himself as is not even exactly purely Thompson himself. He's yeah. like a, a projection of Thompson yes. by Thompson. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and uh, and even in that book and in the movie too, I like that the movie included it. It it in fear and loathing that it talk there's those moments where he's like confronted with the fact that he is thompson yeah and he's like, i don't know who that is mm-hmm. like and that he is like he is raul duke as a i mean that whole story is so fascinating because i truly have no idea what's truth and what's fiction of any of that and also so, you know, the extent but, to which thompson is being self-aware yeah I'm, right. i question sometimes yeah. uh, and i'm not sure about it. that's what makes it yeah. such a fascinating work right. of art is that yeah, you know, but that but that where the buffalo roam is, I feel like actually the purest distillation of Thompson really because it's like 
very much about him as a writer for Rolling Stone, which isn't even given that name in the book. I think it's like Blast Magazine or yeah, something. Yeah. There's a Yon Winter stand-in played by Bruno Kirby yeah. randomly, but yeah. that he's like I don't I don't even remember what his name in it was. And he's the one always hounding him like get right. in get in this article, this right. essay, and yeah. he's always like, well, whatever, yeah. we'll see. You but like, what I and the whole movie it should be said is a comedy. I mean, it's very all over the place very it's funny because it's only an hour and 40 minutes it feels longer than that Mm -hmm. actually Mm -hmm. because it's just so meandering it does it does all these crazy things but that ultimately i felt like the movie was really about at the end it was about the idea that the question of whether this is just the way i read it at least the question of will i go with acosta into the wild and live in this kind of communist basically egalitarian hippie society or will I just continue to be a part of establishment. the establishment that I loathe, but that I'm addicted to? Right. Because he talks about, and this is something that I kind of glean from uh, Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail 72, which this covers part of in the in this movie, um, that he talked about that once you, he described himself as a political junkie, that once you're part of that, you yeah. will never not be, and that he's like addicted to the idea of politics and the running around, sport, yeah. and the, yeah, like, he's addicted to that. And the, I think that goes into the idea of maybe that him in general being addicted to the savagery and the greed of America, even as he sees it as an evil And even thing. as he sees, like, somebody like Acosta as this escape patch of, like, yeah. what he maybe deep down wishes he was and could be, but, again, that addiction to, like, that, like you said, that establishment that he once loathes, loathes and loves... It's such a fascinating interpretation of Thompson, yeah. and and that the end something the, that that movie yeah. is interested in, in an extent that other ad- adaptations are not pick up yeah. on about him. You know? Yeah, and the ending of the movie is him, like, and at the beginning, it's like the frame of the movie is him riding in Colorado, like where he's basically uh, sealed himself off from the world and kind of writes from there. Now, is that he kind of did do what Acosta wanted to do, but he's all alone instead. And the ending of the movie, which you had said this, I thought was really great. I think the last, him. like, five, ten minutes are amazing. I yeah. mean, I think, like, that final conversation that him and Acosta have on the runway as yeah. the papers are flying yeah, everywhere, right. I mean, all that. like, yeah. And even before that, the plane stuff, too, I yeah. thought was so madcap and insane yeah. and funny. But, but uh, yeah, and that he's, like, got that, and he's, like, talking to his Doberman, which yeah. is the most, like, yeah. Thompson thing ever. Yeah. And he literally gives it, like, alcohol, and it's, like... We haven't said anything really about, also, the actors. Peter Boyle plays Acosta. Yeah. Bill Murray, very interestingly, plays Thompson. What do you think about Murray's think interpretation that, is of Thompson? Well, and I'll say with both, because, I mean, Johnny Depp... Johnny, Jonathan Depp, excuse yeah. me. Mm-hmm. I know. It's, uh, they, they call him this I know, and I don't, I, I don't get it either. Uh, sometimes we get confused, yeah. but Jonathan uh, Depp. And uh, Benicio Del Toro's are so iconic and so right. Yeah, for, um, the, for that. Yes, but I feel like this worked for that, too, to be a little bit more loose and fun. And, Total psychotic freak uh, going, going to go. The hallucinations were stopped, finally. Uh, <laughs> but, and of course, that whole moment where... Boyle comes in with the uh, Nixon mask on. Yeah. And he's like, uh, I am the President of the United States. Suck it to me. And he's, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like, Suck it to me. Like, <laughs> um, but you know what my favorite moment of that scene is? Is when he sits down in front of Bill Murray and Bill Murray's acting like he thinks it's Nixon. And right. the first thing he says to him is, You look good. Yeah. Like, he's like, Oh, it looks like you're taking care of yourself. You know, like, it's just like a random. It should be said also. Nixon is in the movie at the end of the movie, too. 
Yeah, he right. actually is depicted right. as a character yeah. briefly. Yeah. Uh, that actually also for Bill Murray, I mean, it's still a comedy, so he's doing a comedic performance. But was his first time, like, quote, being in a yeah. character beyond, like, an SNL yeah. type thing. You know what I mean? Like, he's actually, quote, trying a little more so. That, that was kind of the first time he had done a performance like, quite like yeah, that. Yeah, like you he know would I mean? do with, like, uh, Stripes a few years later. And, yeah. and, and then uh, Peter Boyle. Yeah. Um, and even, I think he's, and I even mean, Ghostbusters, you know, Peter I Peter Boyle, but. I've always loved. I think he's one of the most secretly underrated performers of that 70s and 80s. I mean, some of the stuff he was in. I mean, his character in um, Friends of Aided Coil is one of the I most think iconic, one of the best great performances ever. characters you know? in any movie. And yeah. then, uh, of course, Young Frankenstein. He plays the and monster. Taxi Driver. Yeah, I mean, and, so yeah. he just... He's somebody I don't think enough about. And, and I know that we movie, haven't I was seen like, it, oh, wow, but like, Joe, yeah, I've always heard yeah. a lot about. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, well, it's funny because there's all the Joe movies with him. There's the Joe... Then there's a movie where he played Crazy Joe Gallo. Yeah, the monster. Then there's that movie Tailgunner Joe where he played oh, Joe yeah. McCarthy. Yeah. And it's just like... Uh, him is oh, Joe what? McCarthy. I don't want to hop that up too much in my head. But yeah. That, I, ideally, yeah. that would be pretty great. Him is um, Crazy Joe, I think, would be interesting, too. Yeah. But, um, anyways... Uh, For a long time, I thought the Joe movie was a cr- yeah, no, crazy Yeah, no, that's Joe a whole movie. other right. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh... Anyways, yeah, I think they're both really good, actually, um, for what it is. And like I said, Murray, I think he taps into a a certain part of Thompson that... Because it's interesting. I really love Jonathan Dea as Thompson. But that that is an annoying performance, though, at times. I didn't actually find Murray to be annoying as Thompson. Do you think that has anything to do with the likability of Murray? I think, and I think that's part of it. But there's a certain shrillness yeah. to the Duke character in well, part that of that is story. the story. Yeah, of and so him yes, on drugs the right. entire time, and, yeah. uh, which he's not on drugs necessarily the entire time. I feel like of this movie, no, to the he's extent more, of which he ever more, is sober. Yeah, well, he's he's drunk the whole yeah. time. He's not on drugs yeah. as much, but um, yeah, so. Anyway, yeah, I think they're good in the movie. But there's kind of that final moment in the movie where he's, like, talking to the Doberman, and he's, like, you know, that famous quote he had where it never got weird enough for me or whatever and saying, like, that he had this kind of potential for both the Nixon idea and the Acosta idea, and he felt like they never got to where they either of them needed to be. And like I said, he would side far more with Acosta, but at the same time, I think there's a part of him that, that loved to hate Nixon well, you know, I think so much that he saw himself in. in I've not way, read but. as much of his post-Nixon writings, but I would imagine him and a certain group of uh, these um, leftist intellectuals of that time period saw Nixon as the arch enemy, as the A number one threat to American democracy. And then he was gone. He resigned. Yeah. He's off the map. And I wonder if, like, I feel like, to me, uh, something hidden between the lines that I think also, if you think about the period, at the very end, is a certain melancholy that he doesn't have Nixon anymore to uh, punch. He doesn't have Nixon as the big number one target. He, he quote, won, right? He's like, we got rid of this awful man for democracy. And then he's just kind of sitting there like, what now? That was kind of the guiding conflict of my life. How do I weirdly proceed and just be a writer anymore or a journalist? Because that was the threat. That was the enemy. And now he's gone. And there's like a sense of melancholy, I think, even between the lines of all that, that the character is, and the man himself even, uh, faced in terms of how do I move on from the grand conflict of my life is how he sees himself, you know. 
yeah. very Hemingway-esque ideas about himself. And I know he held Hemingway in high regard and ended his life in a very mm-hmm. Hemingway-esque fashion also. But. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I guess to wrap it up on the movie, on that movie, it that's the thing, though, I think where people look at Thompson movies wrong is they see them all as they're supposed to be an exemplification of the whole man mm-hmm. and that that movie actually is trying the hardest to do that but it's not going to get everything people want. And I know that's why people... That's not exactly why people don't like the movie. People just don't like it because of its structure. They just don't think it's funny, I guess. I don't know, but I thought you know, it was pretty funny. But Yeah, you know. and I think putting yourself in the minds of somebody in 1980 who would have seen this, yeah. like, oh, Bill Murray's trying to, quote, act now. And they, they didn't really hold it in the reverence either of uh, we maybe do all these years later. Yeah. Um, and things are always usually more interesting in the historical context yeah. than they are in the moment. But nonetheless, I don't know how or why people wouldn't have liked it a little more. But yeah, I don't know. anyway, we were quite taken with it. Yeah. Quite liked it. We uh, Shout Factory put it out on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. That's how we watched it. Transfer looked good too. Um, also, another movie we recently watched, and this is a movie we both seen multiple times, anyways. But we're watching it in preparation for the latest sequel of it, The Matrix. Matrix. Uh, Resurrections is, will have already started to come out when you record the when you're when, when you're listening to this. Yeah. The other day I was watching ESPN and it was like that voice where it's like brought to you by you know that yeah, like, yeah. It's like the Matrix Resurrections. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. But yeah. So the Matrix. Um, I think people have talked about this movie. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I remember as a kid when this came out. I was six years old. I've been seven. Oh, no, no, no. I would have been. You lead. No, six, to, almost seven I mean, you years are old. leading two lives. Like. <laughs> uh, and I remember when it came out, and I remember even just seeing the poster, and I remember seeing like the VHS cover uh, and started to be DVD covers in movie gallery or other places and being like, and again, we live in like rural North Carolina pretty much, and just looking at the posters and being like, people dress like that? Like, yeah. what is that? And I, it was less disgust and more than just, more than just like, uh, or actually more just like, fascination and like that's odd and different you know yeah um i later on saw the movie on first on cable i believe on mm-hmm. tnt when they started to show it on tv more in the uh, early to mid 2000s um it was always a movie that i quite liked a lot and started to love uh and i remember getting some of the first blu-rays i got was of the box set um that come out in the late 2000s and watched it more so then have seen the sequels a decent number of times, but not as much as I would like to uh, have. And we're going to rewatch them yeah. in preparation for Resurrections. Um, and it's a movie that I've always quite liked or loved. But seeing it again, we saw it on 4K. It looked amazing. I think it's functionally kind of just a perfect action movie. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it literally, the action's great. And especially for people, that's their se- that is their second feature. Yeah. And they made that. It's insane, the Wachowski sisters. Um, and the mythology of the world, and the sequels get a little bit too caught up in that, um, but the specificity of it all. And then as you go back, you, know, you you learn more about the 90s. You know, we were kids in the 90s. Uh, you were a very, very young kid. But um, you have a certain idea of what you thought the 90s was as a kid. Then you go back and yeah. read and see the historical context of what the 90s was more so. And for that to be made by a major studio to give that to new filmmakers to have the actors it does in it um, and the ideas it has is nothing short of extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And I know that's nothing new 22 years later appraising this movie. Um, 
but it really was still it just still connects and it still hits in a big major way um you've not seen it quite as many times no, as i have but you have it, seen yeah. it multiple mm-hmm. times um what did you take away from this most well i've always liked it. it i've always liked it um but I saw it back around the time, primarily when you got those Blu-rays. I yeah. would have been in like middle school, yeah. probably. Uh, so it's been a long time ago. Um, but the, it's been a while since I've seen the whole thing. But I always liked it. Um, but I don't know. It's just one of those things I grew up. It's it always was in the around, background, and yeah. I was always like, okay, yeah, fine. Yeah. And I've seen Reloaded, but haven't seen uh, Revolution. So yeah. I'm gonna be seeing that for the first time soon. I know nobody likes it, which will mean I'll probably like. Well, it. actually, um, as you can imagine, people come around, yeah. whatever. Well, yeah. well, the, there were people of, at the time. There's a lot of people that don't like Reloaded either. Yeah. So which I that's like some of the that. most incredible action. Yeah. No, ever I've, put to screen. I've always remembered that that's a really good movie. Yeah. Um, like I said, relies a little bit too much on. I mean. If you go, may I actually just read out loud the letterbox oh, summary God, of yeah. Reloaded? It's one of the funniest things you'll ever hear. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, you're thinking, oh, do I have to hear this? You'll you'll laugh. Don't worry. So, The Matrix Reloaded. Six months after the events depicted in The Matrix, Neo has proved to be a good omen for the free humans, as more and more humans are being freed from The Matrix and brought to Zion, the one and only stronghold of the Resistance. A lot of these words are capitalized, by the yeah. way. Um, Neo himself has discovered his superpowers, including super speed, ability to see the codes of the things inside the Matrix, and a certain degree of precognition. But a nasty piece of news hits the human resistance. 250,000 machine sentinels are digging to Zion and would reach them in 72 hours. As Zion prepares for the ultimate war, Neo, Morpheus, and Trinity are advised by the Oracle to find the Keymaker, who would help them find reach the Source. Meanwhile, Neo's recurrent dreams depicting Trinity's death have got him worried, and as if it was not enough, yeah. Agent Smith has somehow escaped deletion, has become more powerful than before, and has fixed Neo as his next target. But I love it. it's like the source is is capitalized, and then like and like, uh, but as if this weren't enough, like by the a, way, Agent a key Smith, maker the, yeah, and the keymaker, yeah. yeah, it's just like what the hell yeah. is any of that, you know? Um, and by the way, yeah. this a movie like that was being released as a major film, yeah, like a major blockbuster. Yes. Film. No, I remember what a big deal in the 2000s. The whole image of the keymaker was as the like with all the screens, and I remember there was like a uh, a uh, thing. What was it called? Uh, uh, that show that Will or uh, Will uh, Farrell was on, where he like did a version of it or whatever, and he had white hair, and that that always looked you know real ridiculous. And in the movie, it's funny. Where they have that whole thing about the, uh, you know, all the, all the screens and Neo saying all these different things and, um, uh, cu- you know, cursing or whatever. What was that show though that Will Ferrell was? Well, on? I think that was from was the MTV just, Movie it was, Awards. Oh, it was the MTV Movie Awards. Right. But I remember what a big deal some of that stuff was and how weird it was and just like you know. So I, I was always aware of that. And like I said, I've never seen Re- Revolutions, but, um, but, um. You know, uh, I always liked them, yeah. is more or less what I'm saying. But seeing it this time, it just really uh, sort of blew my mind, I guess, in a way that it did for other people. I mean, I know this is like saying, you know, I've really been listening to Bob Dylan. Yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not saying anything that's new. All yeah, I'm right. saying is, is like, well, but it, you know, it's, it. It yeah. connected for you in a way yeah, that hadn't in the past. Never, I, mean. I mean, I've always liked it, but it's just something I've never thought about. But it's, I've been thinking about it a lot the last few days, and I mean, it's a five star perfect movie. I mean, everything about it, I think, is 
pretty amazing. Um, just I was talking with my mom about it yesterday, and then she was talking about remembering when it came out and saying, you know, that. and this is all very obvious, but it's yeah. like we were talking about it, how like that first scene of the movie, and we were, we were watching it, and I was, we were talking about it, how like you make this the first scene of your movie is like this, but that, you know, where Trinity's up, they're coming into a restaurant, and yeah. she like literally jumps up in the air to kick that cop in the face, and it's like does the three sixty, yeah. and it's like that's something that and I that remember. That was been parodied. I know, you know like what? I mean, I Shrek, Shrek did that yeah. famously, like. But it's like I know it's a bit and like her running up the wall mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's just like what even is this? Like yeah. you know, and it's it's an amazing thing to see that yeah. somebody was making a movie like that. You know. Mm-hmm. Ever and I mean, really, I mean, everybody's done that sort of thing since then. But there's nothing that's really, yeah. In my opinion, in the last 22 years of the things I've seen, there's nothing that has been that revolutionary for action. No, I mean, you know, and some you, people would say Mad Max Fury Road, but I don't feel like that no, is to that extent either. I don't either. think so either. And um, um, you know, but frankly, also, The Matrix is about reality, and yeah. and even though it's about right. um, yes. fictionalized yeah. reality in a way that Mad Max, I love it. It's a chase movie. So yeah. we got to get from here to here. Now, is it about resources and apocalyptic things? Sure. But The Matrix is about all that plus more. Um, yeah. And it's far denser. And actually, I don't know. This, sound, this is going to sound really bad and condescending. Has a screenplay. Yeah. Uh, and has you know, yeah. considerable ideas. No, I mean, in it, it. it gets so much information forward in a way that is so direct and efficient and entertaining and, to watch yes, and, yeah, and yeah. you don't really notice i think till later when you're thinking about it, all the exposition that yeah. is uh, given to you but it's in this very and engaging just, entertaining yeah. kinetic way another thing i really love about the movie is the look of the matrix is really green that like green look yeah. about itself and then the like real world is like very blue yeah and it's kind of this like it looks so real mm-hmm. compared to that you know, yeah. which obviously that's the whole point, but it's it's interesting. But how. the Matrix has this like kind of, uh, I think that you know weirdly, I think the scenes, I think there was a conscious choice. If you notice, like the early scenes with Neo or Mister Anderson as he's called, um, two lives is a little more green yeah. yes. than, than later later yeah. in the Matrix. And I think part of that, I guess, was an intentional choice of it. It now looks new to Neo again. Yes. It's yeah. like he now has this knowledge of yeah. what it really is, and so it looks a little right. different. Um, yeah. But Yeah. Um, great stuff. Yeah. What, I mean, what do we think of Hugo Weaving as Agent I Smith? I mean, that's one of the funniest performances of all time. I mean, I keep saying it, but seems you lead two lives. And he's like, uh, one of these lives has a future the other does not. Uh, you know, what was the one about like yeah. uh, taking out your and the landlady that, uh, taking out your garbage? Yeah, <laughs> helping the landlady yeah. take out her garbage. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I love that scene too of him and uh, Pantaleano, where Pantaleano's basically he's like, I know the steak isn't real. Yeah. He's like, Ignorance is bliss, and like that isn't. I think one of the most randomly interesting ideas of the movie that it needs to have, but I feel like other movies wouldn't. Is it's a necessary thing, but of Pantaleano's characters, like, I know that the Matrix isn't real, but that's the only reality that I and see. And he's willing like, to like say, I know it's not going to be real, but wipe my mind and take right. me back to where yeah. I was when I didn't. Yeah, and that, that, and I think that is the most re- honestly the most relevant component of that movie now and that like, movie has and, taken on a life yeah. of its own in terms yeah. of its social messaging i mean as a more leftist progressive person when i see the movie i see a very clear-cut like um uh anti-corporate yeah. anti um 
Well, really, the biggest thing is, yeah, is this anti-corporate messaging of what we're being told and is all this big manufactured lie and that there's a reality that we need to wake up from to be more inclusive, to be more, again, generally progressive, human. human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, but then yeah. the other side have taken the red pill idea is yeah. like, oh, wake up to all the institutional hatred of men and wake up to the way wokeness is destroying our culture and yeah. whatnot. And I know the Wachowski sisters themselves have been very vocal about despising such an interpretation and not wanting that to be. Yeah, because it was what Elon Musk and, and Ivanka Trump and Ivanka yeah. Trump both said something and like, oh, said, take the red pill. Yeah, yeah, already have. Yeah, and then like f you both <laughs> is what they said. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is interesting. Uh, I mean, the movie yeah. openly invites and you know queer um, interpretations yeah. of it. I mean. The center of the movie is a heterosexual romance. Yeah. But sure. that doesn't mean there isn't yeah. queerness everywhere else around it, and especially in, sometimes in the sequels, even more so yes. than the first mm-hmm. one. Um, but One other thing I wanted to mention before we move on is Lawrence Fishburne in the movie, mm-hmm. who is notably absent from the trailers for Resurrections, uh, yeah. which I find interesting. Um, our Candyman oh, 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 yeah. is going to be in it. Um, yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> Looking for candy. And he's like, I love in the, he's like, time to fly. And he's like, God, and the way he looks, I'm just like, what? Um, but the, and, him in the and movie. Jonathan Groff's going to be the new yeah, Agent Smith, basically. It's kind of like a, but Fishburne in the movie is kind of like an alternative Agent Smith where he himself has all these weird quirks. and like from this gun. That's from the yeah, sequel. Oh, right. That. But uh, there's that one moment that I, I think is one of the most just like, uh, well, you remember the first scene he's in the movie and he's like smiling behind his like gla- and yeah, his right. glasses. Yeah. And it's just like, who is this person? <laughs> who is this nutball? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, get a grip, Edward. Uh, but uh, there's that one shot in the movie that I think is probably one of the most just like striking images where like he takes him into what he calls the construct and it's like that whole white space and he's in that like weird suit and he's standing like yeah, looking right, real weird. Right. It's just like, what are the choices that are being made mm-hmm. by this performer? Yeah. And it, it's weird. Like when he's in the Matrix itself, it's all weird. But when he's outside of it, he's more normal. Yeah. And it's just well, like... I love too, and we know. were kind of laughing about this, that like when they enter the Matrix, they get the choice to be their most idealized selves yeah, right. and some of the choices they make Yeah, and it's like you're going to dress like, like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I've still never read. I've got volume one sitting over there of The Invisibles from Grant Morrison. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of people said that The Matrix kind of ripped off some ideas from that. And they've been pretty vocal about their comic book influences and literary yeah. influences. Um, but I've, you know, that, that was. No, um, it's very, it very much harps on like Lewis Carroll. Like yeah, ideas. Like, like, very, Wonderland, very yeah. directly. No, I mean, like, it, I mean, yeah, it's. Yeah. Talking about the White Rabbit right. and people having yeah. like tattoos of that, and the, the trailers for the newest movies even bringing that back, yeah. you know. So because we need to hear White Rabbit one more time in our lives, but uh, yeah. I, um, it should be said like one uh, pill makes you smaller. <laughs> that uh, right here. This is the first time I've seen <laughs> The Matrix since knowing of the existence of the song Dracula. Yeah. So it, oh, and it was the like the techno scene. version. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I wonder what Rob Zombie thinks of that movie. I, I don't know. I would he has, think he'd like he it, has all these know. other weird socio-political yeah. ideas that I'm just curious about what he would think. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Never forget his. This is this is off topic, but never forget his story about that 
that his parents were carnies mm-hmm. and that he saw someone get murdered with a hammer. Yeah. Like, or real, somebody got it, hit upside the head in with a hammer. In the midst yeah. of like a massive circus big top fire or yeah, something. Right. And he said, that really has influenced a lot of my work. And it's like, It's like what? the old story of David like, Lynch like being in whatever housing development suburb at the time and he remembers seeing a woman walking stark naked at night uh, yeah. bruised and bloodied and that, yeah. that kind of horrified him right. and it was like yeah. this formative thing for yeah, him so whatever, like, like you anyway know. Dragula yeah. um, but yeah so but what it, do we think of Keanu Reeves in as Neo well I've never to even say I've never been a big fan of Keanu Reeves would even would even say more than I think I even mean to say I've just I've never really thought about Keanu Reeves as a presence particularly I mean he has become this um, like internet yeah. beloved meme person but I, I let love, me say this I love movies it's like yeah, who doesn't? I mean, like, it seems so to ridiculous, me, but, as far as a per- yeah. public persona and seemingly as a real person, obviously, um, a really genuine, oh, yeah. sincere, yeah, certainly, yeah, great, cool guy. Yeah, and he's uh, had a lot of sad things happen yeah. to him in his life that he's overcome. Yeah, I think and, like he yeah. uh, he's friends with Lynch in part because of TM, I think, but mm-hmm. uh, also he, I think he like dated and was gonna marry or maybe like um woman who was a Lynch assistant and she died in this yeah. freak car crash or something. I think they even had a child who died very, very young, like in mm-hmm. days or weeks. So he's he's faced a lot of yeah. very unfortunate things. Yeah. And seems to project this um positivity. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And so I think even that, as far you know, back as something like Bill and Ted as far as I feel like he's been that type of person. He's since now everybody knows him as John Wick. Yeah. That's kind of re yeah, uh, yeah cuz he's kind of had a couple different iterations of himself and one of those being the middle one I think is his neo. I think he kind of lies in the same space as Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. because they're very like almost impersonal inhuman performances that they give. Him in the Terminator movies. Right, and, and I think and it's that, the yeah. same as Neo like I think he works for that. But outside of that, I'm not as convinced by his performances because they still carry that kind of personage that I, f- I find kind of phony. But you um, think that him as Neo is a yeah, good, yeah, oh, like... Yeah. No, he's right for that, yeah. I think. And, uh, I think Will Smith was originally offered that part, and that would have no, been... No, no. He would have been too Men in Black. It, been, it wouldn't have been... <laughs> which I love, by the way. I mean... I have got to I mean, get me one of yeah, these, I mean, but like... I mean, D. Yeah. I mean, but... I mean, he's hilarious in that movie, and I love you know, and I love Men in Black, but like, and that's one of the few things I think is genuinely really good about w- Will Smith. Yeah. But I just don't that the Matrix is too serious to for Will Smith, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and so I think, I think it he works, said he kind of so. regrets it, but yeah. he just quote didn't get it. I think he did Wild Wild West instead. So there you go. I mean, Wild Wild. West. I mean, we got the best of both worlds, you know. What about Kevin Klein as, as Morpheus? Some- as Morpheus <laughs> and, Smith had been. and or the guy that like made the woman in the red dress, Kevin right. Klein playing that role with wow. that same sense of being. Like, I, but, let me like, say, I think um, Fishburne is perfect for Morpheus, but now yeah. I'm thinking about what if like Kevin Klein did a performance like yeah. that or like, like a role uh, like that. Because I remember there's the moment where he's like, take the blue pill. And he's like, uh, and... You go back. You, you go stay back. Stay in sleep. Wonderland. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, but the red pill's like you stay in Wonderland or whatever. Yeah. Like, and he's like, uh, and you see, you see what happened. You see how far the the rabbit hole, rabbit hole goes yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's like time to fly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, this is all just to say I really have kind of just fallen in love with the Matrix again. I get. Well, I never even well, really I mean, loved it, but like great movies. Yeah. Um, 
and this has happened a handful of times to me where you see a great movie for the first time and it doesn't yeah quite connect. I mean, I mean the first time I saw Vertigo, I liked it, but I was a little a little bit nonplussed by it. And I quote got the story, I got the plot. Then I saw it again, I was like, Oh my god, this is literally Yeah. And I was I, I was wrong about that. And Levi from the very beginning was someone who always loved it, I know. But um you know, sometimes just great movies they yeah. don't make as much of an yeah. impression as you expect, and, we, and, and you see it and, later. Casablanca was yes. a movie that I always yeah. liked. No, I always when loved I first that saw too, it, and yeah. then later come around to loving yeah. that. But yeah, the uh, and that's the thing is that I think when these things happen with people, and and I was never to a point where I didn't like the Matrix, yeah. but I just it was just a non-factor. But uh, that I think we need to celebrate that more for people instead of being like, oh, you finally no, came right. around, or just be like, oh, well, good, you know, no, fine. That's, yeah, be right. be like Jake Tapper about Die Hard and be like, welcome to the club that you called a Christmas movie, you know? It's like how lame this is. The Matrix is. a Christmas movie. It, I mean, you can watch it on Christmas Day. I, I mean, guess. is is Andrew Cuomo part of the Matrix? <laughs> or Chris Cuomo? Yeah, I should say. Yeah, but no, I mean, even and I've always quite loved it. Just I mean, seeing Fredo, it again. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Just seeing it yeah. again in the 4K was like, wow, like, I mean, time to fly indeed. Yeah. You know? So, I uh, mean, in Neo, when he finds out that Agent Smith is a lie, as well, back from deletion yeah. in the in Reloaded, of course, we'll be like, I'll beat you again. Yeah. Like, you know, as Roger Stone once said. Um, <laughs> Roger Stone. Is, he looks like Roger, a freaking Matrix Roger character. St- Roger Stone is Joe Pantoliano's character, I think, could have worked. Yeah, but the way he wears these glasses and his whole outfit—I mean, he could easily. Look, look, there's that one picture people talk about where it's like him and that woman dressed up ridiculous, and he looks like the penguin, literally oh, yeah, from like, the Batman like a, show. People like, say, oh, "What's he going to do to Batman this week?" Right? I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. Time, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, Matrix, great movie. Yeah, <laughs> you heard it here first in 2021 on Overlapping Dialogue. Taking out your garbage, but. I wanted to use this as a little bit of a transition yeah. into the movie we're going to be talking about because which is definitively not garbage. <laughs> uh, we're biased, I guess. We were born in the '90s, and we really come of age in the 2000s. And we were slammed in the ditches <laughs> and burned through. <laughs> but like, you just yeah, think about yeah. this: several years of I mean, it's franchise the, it's the peak, filmmaking. I mean, it's the peak of the blockbuster, no question. I mean, I think you have very clearly uh, mm-hmm. really like this in the late '90s, but then. Over the course of a few years, you get the Star Wars prequels, which, you know, put that in a, over in the corner. We won't talk about that in depth today. We, we won't be controversial, um, baby. But, I mean, you've got... I yeah. remember that golden era of, like, the Christmas of 01, which is now we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of, as you said last yeah. week, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. Um, X-Men. Well, and then superhero right. movies, yes. the X-Men, and, yeah. and then this... Um, I remember as a kid, I, it's one of those things I look back on now and I think about how blessed I was. But, like, even at the time, I was just, I would have had a version of, like, wow, there's like all this, all these fun little movies coming out. You know what I mean? And Spider Man was involved, certainly, in a very, very intrinsic way yeah. into all that transition. Um, but before we get into Spider Man, um, the movie, and the movies in general, we want to talk a little bit about the character. Some of this might be a reheated version yeah, we, of what we said well, last I, week, yeah, but I, I wanted kinda, to make it a formal. Yeah statement for this yeah. for those who didn't maybe hear that um and let me just say that we're only ever do- we're doing this movie in part because this is the, actually the first time that we have gotten a recommendation from someone to do a movie which we mentioned routinely uh but somebody's out there listening to pay attention and that man is kevin cervantes who was a student of mine he graduated just this past year we've kept in touch and talk a little bit here and there 
Um, he's a huge Spider-Man fan. I know that. I knew that about Kevin back when he was in school. Um, Kevin was a great student, by the way. He's a great young man. Uh, and he, again, he was like, hey, why don't y'all do maybe one of the Spider-Man movies? I'd be curious to see what you guys have to say about that. Um, and love Kevin. He's, you know, about 10 years younger than me. And so every generation of person is going to have their own, quote, takes on Spider-Man, their whole ideas of Spider-Man. Because I know for him, he was talking to me, and he was saying, like, oh, you know, my Spider-Man, he likes various versions, was Andrew Garfield. He told yeah. me that was like, that was the one that God I... Bless and loosely speaking, I was doing the math. I was like, well, that would have loosely yeah. been about the time in his life that the first Raimi movies were for me, mm. and that was kind yeah, of sure. a, yeah. like, oh, woke me up a little bit to realize that for some people, some kids, that was that. Um, but Spider-Man has again, again been, we're actually approaching the 60th anniversary of the character. It'll be next year. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to believe Spider-Man's turning 60 because Spider-Man just still feels like this young, perpetually youthful yeah. character. Um, and again, this will be versions of some things we said last week, but I want to talk about it again. Spider-Man as a character in the early sixties represented this like rebranding of timely comics, soon becoming Marvel comics and they had been around almost as long as DC in the yeah. early 40s. But they were always the second banana. Yeah. DC was the big company. Well, remember in comic books, superhero Superheroes Unmasked. Which is a holy text to yes. both of us. They had that whole... Because I know a lot of people, it's comic book confidential, which we haven't seen. Right. That was that kind of like 80s yeah. version of that. Um, but that this... Yeah, this is on the History Channel. But on that, I remember they were talking about uh, when the Submariner and the Human Torch were created by Timely Comics and how they fought or whatever. And they were like, they were drawing pictures in bathtubs before it was even written. And it was like... Some of that's depicted yeah. in Amazing Adventures yes, of Cavalier. Yeah, versions that. of that. Yeah. yeah. But, um... But anyway, sorry. I, I was getting you off track there. No, that's fine. But, but just like... Yeah. So that company had been around yeah. for a yeah. while. And people like Stan Lee had started from the very bottom, basically, as, you know these background figures and some of that, and then he slowly rose to the top. And what really turned the page for them was the Fantastic Four. The creation of the Fantastic Four really started to cement Marvel as something different. And in large part, that was seen as a competitor to the Justice League at the time for DC. Um, and I say as someone who loves the concept of the Justice League and the ideas of the Justice League, the characters of it, um, Fantastic Four is infinitely more interesting because they were built first and foremost as a team. Yeah. Sure, you think of the thing, you think of Reed Richards, uh, Sue Storm, um, Human Torch, all those characters. But like they were designed as a team. Justice League was literally kind of yeah. taking some characters. Right. Like, what if they teamed up together? Like and some were created out of that. But um and this is eventually true now for the MCU all these years later. Marvel always started off more as this quote universe, this organic universe where these characters pop in and out of books. Yeah. Oh wow. You see the Hulk and um kind of being a Fantastic Four book or you see Iron Man and Daredevil kind of being in a book together. Like that was the appeal of Marvel in the sixties was that these characters are more intrinsically interacting. And part of that is a marketing thing. You gotta buy this book to yeah. make sense of this book. DC was always a little more cordoned off. Like if you read Superman books, they were kind of their own thing. Batman books were their own thing. Wonder Woman books, like so and you know, over the years it was actually this is one of the weird ironies of recent years. Um, it was eventually the DC books that introduced the multiverse, actually. And actually, in the comics, still play with the multiverse more so than Marvel. 
But weirdly, but with the movies, the MCU has actually kind of taken a lot of these multiverse ideas and beat DC to the punch as far as adapting them. And let me just say, the results of that vary. Yeah. Um, in terms of the comics, there are really great versions of that. But they're also bogs down in continuity. And, it, and it's like, I just want to read a good Superman book. Yeah. Give me a good Superman book. Don't give me all this stuff, whatever. Um, but anyways, the appeal of Marvel from the very beginning was this like shared universe. And Spider-Man comes along in 62. And again, as I said last week, the appeal of Spider-Man for so many young people in the 60s was he's not playing second banana to Batman. Again, young people, when they saw themselves in comics, usually it was Robin that they saw. Yeah. Spider-Man was like you. He was a teenager. He worked a job he didn't like. He had to barely make ends meet to help his aunt who cared for him. He had relationships, ups and downs. He had friends who become foes. I mean, and it's very you know, melodramatic and very this, like, superhero sci-fi stuff. But it had a real-world relevance to, you know, mm -hmm. kids. And again, the whole, it's a very simple concept, but a very beautiful concept. One of the reasons they had a mask on Spider-Man was the idea, Stan Lee said, is that any kid could imagine they themselves as Spider-Man because you put on the mask, it could be anybody, right? Yeah. And the, I know for a great number of black um, fans in the 60s who deep down knew he was white, Spider-Man could be them under there. You yeah. know what I mean? And so that was an appeal of Spider-Man. And so when you think about where Spider-Man came from, his origins, and even now what Spider-Man is as a character, what are the appeals for you of him as a a figure in the superheroic kind of genre or realm? Well, I think, and I, we talked about this last week, I mean, uh, for me, I think I like, I, I do like the comic bookiness and the sense of humor because even though I prefer DC... And can I briefly touch on that idea of the multiverse a little yeah. bit? And so, for me and the interconnected... I'll talk more about the interconnectedness of the, the universe of Marvel or the universe of DC. I personally prefer the idea, like you said, of give me a good Superman book or just give me a good... Like, or give I'm me just, a good Batman story. What I like, like yeah. about them being different and away from each other is that... Uh, they can tell different stories yeah. and versions of themselves. Like Wonder a Wonder Woman comic book and a Batman comic book should not have the same style sen sensibility. Yeah. yeah, they just and often they do uh, sometimes, but that just shouldn't be the case. Same thing, Batman and Superman shouldn't be similar. Green Lantern and and uh, Hawkman, Plastic Man, I don't know, or Plastic <laughs> Man. Those should not be the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but Marvel kind of flattens the curve. Yes, and, and like, so yeah. it kind of all includes, I mean, for lack of a better term, they're all a bunch of freaks. Uh, and, all got nuclear powers. And, like, yeah. and so it kind of, and that's fine. I mean, that's a different version of it that people prefer, I guess. And, I mean, people like it because it makes it feel epic and big. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's just not something I'm particularly interested in. Uh, so inherently, that's why I'm kind of out on Marvel, I guess, as a basic concept. Yeah. Um, but for Spider-Man, though, I, I think he just, overall, and this isn't even talking about Spider-Man, I'll get to talking actually about Spider-Man in a minute, has the best villains. Mm -hmm. I think he has by far the most interesting of just the different types of villains that he has, of Green Goblin, or even the Hobgoblin, I mean. <laughs> That's a, yeah, uh, or, uh, or, um. Doc Ock. Doc Ock, or. Kingpin or lizard, Sandman. or the lizard, Sandman, Craven the Hunter, Craven the Hunter, Morbius, Elect or uh, what's Electro, his name? Electro, yeah, uh, and Shocker, another yeah. shock villain, yeah. Um, 
just all the different types of they're all very different and they're all and, colorful and they yeah all and they look all different. they're all comic book I and mean, they are a very comic book yeah whereas sometimes i feel like other villains of other superheroes just don't really carry the same uh weight to them mm -hmm. that that does spider-man is a character though i think like you said i think it's the relatability factor i mean it's very hard to relate to an Amazonian goddess or a uh, you know rich billionaire psychopath mm -hmm. or uh, a an alien mm -hmm. you know uh, a super powered alien or or all the other types of aliens that are in the DC universe. Yeah. I mean, literally all or like a very. I mean, I guess the Flash. Panagarians, you're not too super into. No, I guess not. I don't. <laughs> I can't fly around like they do. Or or the Green Lantern or whoever yeah. you know. Uh, but well, Marvel uh, provided, I think, for DC even a necessary evolution in what yes, comic storytelling yeah. was because DC was taking notes and paying attention, and they started to themselves change some things about the characters. I mean, so it's not like they even now totally exist in vacuums. Yeah. They're like taken from and stealing from yeah. one another in terms. But of But I think of it stories. is that relatability of Spider-Man as a young person. Um, and it was interesting to me about this. I'll jump to this movie real quickly of yeah. Spider-Man. Is that, uh. The Ebert, who was more... I mean, he gave it two and a half out of four, but he was a little more negative on some aspects of the movie that he was saying, like, it always just kind of adapts to the stuff real quickly. So I didn't really feel that that was the case, but... I mean, I guess he was looking more for a Cronenberg body horror movie or something that mm -hmm. I didn't really think that that's And Manola what, Dargis should be yeah. said, like, she invoked Franz Kafka's mm -hmm. uh, metamorphosis and talking about yeah. that, too, yeah. And it's kind of funny. Don't you think it's kind of funny that a certain generation of critics? I'm not saying they're even wrong necessarily, but just don't look at this as the same reverence with we do. They're like, yeah. oh, this, uh, oh, they're finally doing a Spider-Man movie. I guess okay, yeah, it's fine, whatever. Or they it's look like, at it with too much reverence because they're like, no, it has to be. Serious. Or it's got to be Cronenbergian right. like, or no, Kafka. It doesn't. It, it doesn't yeah. have to be that because it's a comic book. It's like it's weird. They don't take it seriously, but they take it too seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, and and there weren't yeah. many comparisons at this point. I mean. I think, was it Eber or Hollywood Reporter Review that uh, brought up Superman the movie? I think it had, I mean, you know, now we've got volumes upon volumes of these things. Yeah. But even then, I mean, there was a decent amount, actually, but there were still, all, like, I, for me, this is like the, the trinity is Superman, Christopher Reeve, Tim Burton, Batman, and this, Randy yeah. Spider-Man, kind of right. to me represents the best of all of those characters on screen still, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, and this kind of was in the realm of entering that place yes, yeah. uh, at that time. You know but what I mean? being a little looser and more inherently comedic, I mean, I feel Which like fits it, the character I think it is a it version is. of Superman. Yeah. Uh, but He's not Superman, you know. <laughs> uh, you know. But uh, it's not Batman, in a sense. It's definitely not that, in the yeah. sense of that dark, gothic, you know, dark, something dark gothic yeah. <laughs> disgustingly <laughs> decadent <laughs> um but they, it isn't that obviously but yeah. and it is more like superman but it still takes itself in a different uh a more youthful realm because even superman is basing itself on this kind of godlike shakespearean Jesus operatic narrative, like, yeah, yeah and it, it's that this isn't doing yeah um spider-man 2 randomly does that when he saves the train and they all pass him around like mm -hmm. he's a god right, or something, right. that's and trying like to that, do that, which not, I, you know, and, and uh, that's kind of its own beautiful moment. Um, 
But that's not a, quote, Spider-Man moment to me. Yeah. Well, there is an aspect to that that's very Spider-Man in the sense that he is kind of the mascot of New York City. Yeah. And that all of these you people... You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us, as they see, say in this movie. I mean, they've got something they for They objectively eye, see this you know. is a man who doesn't have a mask on. Yeah. And not one of them is going to capitalize on that. No. They're like, we need to protect this person. He is our savior. He is our hero. And uh, there, that, that is an intrinsically Spider-Man moment. But it is weirdly a little too religious in its own way yeah. as far as the imagery of that. Um, but it is still its own beautiful And to harp too. on that real quickly, I'm not interested in Iron Man propagated this idea of, you know, early on that of he, the identity is known. Yeah. And I'm supposed to be interested in that for some yeah. reason. Uh, I know that the new Spider-Man movie is doing that because uh, uh, Mysterio, we forgot to mention too, is another villain, uh, outed him as, outed Peter Parker as Spider-Man. Yeah. And it's like, that's not something I find interesting as an idea is that, oh, the identity is known because then you're entering a realm of all these possibilities of why would people allow him to be alive anymore? Mm -hmm. They would go and murder him. That's what would happen. I mean, yeah. it's like the way you look at, like, this is kind of off topic too, but it's like if you really want to look realistically at Batman as a concept, it would be the ending of Taxi Driver. That's mm -hmm. what Batman is, really. Yeah. And its base level is a psychopathic um, hero saving people that need to be saved. Well, he's, by the way, like, he's doing uh, finger quotes. Yeah, like, you know, this, and yeah. so, like, that, and that is another question. But as far as the whole idea of uh, the superhero vigilante being outed as this person, that's just never made any sense. I just don't find that interesting as a concept. Um, Do you find that to be a stab towards realism that is unwarranted in most yes, superhero stories? Because it because we I can operate on a sense of, okay, nobody knows who the person is, therefore they cannot be caught. Yeah. Other people would see it as, well, how can they go that long without being caught? I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. I mean, it's all it's all nonsense anyway. It's, it's a comic book. But, and part of the appeal you know, of superheroes in general is you put on the mask and you the become sense of a different duality person. And the you sense know, of like, like not right. only are you hiding part of yourself from the larger society, but from specific people in your lives. Yeah. Um, I mean, even the relatives we live with don't know. And so, like, I mean, that is so much of the appeal of, like, say... Superman is that he loves Lois Lane and Lois Lane seems more fascinated with Superman than she does Clark yeah. Kent and that whole divide there. Yeah. With Spider-Man, it's all about, you know, um, his relationship to Aunt May or Mary Jane. One of the most affecting scenes in 2 is where he tells, Mary, you know, Aunt May the truth about that that he that he yeah. like kind of the inadvertently truth of, like, inadvertently his and death. like yeah, right. and that she doesn't just sit there and say oh that's all right that she gets up and walks out of the room doesn't say anything and they kind of have a you know a reconciliation later but that's very that's a very racing serious scene. and realistic yeah. I mean for yeah. to have that moment in a movie like yeah. that you know what I mean um, well at one thing I want to note quickly also about the new Spider-Man movies is it was I mean uh, it's it's partially funny I'm not going to act like it isn't totally unfunny but it famously that first movie ends with Aunt May seeing him without the mask on and saying what the f but then it transitioned into a, the Ramones yeah. and it's like 
it's all, and I think that is more interesting as I guess is the idea of that people in your family or your close friends know that you are that person but as a whole right. city or a society know that I'd find that so disinteresting that it's laughable well um, eventually and but, I already noticed that what happens um with um the what no way home yes <laughs> I'm still not struggling with this uh what it's going to do is bring in some multiverse concepts, and that's going to eventually be a smokescreen for a resetting of the thing, of the universe, where everybody forgets who he is. Because the comics themselves did that some years ago, um, where this character Mephitso made this kind of, where he made this deal. Long story short, in the comics, in kind of the mid 2000s, Peter Parker was outed as Spider Man in this um, big. Um, event series called Civil War, which yeah. Captain America Civil War was partially based on, but they changed some things about. Anyways, he was outed in that, and he made a deal with Mephitso to wipe away everybody's memories of him of him as Spider-Man, but then Mary, he would lose Mary Jane in the process, not through death, but through she would forget who he was or whatever, and he took that deal. Yeah. And I've already know from some spoilers I've heard... Uh, that that is a version of what happens yeah. at the end of uh, No Way Home. So they they want to have their cake and eat it too. And this is comic book storytelling in a nutshell. Is ooh, let's do this big game changing twists. But we always got in our back pocket. Let's just go back to the reset the way things were. And I actually don't hold that as in low regard as it maybe even sounds like, like, like I like does. What I mean. There's a future past did too, uh, yeah. where it was like that Beast was alive and. Or back or whatever, yeah. and that uh, uh, Cyclops was alive. You know, I remember that. I remember that being a big deal when uh, was <laughs> Last Stand such a strangely kind of bad movie. Yeah, but I remember that was a big well, it's deal. Not strangely bad with Brett Ratner's behind. Well, it, but yes, I know what you mean. But like uh, that, I remember when that movie came out and going to see it, and it was like a big deal. It's like, oh, they killed Cyclops. You know, yeah. whatever. And that was like early on in the movie. Those movies have such contempt for Cyclops, anyways. Yeah. And I say that as somebody who's a fan of the first two. A lot, yeah, but um. But yeah, uh, so yeah, that whole idea I have trouble with anyway. More or less to say that that these that this there are people through the Raimi movies that figure out that he is Spider Man, but it's not some big like everyone knows you know kind right. of thing. Like you said, I, what I like about that moment, at least in the second one, is that like you said, people respect him enough as a hero to say whatever i don't care and and then there's that moment it's like one of those like real like bro on the internet moment where like there's the moment in this movie where he lies and says that he doesn't know who sends him J. john jameson yeah. lies and says i don't know who sends yeah. me i get him some guy mails him and to that me. for all the contempt of right. contemptible aspects of that character in that moment he's he's protecting not gonna, his sources right. and yeah and, and and more even than and just protecting he knows his sources, peter like, and he's like right. i'm not gonna he's not gonna tell him that right. and people are like he was a hero and it's not like real just like yeah. lame brand and it's like yeah but anyway yeah uh, yeah but so where are we at on all this uh, i think we'll, but, we'll go ahead and talk about yeah. this movie specifically maybe the cast oh, crew. Okay. all right all that let me get my computer ready i'm behind if you can So, Spider-Man is a 2002 American superhero film based on the Marvel, Car Marvel Comics character of the same name. Directed by Sam Raimi from a screen Why do I even movie. have to say that, by the way? Yeah. Of the same, like, we don't all know what this is. Yeah. Anyways. Directed by uh, Sam Raimi from a screen by David Coop. David Coop. Uh, one of our friends. 
friend of the pod. Yeah. Not friend of Philip Bryant, as no. it turns out. <laughs> which is strange because he's such a fan of this movie. It doesn't really make sense to me. Um, but anyway, first installment of the Spider-Man movies. Film centers on outcast teen genius. Teen, an outcast teen genius. Yeah. Peter Parker, who develops spider-like superhuman abilities after being bitten by a genetically altered spider and decides to use his newfound power to fight crime as Spider-Man. So, uh, yeah, this... There's a whole... We can yeah. talk about this a little bit. This movie went through a crazy developmental history. I mean, they were trying to make movies about it. Yeah, we'll uh, go through this Through quickly. the 80s, I guess. Yeah, I it began in the 80s. Filmmakers Toby Hooper, James Cameron, Joseph Zito were all attached to the director. The two biggest names I know that were the closest to it being made were James Cameron and David Fincher. I know uh, David Fincher had worked on the possibility of maybe doing a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Uh, James Cameron's probably the one that had gotten furthest along. Um, and... You go and read what his versions of it would be. I can't even remember what it is off the top of my head, but it was pretty wacky and out there. Yeah. Um, but so, how it says basically, however, project would languish in development hell due to licensing and financial issues after progress on the film stalled for nearly 25 years. License for Worldwide released by Columbia Pictures in 1999 after it acquired options from MGM on all previous scripts developed by Canon Films, Carol Co., and New Canon. Exercising its option on just two elements from the multi-script acquisition, a different screenplay was written by James Cameron, Ted Newsom, John Brancato, Barney Cohen, and Joseph Goldman. Sony hired Coop to create a working screenplay, credited as Cameron's, and Coop received sole credit in final billing. Here are all the different directors that were attached. Roland Emmerich, Tim Burton, Ang Lee, Chris Columbus, Barry Sonnenfeld, Michael Bay, Jan DeBont, M. Night Shyamalan, Tony Scott, and David Fincher. Let's briefly go through all these names, just ever yeah. so briefly. Roland Emmerich, Spider-Man, Hard Pass. Yeah. Nope. Tim Burton, I never even knew that he was actually maybe even attached to do this. No. Well, I feel like I'll say about Tim Burton, it feels like with that and the superhero, the Superman yeah. movie at the end of the 90s, that I'm very confused by because I'm like, okay, you did Batman, I get that, but like, I don't feel like no. his whole sensibility matches these other heroes, and and rightfully they never happen. Right. So you know, Ang because Lee, even even yeah. like you know, Planet of the Apes, I'm like, yes, I see that as a Tim Burton product. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Ang Lee, and now he, he did the Hulk, did the Hulk. Yeah, uh, that could have been. He had already worked with Tobey Maguire. It should be said on uh, the Ice Storm, Storm, which is yeah. a really good movie. Chris Columbus, that could have worked. I think that. Might, might, you know that could have been pretty good actually. Yeah. Uh, Barry Sonnenfeld, maybe uh, I don't know. Michael Bay, no. Yon uh, Debon, director of uh, Speed, maybe. Yeah. M Night Shyamalan, maybe that could have been all right. I Tony, like Scott. Tony Scott would have been an interesting. Yeah, he could have been good. Possible. David Fincher, no, nah, not really. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, what, what's the strongest name out of that list? Do you think you could have seen? I think Tony Scott, personally. I think him or Chris Columbus. I think yeah. Chris Columbus could have made it probably a pretty good yeah. one. Um, but anyway, of course, uh, let's just read. It was made for $139 million. That's a, that's a lot of money. But it I mean, made, that, that was an A yeah, budget. And, a, yeah. uh, $821.7 million. Uh, I think, is this the only year, I think, that a Star Wars movie that was released was not the highest grossing movie of that year? I think. Because Attack of the really. Clones would have yeah, come oh, out. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I think this is true. I remember hearing, having heard that. No, actually, Attack of the Clones is fourth. The Two Towers was actually worldwide anyways, oh, highest grossing. Okay. Then Chamber of Secrets, then Spider-Man. And let's just go through the... I'm going to read yeah. the top ten yeah, of this yeah. here. This is the highest grossing films of 2002. 
Two Towers, Chamber of Secrets, Spider-Man, Attack of the Clones. So like I said, I think this is the very only year where a Star Wars movie was released, the main one anyways, and not the highest grossing movie. Men in Black 2, Die Another Day, Signs, Ice Age, My Big Fat Greek Wedding, and Minority Report. Now, it should be said, some of these very top movies are big, franchise-heavy stuff, but this was still at a time where a movie like My Big Fat... Excuse me. Drop the mic. My Big Fat... I mean, can you imagine a day now where a movie like My Big Fat Greek Wedding would even make the top 10 highest-grossing of a year? Yeah. Ice Age makes sense because that's a animated movie, but Signs, I mean, even that, that's, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, this is mostly, you know, blockbustery kind of stuff, but my big fat Greek wedding bit making that yeah. list. Uh, I remember that movie being kind of a low key sensation, uh, anyways. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, um,. Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker Spider-Man. One thing I want to mention too, he was also I thought this in Ride with the Devil, that other Ang Lee movie that's about the, Sam uh, Raimi. Or no, oh uh, no, no Ang Lee. Oh, yeah. all right, all right, okay. Uh, Tobey Maguire was in that Ang Lee movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ride with the Devil about the uh, bushwhackers or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, him as Peter Parker Spider-Man. Um, what are your thoughts? I feel like as we've moved further away from this, there's actually been more of a backlash of like, oh, yeah. Andrew Garfield or Tom Holland or more, more quote, age-appropriate. Um, I don't know. Like, as a kid, I mean, Tobey Maguire, I would have been nine years old when this movie came out. And that's a really good age to like, you're looking at a teenager on screen and you're like, that's not that 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 far away from me. Yeah. But it still feels, feels like a distance. Um, I mean, I think he's really good. I mean... All three of the actors who have played Spider-Man add something new or different, yeah. obviously, to it. Um, and I say this is someone who actually thinks Andrew Garfield's an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. I think he's actually the best actor out of all three of these yeah. guys. I mean, you see something like Silence, and he's just amazing. Even yeah. something like Hacksaw Ridge, which is a movie I don't quite like all that much. I think he's yeah, really I remember him you know, being good in uh, you know Social Network. Right. And, yeah. um, he is a little too modelish, pretty boyish, I think. And the same can loosely be said about Tom Holland, I think, too. I think as far as like, quote, playing Peter Parker, Tom Holland is pretty good at that. But sometimes he's dorky to the point of being naive. Yeah. I don't necessarily feel that about who Peter Parker is as a character. Um, I feel like McGuire is kind of that, while he's he's not, quote, you know, um, pencil-pushing nerd variety yeah he's he not, is but, there is yeah. a lovable dorkiness to him though well and I he's think. not uh, and he's i mean he's a handsome enough looking right. guy but like you said there's holland and uh garfield are too good looking yeah i think to be peter parker i think right? ideally you the know. best peter parker would have been about this era of jonah hill yeah uh, frankly i think he would have actually checked a lot of boxes for me in terms of the quote picture perfect Peter Parker and Spider-Man, a Jonah Hill type. Um, but I think McGuire is really good. I mean, Yeah, because I, it, and I agree with kind of going through all the kind of hoops you got to jump through to talk about this. But for me, I'm just like, he's the best, no question. There's not any... I mean, like, I don't find that you hard to he, come to you that. You think he's, quote, too old? I mean, we see people uh, of, in their 20s playing high schoolers all the time. I don't in really movies, think so. it's that big of a deal. I mean, I think he looks I think he looks like a high school senior. I mean... Oh, yeah, so that, he's a senior, yeah, so he's, well, he's, I, and he's transitioning fine. into yeah, college or fine, his working whatever. life. I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe he's a little, just a little too old, but 
I don't know. I've never found out. I've never found that to be that big of a problem. Um, don't, don't you weirdly really think though? Anyways, just that generation of twenty year old looked quote older than what twenty year olds look like now. Yeah, people, just by nature of the way people, people are just look. looking younger and younger now. Anyway, uh, I thought well, part of that's an obsession with looking that way. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know, that's more. Yeah, and I, too. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just he's very clearly the best. It's one uh, of those things again. Like I can't quite look at this objectively because when I was a kid. I was just like, oh, yeah, he's a, quote, teenager. They yeah. tell me that on screen. I get it, whatever. Yeah. Now, if I was a little older, I might have cast yeah. some more aspersions yeah, on it. Yeah, but, but, I mean, he's very clearly the best Spider-Man and Peter Parker because, uh, like I said, he has a sense of humor. He's not, and he is a little bit dorky like uh, Peter Parker would need to be. I feel like he has enough of the physicality. Uh, I don't know. He's just kind of all around the is the best one. Mm-hmm. And, and it's strange to me that people don't think that. Now, I believe, I think that, I think, an argument can be made for each of them. Right. They, but, I th- yeah. but, like, for people to just totally dismiss him, I've has never really made any sense to me at all. I, I just don't get that. Um, I agree. I feel like there's there's something about this movie uh, with people. They have this whole, like, really strange agenda that I don't understand. Uh, because... You think like, specifically this movie or the yeah, McGuire movies in no, general? Well, I think just all of them, I, that people don't want to like them, and I don't know why. It's kind of like the way people are about the X-Men movies, too, although that had a more immediate backlash against them because people were like, this is not X-Men or whatever, even though it is. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something about that era of superhero movie that, particularly since the Marvel movies have come around, that people are very hostile to. Well, I feel and, like it's caught between we read the reviews of Dargus or Ebert, critics that I both mildly respect. Yeah. They were of an age where they thought this was like, uh, this is something young people would like today. It's a kid's movie. It ain't nothing I'd care about. Versus the Zoomer MCU stands now. Yeah. Who now see this as hashtag old meme, hashtag, oh, yeah, this is corny, this is modeling. And then there's, you know, I, when I think of fans of this movie, I think of me, I think of you, I think of our dear cousin Philip, who also deeply loves these movies. I think of like that kind of, a lot of, mid to late 20 year olds now yeah. who this was a primary source in our lives and I feel like there's people older and younger than either of us who see this as a either stale and bland as an adult or stale and bland as young people either yeah. way you know what I right. mean uh, yeah. and that's unfortunate because I think these again this movie and especially the second one too uh are the very high watermarks of what this genre can accomplish in terms of being entertaining, but also being heartfelt. And I feel like obviously the genre has lost a lot, uh, in either direction of those. Yeah. Uh, and I think McGuire typifies that he's just kind of the perfect lovable dorky Peter Parker, which is in essence, the definition of who Spider-Man yeah. is. I mean, in a lot of yeah. ways. So. Right. Uh, Willem Dafoe is Norman Virgil Osborne slash green goblin. Uh, enough can't be said about how amazing Willem Dafoe is. I feel like he is, and we've talked about him in the past, obviously, with uh, um, uh, the Life Aquatic. Yeah. Um, but uh, I said this then. It's strange to me to think, because I wouldn't call him an underrated actor, because he's beloved by everybody. I mean, like yeah. everybody loves him. But um. For me, though, I guess the way I can say it is he's probably my favorite actor I don't 
think yeah. about regularly. Mm-hmm. Like when he's there, I'm oh, like, he's well, great. But yeah. like he's not somebody I think of on a regular basis. But like I think that's it, frankly the very definition of what a great character actor yeah. should be is that yeah. someone you immediately are happy to see and kind of is a star in their own right, but can so disappear into roles that is there a quote Willem Dafoe type? I guess. Uh, but he plays so many different kinds of yeah. movies, and he's in so many different kinds of movies and characters that you don't immediately think of that. Um, what do we think of him as quote the Green Goblin? I mean, I think he definitely knows exactly what he's yeah, in. Yeah, I think, is that, playing I think into that, that another movie would have, uh, and another actor would have played it differently. But I think it rightfully plays it as like a. I mean, you look at the. Uh, I love the original design of the original Green Goblin uh, in the comics of that like green and purple uh a lot of people strangely in the reviews talked about how and they kind of were getting at this about the movie i guess that uh neither character of spider-man or green goblin have faces that move Mm -hmm. or masks that move which i find to be very strange because it's a daggum comic book (laughs) they're wearing masks you know what i mean like I guess they were still used to, at this point, seeing a Batman movie where you have part of his face shown. Yeah. I guess that was just different for them. I don't know. But I'm like, well, now the original Green Goblin didn't have his face, like, was a face. But uh, with Spider-Man, like I said, it's always been that way. So I don't really know what they're getting at there. Of Like, you can't see their face, like, and? Like, I don't know. I think one, but, this is um, a very subjective thing, but I think for the comics with Spider-Man, they made a big deal about his eyes would move in ways yes. that didn't quite yes. technically make sense, but, like, just in the comics, um, communicated yeah. his mental space I get, behind well, the mask. And, that, and is, that's something yeah. that the Holland movies have tried to do more of. And this is different do from... Do I care? No, no, but... This is different from that, um, but uh, it's kind of like uh, uh, Rorschach and yeah, Watchmen, right. as far they as the way the his... Thing, uh, yeah his uh, Rorschach blots on his face change. You know, it's interesting is that in the movie, they really make an effort to, like, have make that happen in the moment. What I found so interesting, though, about the comic book, I mean, it's just a difference in medium. What I found so interesting about the comic book is that you never saw it happen. It just changed between for, uh, uh, panels. panels. Yeah. And that, that almost, like you said, seemed like a reaction to yeah. whatever was happening mm-hmm. at the moment. You know, Rather than in that, it just seems like it just changes and it's kind of just useless. But So that that's a random thing to bring up, but like, I don't know, I just feel like he adds a lot of madness and humanity to that to Green Goblin, even when you can't see his face, his face I mean, does not I feel like, like he you know? is, um, he sees this role as his, uh, his attempt or his own chance to channel Nicholson yeah. and Batman in terms of being this actor who's you can't like, do this to me. Yeah. You know how much I've sacrificed? Like just channeling and this then they're like all like, crazy madness. You're done. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you know, they're like, okay, like, well, we're going to get off the Bohemian Grove. Right. Just stay in here. Like, love that moment in the movie, by the way, where, they're watching the uh, hoverboard be- or hover craft <laughs> yeah, being right, used, yeah. and he comes. They're testing it, and then he comes in with it, and that general's like ah, and like gets blown yeah, up. Right, and it's right. just like a real like <laughs> I will die now like moment. Yeah, we're gonna talk like, about Raimi later, yeah. and that's a very Raimi yeah. choice to do. Um, but but anyway, now I'll, uh, I'll say this like I love Defoe as yeah. Green Goblin. And I, I prefer him slightly yeah. to Molina's Doc Ock, yes, which I think I is agree. also pretty great. But I mean, I give, I give. Like, <laughs> no, know. he should have, yeah, yeah, like took his Magnolia character, yeah. which has like what a scene 
Uh, yes. And yeah. literally, Solomon, <laughs> Solomon Electronic. Yeah. And from Magnolia. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> what am I going with? We're this? lost. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, well, yeah. I'm not crazy about the Green Goblin design in this movie, but guess yeah. what? Who cares? You know yeah, what I mean? Like, right, like yeah. I don't like the way it looks, but I like Willem Dafoe, and I like what he's doing. That's what doing. I'm saying. I, like, I prefer, I mean, because I think that the... And, no, and none of the movies have yet to really do the, quote, Green Goblin look, yes. which I think is yeah. great, and yeah. it would be great No, that's what, and that's what I'm saying, is that, like, I think that the Spider-Man version in this is more, is more akin to the 60s Spider-Man look than the right. Green Goblin. It tries to new age it a little bit too much, and too, like, computer age... Green Goblin, and let this, and, yeah. and I love the comic booky. Like I said, I keep saying I love the way the original Green Goblin looks. If he looks like just very ridiculous, I mean, he looks yeah. like a goblin, like you know. And this, it just looks too bland. But like I said, I don't care though that I can't see his right. face. Like that doesn't. Yeah. They see that as an inhumanity. I don't feel that that's the case well, though, with, like, the because he's get, dressing up. The moments we get as a the, villain the, I mean, towards you know. the end of Defoe without the mask yeah. on, and you see how like crazy and manic he is, like without it. Yeah. Uh, but like, let this just be a lesson. Like, I mean, do I like the Green Goblin costume in this movie? Not really. Uh, what's the best quote, Spider Man? Uh, costume, I think, in all the movies. Maybe The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Is that a movie I frankly think all that much about? No. These very superficial things that fans get caught up in Well, that just shows because they only care about the shallowness. They don't matter about any of that. Like, there was a big deal about this movie at the time, like, these movies where it's like, oh, he has organic web shooters. He should have mechanical web shooters. Now, ideally, in a hypothetical world, I like the mechanical web shooters better. Okay? Uh, Oh, The Amazing Spider-Man movies has mechanical web shooters. Does that make them better movies? Hell no. Who cares? Who cares about any of that? You know what I mean? Like, those are things that maybe in the comic book I want a certain way or that, but that doesn't matter, like, ultimately. Can I I speak on behalf of and what I actually, I don't want to be controversial about this, but I prefer the out of the arm. Let me me argue for it. If you're bitten by a radioactive spider, Mm -hmm. that's all you're going to get is super ability and climb on walls. Right. He should be shooting stuff out of his arm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the whole point. Now, I get it, you know, but like I said, I don't care. That doesn't mean anything to me. But I think logically, right. he should be shooting it out of his arm because yeah. he got bit by a spider. I mean, that's the whole point yeah. of getting bit by spiders. You're going to have those. And I know, like I said, the comics didn't do that. I know Ultimate Spider Man, I think that did the whole organic. web shoot or, or like, uh, did it mechanic? do organic? I can't remember. I think um, it did mechanical because yeah. that, but. Like I said, that doesn't really matter, but to me, I like that, personally. Now, a lot of people want to turn that into this, like, euphemism. I'm not really interested in that. Like, I, well, that's like just I said, really like, childish, but, uh, like... To me, yeah. I see it both, like, like I prefer the mechanical web shooters, and, again, one thing does this, one thing does that. The movie movie is the movie. Yeah. Who cares about any of that? If the movie's good or the movie's bad, are people going to walk out of the movie going, you know, I really did love this movie, but... um. He didn't have the web shooters. No, people do, do the web that. Shooters. And that is yeah. such a stupid, um, brain-dead way to watch a movie. I'm just like, I don't I don't understand this mentality. Um, and that's what a lot of these um, neckbeards are into. They want to yeah. check the boxes and say, ooh, this was right or this wasn't. Let me go on Reddit and complain about all this. Like, who cares? Again, do I love this Green Goblin design? No. Who cares? Willem Dafoe is great as the Green Goblin. Yeah. That's what I wanted to see, and that's what he does. End of story. End of subject. As Tony yeah. Brown once said. Uh, Kirsten Dunst is Mary Jane. 
Kirsten Dunst is a performer that, frankly, I've grown more into liking over yeah. the years, and I'll say that's more at fault with me than her. Uh, well, I will say, her in these movies, she's good, but she, uh, I mean, there's moments where she's like, looking at the, you know, <laughs> well, now there's she's the, acting yes, ridiculous I on know, purpose. But, like, yeah. she's good, but I feel like... I, the sequels, uh, especially two, I think she's better in two than she even is in yeah, this one. I think that, yeah, but her I, more to do, I think that she has kind of been one of those, like, random actors in the shadows that has just gotten that has been building a resume that yeah. is so enviable over the years that that I don't even think I mean about really post enough, these like, movies she's done a lot more stuff she's worked with say Lars von Trier uh, very famously uh, Melancholia yeah. check out that uh, press conference if you're interested it can let me just oh there's one last thing I want to say about Defoe oh, okay. before we move on yeah. he's also worked with Lars von yeah. Trier on Antichrist and, and uh, Nymphomaniac. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've not seen that. You've seen that. Well, uh, you've seen parts no, of Antichrist. I've seen. Parts, I've seen yeah. all of Nymphomaniac, or as the Ramstein song says, Nymphomaniac. So uh, that yeah, with but, Antichrist, apparently, and this has been said elsewhere that um, there are some scenes that involve some full frontal male nudity on Willem Dafoe's part. That his um, appendages yeah. were so large that it actually frightened members on the set, and they actually had to use body doubles because his appendages were so big. And what? they were shocking, they said, frankly, <laughs> to the other people on the set. I was not aware and of that. And I think that's been sailed elsewhere that Defoe is uh, well endowed. Okay. Whatever that means to anybody. Uh, anyways, uh, I was just thinking about Lars von Trier. And but you can't what, do this to me. Yeah. You know, so that's, what know that said, that's, that's what he said. That's what he said when they were swinging like, big the whole yeah, time. But every scene, just know he's that. He's like, you can't do this to me. You know how much I've sacrificed. <laughs> just so, um, just know that yes. all that. Uh, uh, anyway, but Kristen Dunst, like, <laughs> but Kristen uh, Dunst. Anyways, uh, I mean, you think of her performance in The Virgin Suicides. I mean, that's like yeah. a very haunting yeah. performance yeah. she gives in that. Um, again, she, you know, um, oh God, what was the uh, the Nicole Kidman movie, the, the Civil War, the Beguiled? Yeah. She's quite good in. There Even was like that, Midnight Special, she was in. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was the um, Central Florida show that looked oh, pretty good? Uh, um, you know what I'm talking about. Becoming but, a God in Central yeah, Florida. Yeah. On Becoming a God in yeah. Central Florida, I think. Yeah. Yeah. She she looked good in that. I know she also got really good reviews in Fargo. Yeah. TV show. Fox, I think, Fox, I think she was that. in season two. I think yeah. which is the one most people say is the best. Um. So. Like I know. Yeah. So. I think again, she has more to do in the second movie of these yeah. than she does the first one, but she's still good. Oh, yeah, I think no, in this, yeah, uh, yeah and I've respected uh, her more as I've aged in general. She, I think, she plays well with some pretty stupid kind of over the top scenes, like that scene where she's taken out or Peter's taking out the trash, and the dad's <laughs> yeah. yelling at her. What's was, he saying? He's like, uh, well, earlier in the movie when she's leaving, he's like, "You're trash. You're always gonna be trash, just yeah. like her." I yeah. got to go to school. Ah, who's stopping? Yeah, but they're like screaming and yelling and like nothing about those scenes are inherently funny, but it's just the shrillness. No, actually, it's it, bad in terms yeah. of domestic violence. Yeah, it situations. is, but like, but like, it's bad in another sense that it makes you want to laugh because it's right. so over the top. Right. It's I like, agree, yeah. and it has a little bit of that Ramy stink on it. It's yeah. like, mm, okay, this yeah. this is wanting to make me laugh, and it's not supposed to, you right. know. But um, and she, I think she plays well in some of those scenes where it's asking a lot of her. On the you're basically having to perform with a madman, whoever that is, and come out with some semblance of grace, like is something. Uh, James Franco as Harold Theophilus Harry Osborne, (laughs) the T in Fred T. Ford Theophilus. Yeah. Now we've talked about Franco in the past a little bit. What do you think of him as Harry Osborne? 
I think he's such a wet banana, wet blanket, wet blanket, banana, wet, wet banana. banana yeah. I don't know. He's nothing to me in these movies. I mean, he's really annoying, very shrill presence. Uh, I'm gonna cause you the pain that you caused me yeah. in the second movie. <laughs> um, him as the Green Goblin in the third movie is really bad. I mean. So, that, you, so this, you, he's definitely I'm the weakest link. I'm definitely out on him in these movies, uh, personally. Who could have maybe I wonder played this role like instead of him? I know you have to do some time uh, travel so briefly to hmm. think about this. He, I think, originally also uh, auditioned to be Spider Man. I think. Uh, I'm have to think back. I get back to you on that one. Yeah, but so yeah. Now again, we've said in the past, Franco has been good in other things, even though as a general, we're like whatever about him. But yeah, this. So could you know, it, different. It's funny because we were talking bad about him last week. Josh Hartnett. Yeah, he could. I feel that he at least radiates a sort of compassion and innocence about himself that I would have found more interesting as a presence than now. He had been too old, yeah, probably. But that's the first person that came into my mind randomly. I was thinking about him in the Virgin Suicides also, I think, specifically. Uh, uh, yeah. th- that could have worked. I'll come back to you on that one, though, because I well, thought there's somebody I, I, I asked that question. Yeah. I can't think of anybody yeah. myself. We'll, uh, we'll maybe uh, think about it during the movie. Cliff Robertson is Ben Parker. This was the first uh, time Michael I would have ever seen Cliff yeah. Robertson, but, of course, he had a pretty big screen career yeah, prior I, to this. I, normally I guess think he would have been him... the first guy to play JFK yeah. in PT-109. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of him a lot. And I think his best actual performance I've seen him in a movie is uh, Underworld USA. Um, Samuel Fuller. Yeah, I think he's really good in that. And I think part of the reason is because that movie's all about a guy... That has a really convoluted plot. It sounds kind of like John Wick, but it's like, okay, so he, as a younger teen, his father was beaten to death by these gangsters who work for this really big mob syndicate that like runs the country secretly or whatever. And he's basically infiltrating that so that he can go about killing them off one by one, all of his dad's old cronies or whatever, who have all ascended to this higher place in, in the society that it is. And he's basically undercover the whole movie. But he, I mean, he radiates very quickly a certain scumbaggery in himself and like it's kind of a question of how good of a person are you even and like I, it's a kind of a ha- anti-hero performance I find really interesting. He's really good um, in Three Days of the Condor too. Oh yes, and yes uh, as, yeah, the CIA It's interesting you say that I, about, I've not seen Underworld USA but his like instant uh evocation of scumbag and you think of him in this he instantly radiates yes, warmth yeah, yeah, and very like different. Yeah. a grandfatherly figure that you would die to have and yeah, won't you know right. what I mean he's just like the very definition of goodness I in think, a lot of ways yeah I think that it's a shame really that we not to compare it too much to the emotionality in the movie I feel almost like I have lost the performance of yeah. Uncle Ben in the movie because right. he's so great that because part of the I whole mean, point of Uncle Ben is his early death. Yes, in the whole and like, story but of it's Spider-Man, like yeah. it, it it makes it even more impactful of how good he is because Martin she- I love Martin Sheen but uh-huh. he just doesn't really have it and he tries to play the come on get something to eat in the Departed yeah. and like he's at he's at Notre Dame and like yeah. you know <laughs> he tries to play that doesn't really work for me uh, there is no Uncle Ben in the newer movies it's just Aunt May I wish a lot of people have um, said and I, I fully wholesale this that since Marissa Tomei is uh, 
am I that Joe Pesci yes, was yeah. Uncle Ben? Right, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. to evoke their My Cousin Vinny yeah. uh, relationship. But, uh, that's all just to say that I think he's one of the best things about this movie. And I, I really feel that the soul of the movie rests on that one scene of him dropping him yeah. off at school. I think is one of the best scenes in any superhero movie, period. I think touches me mm-hmm. in a lot of very emotional ways that I, I think about. But yeah. Rosemary Harris is Mae Parker. Notably, um, She's still alive, randomly that she was in uh, I, the only other role I've ever seen her in, and I know she's been in a lot of other stuff, but is in um, When the Devil Knows You're Dead. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I forgot as this, the yeah. mother yeah. in that, that she dies in the movie. She gets killed. Yeah. Uh, Nanette is her name, <laughs> name in that. By the way, on Spider-Man 3, her name is in italics as the Aunt May Parker. As a, like, not the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They must have forgot to take the italics off of Spider-Man 3 when they made the chart, I guess. Um, I think she's good. I mean, she's in all the movies. Uh, yeah. She's a big part of them. She, of course, has to have that scene where she's praying and Green Goblin and busts deliver- through the wall. <laughs> yeah, and deliver- from evil. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Harry Osborn. Yeah. I mean... She's a little over the top, a little bit too shrill, I think. But um, but I think in another, in a kind of opposite way, alternates or in an alternative way, radiates a certain warmth that. Yeah, I mean, she, I mean, she's kind of like too, a and, like a, you know, like a walking stereotype of the lovable, nice old maid, yeah. archetypal stereotype yeah. character. Um, but again. She's someone that you see in a dangerous position, and your you kind of heart like tenses yeah. up. Oh no, not this poor old woman! Which is a lot. There's a lot of Spider-Man stories that res- that rely on that um, dramatic tension to guide a lot of things, uh, and specifically in some Spider-Man things of like Doc Ock courting Aunt May and wanting now, to have with a this ring IV web. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and yeah, the moment in the second movie where he, where he's literally like Butterfingers, like, yeah. and it's just like. What? Yeah. That's really dumb, but yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, she's really good. Yeah, I think. Uh, we'll jump through some of these other ones pretty quickly. J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson. I mean, the very yeah. definition of perfect casting yeah. you can ever have. I mean, he he's so good that literally in other versions, like I remember the Amazing Spider-Man era, they're like, are they going to recast him? Or is I uh, and people are like, no, just keep him in. And and then he's now in the new movies again. Yeah. He's just so perfect as that. Yeah, uh, you know. Um. Yeah, not enough can be said for that. Um, I'll jump through some of these real quick. What do you think uh, in general just about the character of J. Jonah Jameson? I think he's so predictive of many ways of what certain media yeah, figures become. Yeah, because like, he's you not know. like Perry White, you know, who's like a different sort of... He's Perry White's yeah, much more benevolent yeah, and he, kind of he's more... He's more like a, uh, a little bit more like uh, Jason Robards in... Uh, all the president's men of like a hard edged man, but he's like a good enough guy as Bradley. Real, Bradley, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um Ben Bradley, yeah. but yeah, that uh who's played later, of course, by Tom Hanks. Yeah, so like I see that as kind of the Perry White kind of yeah. he's maybe a little more arch in some ways on either side of that. It depends yeah. on the way you look at it. But uh yeah, 
<laughs> J. John Jameson is so such a just sycophantic. Like, himself almost. He's just like, Parker, where's my pictures? Yeah. And just like always smoking and like I mean he's a very hard edge. I mean he's literally like, of course one of the biggest like, memes on the internet as far yeah. as like I want blah blah blah, but really I want pictures of Spider Man is yeah. always like what people and like vote, you know. him with uh, Ted Raimi in the movies is always like uh, you're fired and like uh, you're crap like yeah. or, and like uh and crap like uh, Doctor I mean, and, and obviously yeah. in the new movies, what a little bit I've seen, he was in the post-credit scene of uh, Far From Home. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're rebranding him as like an Alex Jones type, yeah, of uh, soothsayer right. or like going to take it to the establishment type guy, yeah, which makes sense, now, right? You know, a couple other people here real quickly. Uh, Joe Manganiello, first time I would have ever yeah. seen him in anything, mm-hmm. uh, both in literally and like in his career, yeah. Um, as Flash Thompson, I mean. Parker. Like, and in <laughs> the moment, I mean, one of my favorite moments is where he like grabs his arm and he's like, yeah. like is this the facial expressions are yeah. just like, wow. Uh, Bill Nunn, um, Ted Ramey and Elizabeth Banks, um, all being, you know, different Daily Bugle employees. Yeah. Uh, I heard Spider-Man was there yeah. in the second movie, of course. That's of course, um, of course Radio Raheem. In, yes, uh, of course, yeah, and right uh, been in a bunch of other stuff too. Did he die? Ted I think Ramey he passed away recently. Didn't we he? want to say anything about yeah, yeah. Ted Ramey in uh, uh, Twin Peaks. That's one of the funniest <laughs> performances in any movie. I mean, or any show. He's yeah, that like cool like punk guy, and he's like, you remember he like gets killed and gets put in the like uh, yeah. in the uh, oh, well, it's that? like a it's like a pawn. Yeah, and it's like, like his face pawn. is like yeah like that really annoying performance. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, wait a minute, what? Michael Papa John. <laughs> what is the name? He's the guy that's the carjacker guy. Yeah, you know, he's yeah, like, yeah. thanks, like, yeah, uh, Michael wow. Papa John. I think that is his real name too. I'm not seeing anything different. Wow. Papa John was born and raised in Vestiva Hills, a suburb of Birmingham, Alabama, to a Greek-American family. So I guess that's a Greek-American name, Papa John? I don't know. Wow. That's just wow. Yeah. Uh, and then one other, two other things I want to mention here. Uh, Bruce Campbell. He makes cameos in uh, all these movies. Oh, that, He's of course, oh, that sucks. Well, I mean, <laughs> of course, had a pivotal role in a lot of Sam Raimi's work. Yeah, of course, the Evil Dead movies. But of course, he's we literally say, "Oh, that sucks" all the time. <laughs> like, <laughs> and also, Randy well, Savage, what's interesting uh, though about that is, is that yeah. that moment we'll talk about is like that. He literally kind of casually creates the Spider-Man yes, right. name. Of yeah. course, yeah. Uh, the terrifying ah that moment. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. I mean, I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of playtime. What do you think of him in the movie? I mean, he's perfect. I mean, yeah. he literally is a comic, walking yes, comic like, book character. Anyways. He's that gum I mean, Halloween mask yeah. of a human being. I mean, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I specifically remember yeah. this era would have been, I don't know if he was even still technically wrestling at the time or if he was, he was WCW. Yeah. I don't remember. But like WCW, but yeah. him and the Slim Jim commercials were kind of iconic in the '90s and 2000s, and so I remember him sometimes more from that than yeah. I do even, uh, you know, Bone Saw McGraw as easy is in this. But uh, Tig Notaro it says, uh, oh, was offered a role, but the Octavia Spencer literally in the one movie. scene, yeah, where she's the one who's like uh, working at the wrestling yeah. place, like taking his name and like so. And then Tig Notaro was going to be that person. But, you know, Octavia Spencer randomly has had, in my mind, more of a career as a random mm-hmm. character actress before 
She uh, actually was even yeah, and a then bigger it's, deal. She seems like she's had it, but like it's it's like sort of like after the fact. People have gone back and seen all these things well, she's been also, in. Well, you know, uh, also, someone who's worked with her several times, Viola Davis, like, yeah. she's in a random amount of movies that you never noticed yeah. her in. Like, like I feel like her first big thing was in like Doubt. She yeah, was in. Right. Like, no, yeah, that but, was like, something that put yeah. her up more. But, but then even you go back and watch Seen Her 2 in Syriana. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She actually has a, a a major supporting performance in um, uh, Solaris, the yeah. Soderbergh oh, really? Clooney okay. movie. I, I think because her and Clooney yeah. were good friends, mm-hmm. I know. And that's why yeah. he cast her in some things. Uh, Macy Gray appearing as herself. Lucy Lawless. I still don't think of Macy Gray as anything other than a character who pops up in this. Yeah. I don't really, frankly, remember her music being much in the culture. Yeah. But I was a white kid, so yeah. of course I wouldn't. Then Lucy see her. Lawless as punk rock gore who says, Guy with eight <gasps> hands sounds hot. Oh, that like, is her. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, which should be said, like, Raimi produced and was one of the kind of creators Zeno, of Warrior Xena, so yeah. he would have known yeah, for that. And um, Ted Raimi also yeah. was in that. But that's but, kind of the main group of people in the movie and stan lee's cameo i don't want to talk about the whole stan lee cameo phenomenon all i'll say and we'll see it in the movie it's more of what it should be where he's literally like look out yeah and it's just like then it's i over. mean the third oh, no one, no is that an x-men which one no, is that it's, in? no it's in well this he one, might right? do that too in that but okay. i think it's, i can't this, remember it's, it's in no the, no no uh, in x-men it's where uh the guy uh the senator comes oh, onto right. the beach and he's like the ice cream man right. or whatever. Or he's in the background. Or, like, oh yeah. my god! But right, no, right. in this it's the lookout. Yeah, and it's like really lame. Like, yeah. But uh, but Spider Man Three is the one he literally walks on screen. And is like, you know what? I guess some guys can make a difference. Enough said. And just like walks away. And you know, like, part of me kind of likes that <laughs> in how blatant it is. It's just so upfront about itself. I kind of like it. Kind of yeah. love it. It's actually one of the best well, moments I'm in not that movie. That, maybe like, like from then on, they yeah, were more yeah. obvious and bigger. Well, then it became a joke after uh, that. I feel yeah. like before then, it was a little more under the radar. Yeah. But and people who knew who he was, yeah. and he was already a pretty known guy, yeah. would have spotted him. But then. He became someone that your average Joe Schmo like kneeling yeah, on the arm like, like oh that's like, Stanley Stanley like, out there like we'll do that to each other as yeah. this happens but yeah this is kind of under the radar low key I think right. this was also around the time that Stanley was starting in part because of the success of this movie starting to be forced to um, more acknowledge Steve Ditko's uh, contributions yes. to the creation yep. of which is a recurring problem with Stanley is him not wanting to well, give credit to people. Well, the same thing forever happened with Bob Kane and Bill Finger. I mean, yeah. that, and that's and he just, was good friends with yeah. Bob Kane. I mean, uh, there's Bob. Where's Bob? <laughs> Terrible. Can we actually? Do you know if we can find that? Uh, or not? I'm not sure. Maybe exactly. not. Yeah. Well, go go watch comic book superheroes unmasked. Is it from that? Or something yeah, it is. Else? No, okay, because yeah. that's where it's talking about the friendship between Bob Kane and Stan Lee. Um, they were and about how they're the same both age, and how they're yeah. both money grubbing scumbags um but uh and how yeah it's like talking about oh because uh, bob kane got to see batman, batman be made, be right. made and, and have a little a little bit more gore under the fangs all right yeah. <laughs> what a dick yeah. um but but, but and yeah how they were joking with each other like oh spider-man hasn't been made into a movie yet and uh of course it was but bob yeah. kane didn't live to see that i think right. he died in the late 90s yeah. i think but and um, that he's and he has this real weird well, it's more the way it was edited, honestly. Yeah, yeah. That he's like, and where's Bob? And he's like, kind of laughs. And then it cuts. And then, and then very it abruptly. cuts further on in the conversation. You tell him going, he probably went like, huh, "Is terrible" or something. Right. But it sounds like huh, huh, terrible. <laughs> like it's like really like 
History Channel just really screwed the pooch on that one and just made it sound so bad. Yeah. Like, you know. But speaking um, of, again, this yeah. movie, I deeply love those first two. Um, uh, what's his name? Who made them? Brian Singer X Men yes. movies, yeah. and mm-hmm. that those are movies that are not in vogue to like, especially the. Well, the, the, a lot of people do like the second one, even. Well, you know, it's uh, funny. I talked about this last week. I think that the second one is closer to being yeah. as good as X-Men than Spider-Man 2 is. People literally w- are, are literally heads are exploding across right. America right now. <laughs> I mean, and overall, as a phenomenon, I might even slightly prefer the X-Men movies to these Spider-Man movies. Slightly. It's so close. I hate to even say that. Well, but see, here's I, the problem for me with that, and it, it, yeah. with myself even, is that like the Spider-Man movies, despite as much as I love the X-Men movies, are more easily entertaining yes, and yeah, compulsive yeah. Sure. to watch, yes. in part because of how colorful they are, yeah. I think how stylish yes. they are. Yeah. And the X-Men movies are about very big, serious yeah. ideas mm-hmm. and themes. Uh but deep down, I might agree with you on that in well, terms of, like, I and, might slightly like... And the like first Spider-Man them. movie is the best out of all right. of these, clearly. Agreed. But Agreed. I think that the combination of X right. one and, and two. X2 together is better than Spider-Man 1 and Spider-Man 2. I would agree probably. with that. Probably. Yeah. But, and, then, close, and then the last but... stand, I think, is probably better than Spider-Man 3. But they're both awful. But Spider-Man 3, though, at least has a more of a cachet to itself and a kind of free willingness to itself that I appreciate more than the last stand. I'd agree it's with that we- it's like it's weird how that all works out, but yeah. And then there have been more X Men movies. Again, made, other than clearly, just being but... purely nostalgic, what do these era of superhero movies have that the new this new one we've been living just through a, doesn't? Just a dynamism. Yeah. Uh I feel like these newer movies, I mean everybody they're just they're so I hate it when people use this term. I'm just going to say it anyway. They're so beta tested. They're so uh, engineered to do a certain thing. I mean, and that's what I love about movies like The Last Stand and Spider-Man 3 is that they just, they're just they just like firing off on all cylinders. And say, we're just going to do this. Uh, we don't really know what we're doing. You know, It doesn't all feel safe yeah. and, te- and just tested and ready. Yeah. It, like, and, it, and that's what's so different about between them is that, that it feels like a real movie. Yeah. And that choices were made that were stuck to. Right. I think that Spider-Man 3 is a ridiculous movie. Yeah. Uh, I remember in the moment seeing it. I remember being in the theater, seeing the famous, really stupid, uh, you know, what how, what can I even talk about about that movie? Everything about it's dumb, but specifically the uh, uh, montage of him, like, gone golf. Yeah. And just how stupid that was. I mean, I remember just watching There's that. There's a lot of people like, now who praise that, all like that. Like, nine years old and thinking that was the dumbest thing ever. I mean, I still do, you know. But, like, and even, like, and just the immediate stupidity of linking Sandman yeah. to well, retcon- directly to retconning Uncle the death Ben's of Uncle death, Ben's death is yeah. just so awful. Yeah. And like but like it's a choice that was made. Yeah. They were like, we're gonna do that. You yeah. know. And I can respect that about a movie. But uh, now there's and this yeah. is not just with superhero movies, you see it with Star Wars, yeah. you see it with all these big franchise yeah. films. The oh, we gotta we gotta pet the fans. We gotta yeah. make sure that they're fed like little babies and pat them on the head. And you know, it's all gotta be yeah. just so. Like, I mean, that was a whole era where even if you didn't like what they did, it was like. Well, it's like it's like when George you know. Lucas made the the prequels. I mean, 
you you can say, people can say all they want about the how bad the prequels are or whatever, and I think they're mostly right. Yeah. Even though I love those movies, but well, I'm like, well, they're not. I think like, the, the biggest thing I agree with are more aesthetic, yes, larger yes, aesthetic yes. concerns, and about some them. of the acting. The story, though, I mean, the actual themes that yeah. they, is even surpassing the original movies oh, as far yeah. as what they are about, right. making very direct political statements that were frankly prescient yeah. in some ways of, of time, and yeah, even yeah. like follow those were more based on following the Persian Gulf Wars yeah. and, and but he definitely was predictive and looking and ahead and the Soviet Afghan yeah. Wars but like but as far as what the war on terror would literally become yeah. I feel like those are some of the most prescient yeah. movies ever made I mean there I are mean, true uh, political texts and they are way. actually making statements yeah. and a lot of people found that boring yeah. you know they were like I don't find this interesting frankly you're a fool yeah. if you don't like that you are a fool um, now a lot of that you can get caught up in the movies being bad that's fine but if you don't at least admit that there was something there for that yeah. I whatever and people that have always said oh Star Wars movies have never been political they always have been yeah. always have been yeah. but <laughs> like the meme says but I feel like he was he was firing on another level with those movies and he was it, older so yeah, obviously and, than he was yeah. when he made the first ones and, and, the, yeah. um, and some people would see that as hypocritical of him being a businessman and you know being very shrewd about the corporate and being kind of a corporate figure in a way, and you can say that but, about maybe merchandising and certain sure. aspects of that. But as far as storytelling, I don't see that. No, and I felt like he was never that way. Um, and he was very much that from THX eleven thirty eight. Yeah. So if people feel like he's not a political filmmaker, they're the fool. I mean, right. like that's very clear. But so anyway, I, so that's all to say, I feel like choices were being very clearly made that they didn't really care about how people necessarily reacted to them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they wanted people to be entertained, and we read those whole articles about the the marketing rollout yeah. for Spider-Man, which I find very interesting. I feel like everybody should go read those. They're yeah. through the New York Times business section in 2002, yeah. talking about how specifically the, like, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but it's like the Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, KFC Corporation got really burned by some big promotion they did for Phantom of Menace. Which I remember all that and, as a kid. And that they said, we're putting food as the star. And it's like, what the hell the, are you talking I'm about? Find the direct but like, it is, yeah. that, so it's interesting that they did care about the movies making money, but like, they didn't care about how fans reacted to them. I mean, X-Men was a real big case of that, where X-Men fans were very immediately pissed off by those movies and still, and still have been ever since. I mean, I've heard other podcasters, you know, talk about, like, on The Watch, you know, I remember Andy Greenwald talked specifically about how he still really doesn't like those original X-Men movies, being a big X-Men fan. Um, but that, you know... I think that sometimes had more to do with the aesthetics. Than yes, and else that's part that. of it is, yeah, they weren't colorful enough. And that's something I mostly agree with. Those movies could have been more colorful. But that is also a product but, of what um, was in vogue yes, at that particular yeah. time as yeah. well. And that's also coming off of kind of the failure of the Batman, the Schumacher Batman movies, where they're right. like, it's kind of an early version of the Nolan movies of like, we have to take this a little bit, we have to tone it down and kind of pull it back a little yeah. bit. Which, thankfully, I feel like that's one of the strengths of this movie, of Spider-Man, is that it doesn't really do that color-wise and and sensibility-wise, it just does it the right way. And it should be I said, think. later and versions of X-Men, really from the Matthew Vaughn era of First Class onward, the X-Men movies became a lot more yes, colorful. Yeah. And they have their own problems, yes. but yeah. specifically mm -hmm. First Class and Days of Future Past are both really good yes. uh, and stand yeah. up as among the best in the franchise. Yeah. But anyway, This quote yeah. from this article you're talking about, 
We've moved off movie tie-in since Star Wars because it did not drive sales, said Amy Sherwood, a vice president at Tricon in Louisville, Kentucky. Since then, we've had a food focus to all promotion, she added, having the food as the star. That sounds like those uh, Sony leaks, you know, from yeah. about 10 years ago where it's like, uh, food. <laughs> well, food like, is fun. Well, it was like, like cloudy with a chance to meet yeah. those themes. Food is a theme. No, I'd say that is a noun. I wouldn't say it's a theme. You know, like well, also it's not a concept. Smurfs movies. It was like the color blue. Like blue is not a theme. Like blue. Come on, blue is a color. Blue blue is is the warmest color, as we know. But like, come on. I mean, yeah, and it's like, and they said, and then they had stuff like uh, water bottles and like backpacks and just like literally what is? I mean, it's literally like. Have you ever seen that episode of SpongeBob where that corporate chain comes and buys the Krusty Krab? Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, I think so. And yeah. they're like literally making the Krabby Patties. They're not even real Krabby Patties anymore. They're literally like paste mm-hmm. that they that comes out of like a squirt bottle that they then spray with something to make it look like a Krabby Patty on the outside. It's literally like a Gilded Age type thing. And like, it's literally that's what that is when I hear that is like. These corporations are literally making garbage yeah. as food. Like they yeah. are literally like product. Yeah. Like it's like you know, and it's like automated, yeah, aut- automated product. <laughs> like you know, and and I clearly welcome to Taco and, Bell. And, and, welcome to Man. Taco Bell. Demolition Man told us uh, with who with starred Andre Gregory, as yeah. we must remember. <laughs> and we can use this as a transition into Sam Raimi. Well, let me Sam, just read one okay, one, one more ahead. quote from this yeah, article. Sure. The Kellogg tie-ins included two limited edition products, Kellogg's Spider-Man Toasted Oat Cereal and Kellogg's Spider-Man Pop-Tarts Toaster Pastries, both with spider-berry <laughs> fruit. It says spider-berry in this with quotes, by the way. Yeah. Fruit flavoring. Yeah. And promotions with 11 product lines like Eggo Waffles and Rice Krispie Cereal that includes mail-in offers for a CD-ROM game and a T-shirt and merchandising inside was product that, package. Was, I remember all of that. Was that the CD-ROM game that was the PC game that you played? Or was uh, that pre? That was pre those movies, though, wasn't it? Wasn't that like a late 90s game? Or was that oh, part of that? Okay, so the way I remember that is there's a really amazing... I think it came out in like 2000. Okay, so uh, it just slightly was before that. Because then they had the movie tie-in game, which was its own thing. Right. Too. But... Uh, let me just go off on a sidetrack okay, about this yeah. for a second. Spider-Man by far has the best video games out of mm-hmm. any major oh, comic yeah. book character because you had that really amazing... It was like I think it was like 2000, and I played it on the PC, but it was also on the uh, PS1 and I think the N64 Spider-Man game that what I love about it is, and I wish more things would do this, it's just like going for like a uh, kind of a basic yeah. comic book like look... Yeah, and it's like not trying to be too specifically tied to the animated series, even even though in the '90s animated series, I don't know how much more we can get into this. That's uh, something I'm kind of nostalgic for. But if you go back and watch, literally moves a mile a yeah. minute. The yeah. X Men shows similarly as well. Yeah, and when you really can put the Spider Man '90s show, which I have warm memories of, as well as the X Men show compared to Batman the animated series, which is actually great and has actually stood the test of time in ways that those haven't. But anyways, Spider-Man video games, pretty great. They made tie-ins for all the movies. Spider-Man 2 was the best out of those. Spider-Man 1 was also good. Even even the Spider-Man 3 game was good. Spider-Man just really lends himself Spider-Man naturally. Web of Shadows was really good. That was. Yeah. The Ultimate Spider-Man video game was also really that. good. And that yeah. actually really did a lot of comic book stuff visually. 
Hmm. Uh, and you could play as Venom in that too. That was a really, it's probably one of the most underrated ones. And it was likes, but really yeah, good. Right. Uh, but anyways, there was like a 2000 game that's probably my favorite and I played the most of. That again, based on this more basic-ish comic book kind of look and style. Um, I think it was that, and they redesigned like Scorpion a little bit in it or something. I think I barely remember that. Oh, Scorpion was another villain. Villain that's in that. Um, Vulture, too. But, unfortunately, yeah, I don't know. You can probably buy it on eBay now, some of these old Pop-Tarts. I don't know if the Spiderberry fruit flavoring is still as good as it used to be. But, they probably repackaged it in multiple forms yeah. over the years. Yeah, but all this I was going to say is like, all this was clearly not intended by someone like Sam Raimi, no. who made the movie. I mean, you, I'm assuming, let me just say this, yeah. he's in a position much like Tim Burton was with the Batman movies. Like, I'm going to do my thing, Yeah, and whatever you want to do with all that, go ahead. Yeah, But I don't really frankly care all that much. I would imagine he's yeah. in a similar position. So to, to ask you, what do you think that he lends to these movies that, as his own sensibility, which is well, he has a clear sensibility to himself. So I think it's um, and maybe what's your opinion well, on him in general? Well, I too. like him in general. Yeah. Um, he's made some movies I don't quite like. Uh, Oz the Great and Powerful that was garbage. Oh, that was awful. Um, yeah. I remember we were sitting there watching that. Our mom got us to go see it, and, when, and deep and, down I was like, I think this is awful, but she might be liking it. Yeah. Whatever. And I looked over, and it I was, was like halfway. It wasn't even at the end too. It was like a quarter. Or a third of the way into the movie, she was like, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was funny. Um, but, yeah. but I think what he lends to it is, like, just a sense of sincerity and a sense yeah. of, like, we're going to have fun, but, like, we're not going to look down on this either. Mm, yeah. It's very similar. It's a more modernized version of what Christopher, um, or, excuse me, Richard Donner was doing with the first Superman movie. That I that big word again he trumped was verisimilitude. That listen, yeah, we're gonna have jokes and we're gonna like make this be fun, but like, not to say take it too too seriously, but like, we're not gonna like make light of these as characters, as mm-hmm. human beings, as crazy and arch as what they're going through is. We're gonna treat it with sincerity, um, and also I mean just like moments of that like that very like humorous rainy horror. That creep up into the movie, yeah, right? Like, I mean, the scene of, like, when the building's burning yeah. down. And he's gonna save the old and that woman. woman's like, uh, uh, and yeah. like, <laughs> to think about the reality that Green Goblin put himself in that building and covered and himself put, with that, put that like and was old just like, maiden gonna rag wait on. and with a yeah. high certainty, yeah, Spider-Man's gonna come in and save me. But, but what, what if, if he didn't? What if he yeah. was busy and didn't? But no, no, I'm going to do it anyways. And what if he just, the whole thing crashed and burned and he died? And, <laughs> and he makes the yeah! scream sound. Yeah, uh, Just like the very... Yeah. Um, and then there's, of course, the scene everybody talks about in uh, Spider-Man 2 where they're going to do the surgery yeah, on, Doc, on, on Doc, Doc Ock. With John Landis. And John Landis has the, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, chainsaw. Yeah. Like, yeah, and it's, like, very over and the so top. And so just like, like that yeah. sense of, like, over-the-top kind of horror and comedy... But also sincerity. I mean, he just kind of, he just gets it. And yeah. with these movies in a way that, it just, it's, it's a personality. In a way, you I think, feel that, like even, I, feel, I feel like it's a way that Donner got Superman. I feel like it. And, you it, know, him yeah. weirdly more so than any other director of much, much better quality. Yeah. I can see a Sam Raimi movie and go, oh, I feel like I've met this person. Yeah. I know who the, yeah. I know who their personality is because these movies have such a strong personality. Yeah. Um, and 
he was really the right guy at the right time because well, he had made Dark Man before that. Yeah, and, and I mean, he first yeah. started off doing the Evil Dead movies, um, which are I know widely beloved. Yeah. I generally like, but I'm not yeah. as huge a fan yeah, of well, other people. Are I haven't seen Army um, Dark. He yet, kind but. of like slowly slid through the '90s, making some more dramatic things um, that were pretty popular, but never like the biggest thing. Um, there's that one drama he made. Um, it's got like Bill Pullman in it, I think. A Simple Plan? Is that the yes, name of it? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That, um, let me make sure. Yeah, that a lot of people say is like really pretty great, underrated little movie. I've yeah, never I've seen always it. heard of it. It has uh, Billy Bob Thornton in yeah. it. Right? Yeah. yeah, and I've always heard that's really good. I've still yet to see it. But he kind of like coasted through the 90s being, quote, more respectable in many ways, and then kind of was weirdly the right guy at the right time out of the, all those other filmmakers yeah. to adapt this yeah. what for you does Ramey add well kind of I, I'd movies? agree I mean I think that uh this it's just it's just a big movie I mean, it just feels like the energy that this movie should have he definitely has which is interesting because when you go back and watch the Evil Dead movies which I actually quite like the original Evil Dead I'm not really that into Evil Dead 2 and you've because, not seen Army of Darkness no. I guess yeah. and that is the most ridiculous stupidest thing I've ever heard as an idea for a movie but anyway maybe I'll like it more than that yeah. I'm sure I will but um, but that specifically with Evil Dead 2 it just feels like it's just like you're just doing the movie again mm-hmm. and it's like oh but it's more like technical, technically advanced I'm like and like, yeah. you know, I felt like the first one kind of got everything across it needed to say, but whatever. Quote say, yeah. Uh, well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I, st- I mean, there are moments in that movie, there's that one scene in particular where there's that zombie girl is like below the floorboard. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the best scenes yeah, in any horror good. movie. That's like really intense, very, a lot of energy yeah. going on. And uh, it's interesting because, th- like you said, you see the versions of that in this movie, but... But I feel like he still tra- transmits that energy because yeah. that movie, those movies are like crazy. I mean, yeah. you know, the energy to them into uh, Hello, this movie. my dear. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. <laughs> that I think I feel like it adapts. And deliver that in, Yeah, <laughs> we into that. this. Yeah. Uh, this these movies, and I I think that uh, again, it just has such a spark, such a personality, um, and I think. And this is going to do a broader point I wanted to make about this these movies, this era of movie, and past eras yeah. of superhero movies that have been lost. The superhero movies that really work, especially live action, because yeah. you have something like Mask right. of Phantasm that's amazing. That kind of is another category for Batman. But um, to me, the best superhero movies that work do not hold comics as the sacrosanct source material. Yeah, cinematically, they are evoking, uh, evocating, and going towards other forms that are really more about it than what the, quote, comic bookiness of right. it is. Let's take Superman 78, for example. That movie, not runtime-wise, but loosely speaking, has kind of three visual modes and styles. You have kind of this portions on Krypton that open the movie, this very Shakespearean, very, you know, 70s sci-fi, like 70s future-esque take. Uh, I mean, you know, in some ways it evokes 2001 in some ways, just this very futuristic kind of Shakespearean America. Then you, or not Shakespearean America, Shakespearean Krypton, I should say. I was going to say, then you have Norman Rockwell, kind of 50s-esque, ho-hum, look how great life is in grand America of Smallville with the teenage Clark Kent. And then you have 
the like it's set in the 70s but it feels very 40s-esque like you know um screwball comedy that like banter of the big city and metropolis and all of those are kind of you know trading on past cinematic forms or past artistic forms that are not saying you know what really we're adapting in a big big way is like a superman comic that was drawn by kurt swan necessarily which yeah. is as great as those are it is like you know who superman is basically you remember the 50s show you read a comic book here or there but let's take that character and put him in the quote real world and what the real world of the 70s was Clark Kent as a character is one who says G and swell. And in the 70s, Lois Lane's like, don't you think that's kind of like uh, not antiquated hip, and not hip? A, I mean, that's a bad outfit. But like, I mean, yeah, right. so like that was Superman for a 70s America that was burnout on Watergate, was burnout on Vietnam, and was a throwback that felt modern. Well, and I like, mean, even the know, tagline that. literally says, you'll believe a man can fly. Like, it's, it, the movie, like, I think what you're saying is, it's positioned itself as this hopeful, uh, pseudo-patriotic, um, you know, superhero movie in the midst of, like I said, an era of great cynicism. And, and it's I mean, saying, in its own way, Star Wars was a version right. of some of this yeah. a year previous in a sci-fi movie. Yeah. But, like, but also, like, I mean, that restored... Superman as a cultural figure. Mm -hmm. And he had been in the past, but some years had waned. He was being made jokes of on talk shows, like, old oh, Superman's this old antiquated thing. Yeah, that people thought, I mean, because people talk about that all the time in the sense of Batman and the 60s show, but I think they, the, another unspoken well, part of that is even how farther down Superman was than that. Well, that, you know, that show had put Batman ahead of yes. Superman at that time. But that then Batman was a joke, but Superman was even more of one until that. And well, in general, of, for like, superhero stuff, know. in general, Superman the movie, while having a sense of humor, quote, restored yeah. what a, quote, superhero story could be because for a while, Batman had typified what yeah. that was, and then that came along and said, oh, well, actually, you can do this with it. Mm -hmm. And that had been happening in the comics in the 70s, but nobody cared about all right. that. Let's jump now to Tim Burton's Batman. Tim Burton's Batman, while, of course, I think he very famously held up uh, in some pre-production meetings a picture of Brian Boland's artwork from The Killing Joke and said, yeah. I want Batman to look and feel like this. Yeah. And Tim Burton himself does not like hold comic books in that high of a regard. You think he would more than he does. But um, he was, again, taking a quote Batman, again, a character that for most Americans by that point were Biff Powell, Adam West Batman, and adding this sense of German expressionism, adding this sense of noir to it. Now, it's not like hardcore noir or hardcore German expressionism, but throwing in those flavors in the midst of telling this Batman story, that was what made Batman feel new and fresh in 1989 and again in 1992. With this, there's a dose of Frank Capra, there's a dose of kind of teenage angst movies or teenage like John Hughes yeah. a little bit. I mean, and so my point is the superhero movies that really stand the test of time, If again, if you're thinking of like a Mount Rushmore of sorts, you've got Chris Reeve Superman, Keaton Batman, Maguire Spider-Man. What all those movies have in common in their own very roundabout ways is not saying the comic book is the end-all be-all form that we're adapting this from. Mm -hmm. We now live in an era, specifically with the Marvel movies, but to an extent the DC movies as well, where let's just straight up adapt these stories and not change all that much. Mm -hmm. And oil, Civil War, or, um, you know, 
whatever any of the Thanos stuff is. Uh, oh, well, like in game yeah. and a lot of the stuff that that comes from. Let's just like just straight up a quote adapt comic book storytelling and logic which inherently gets you into dangerous territory where you're having to rely on sequels, you're having to rely on next time on to be continued because the whole nature of comic book storytelling is that it never really ends. Right. But a film, ideally, you walk away, it ends. Now, did they make Superman sequels? Did they make these Spider-Man sequels, Batman sequels? Sure. But you can walk away from any one of those movies and go, that was its own complete and story those, that I don't need to have those continuations Those as of. a distillation, as an ongoing film series that stopped right. at some point. These Marvel movies, of course, are... And I mean, Sam Raimi's doing that... What's the name Doctor of Strange it? Doctor Strange and the Multiverse or Webisode yeah, Doctor or something. Doctor Strange and his Multiverse of Madness or something. <laughs> yeah. And his Webisode of yeah. Madness, yeah. Uh, I mean, but it will be but a Webisode mm -hmm. in the... I mean, you know, like it's all going to keep going forever. And, that, and that's what's the scary thing about... And that's what was kind of encouraging about Star Wars for a long time. <laughs> Was that it, it had a was end. what it was. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know what the whole future of Star Wars is. I have no clue. It seems like they've kind of stalled on that for a while. Uh, now, well, now it's kind of going in a more TV direction. Right. Right? Until and they so, figure out, I guess, what they're going to do with the and movies. And so nothing's ever going to end now to the point where it's strange. But that's why I think we return to these movies all the time is because... They end They just work. They're movies. And they work. They, they yeah. are movies that work in of themselves. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we're even now reaching points where, of course, Tobey Maguire is reappearing in these new Michael Keaton's going to reappear. Keaton's going to be Batman again yep. in a Flash movie. We've already talked about that at length. Who the hell knows what that's about? Uh, I hate to say this as someone who really loves Christopher Reeve's Superman. He's passed away. He, yeah, we can't we can't touch yeah. him. He's gone now. He did pop up in Smallville yep. in the two thousands, right. and he was good in that. Um, is what he was like this scientist type. Oh, okay. uh, I didn't remember him being who, in it. So, yeah, yeah, he wasn't yeah. a huge, huge role in it, but he made a cameo or in a. He was a major episode, major character in a handful of episodes. Um, okay. and it was a big deal about oh, that's Christopher Reeve, right. but they didn't say that. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and so again, that's and you know we laugh now about there's a lot of these comic book directors that like um oh uh this is a you know, uh, you know, in many ways, Endgame is the Nashville of the superhero movie. <laughs> Among the most <laughs> offensive things I have yeah. ever heard, ever. Yeah. Put up racial slurs against that. Put up misogyny. Whatever. That is among the most offensive things I have ever heard. You're really going to compare um, you to Robert Altman? Disgusting, garbage, movie jail forever. Say something like that. Yeah. But, now, they say that. Yeah. Um. But the, again, they're not beholding to cinematic traditions in the same way these movies were. Yeah. Because they're more, they're just well, they're just straight up adapt a comic book, whatever. Who cares? It's going to keep going on and on and on, anyways. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, because at least uh, when you compare something like uh, Winter Soldier to like Three Days of the Condor, at least with that, it's like, well, that's a genre movie. It's not. I mean, I I like sure. Three Days of the Condor. It's really good. But it's like, man, you know, whatever. But when you're saying you're Nashville, yeah. like, <laughs> shame on you. That's just stupid. I mean, you know, like, uh, yeah. So, that's, that's, that's what's funny, too, is that these movies, when they work, don't feel that they have to say things like that. Because they recognize, oh, it's just a movie I yeah. want to make. It's not like, because they recognize that they don't have to say anything if it's good. These people feel this, like, that they have to legitimize right. the movie. Right. 
when you do that, you show that you're not confident about it, right. ultimately. Right. And it's like... Uh, and yeah. that deep down, you know that this is all gobbledygook garbage. Yeah. I mean, you know... I mean, James Gunn, you know, represents a certain... Let's, let's rag on him for a little while. Yeah. He represents a certain... Uh, who's also uh, had a habit of saying some uh, slurs against certain things. Yeah. Um, and seen no, you know... Uh, real consequences. Real consequences for that. Uh, like NFL players, too. Yeah. For different things they've done. You know, it's the NFL players and James Gunn. You yeah. know, that's who, that's who we are. Yeah. Uh, Peas in the pod, those. Yeah. yeah. Peas in the pod, the three of us. Um, yeah. As Bill just once said. Um, also uh, said some slurs in different times. Uh, Bill Juice, not a good guy. We're we gonna out. get around to this here uh, about what? James Gunn. Or, oh about yeah, finally. Uh, uh, a trip down memory lane. Yeah. Uh, you know, one other thing that happened to me at a baby club. Yeah. This reminds me. Yeah, you know, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that James Gunn. You know, he represents that sort of uh, director who thinks they're so clever and like, oh look at me, but all they make is filth. Ultimately, this, you know what I mean. Uh, I like, think. Let me uh, say this. I think like, Shane Black is more talented yeah, than James Gunn, yeah. but this is an evolution of this persona uh, that yeah. James, that Shane Black himself came to represent. And he famously made Iron Man three, and people, are like, oh, this is actually pretty great, uh, and it's a Christmas movie too. You'll never see him coming. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh lord. Uh, well, what are we doing now? Uh, well. <laughs> Let's we we need to briefly talk here. about like Amazing Spider-Man oh, sure. movies okay. and yeah. the new Holland movies, how they stack up or compare. And Into the Spider-Verse, which is the best film ever made. <laughs> we haven't, yeah, we haven't even said really anything yeah. about that, uh, which is actually good. But we'll, yeah, let's, let's put that in the corner we'll for now. Yeah. The Garfield movies, to me, are very post-Nolan Batman attempts to yes. add a certain serialization idea to Spider-Man that, oh, his parents actually were killed. And let me just say, that yeah. was actually adapted yes. a little bit from the comics, no, which well, itself yeah. is kind of stupid. But um, this, like, trying to retrofit uh, a Dark Knight trilogy-esque idea to Spider-Man, which is not a good fit for Spider-Man in a lot of ways. I think, frankly, like, the relationship scenes between Garfield and Emma Stone, who ended up being a real couple because they met on that movie, are actually some of the best stuff in those movies. Um, I wish we would have spent more time with that, yeah. you know. Um, and it should be said, Mark Webb, make the jokes you want to make. They've all been made. Um, he had just done 500 Days of Summer. And yeah, I, I can think going, of a few oh, jokes you can make about him. But. Oh, wow. Like, if, that, if you take that level of uh, romantic intrigue and kind of put it into a Spider-Man movie, man, that would have been cool, you know. And again, it has flashes of that, but never adds up to anything more than that. Uh, in general thoughts on the Amazing Spider-Man movies? They're some of the most forgettable uh, pieces of cinema I've ever run across. I mean, literally, we were just talking about earlier that we saw that first one, I remember. Myrtle Beach. At Myrtle Beach. 2012. At the, uh, specifically at the uh, uh, Broadway at the Beach Theater, where we have seen such other, you know, minted gems as uh, Get Smart. Superman you know, Returns. And Superman Returns. Um, a couple other movies, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, and and you know what's funny about that second movie is memorable in the fact that it was one of the first movies I ever saw. Um, no, you know what? Now I remember we didn't see Amazing Spider-Man there. We saw it at that other theater in Myrtle Beach that looks kind of like uh, you know, that place in Wilmington where they have the Regal app. Mm -hmm. It's like all them townhouse mm -hmm. stuff. It's yep. actually at one of those yeah. type of places, so excuse me. Yeah. I'm but we did see it at Myrtle Beach. It right. was a it was a vacation movie. There's been those certain movies we we see on vacation. One of the few I can actually remember that is really good is Fallout, Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. Uh that was a few years ago. 
But uh, that specifically with that second movie too, Amazing Spider-Man Two. I remember that was one of the that was the first movie I ever logged on Letterbox. That's the only reason I remember it. Yeah, literally nothing <laughs> about that movie is memorable about that. Yeah, very true. I mean. Like I said, there are certain like aspects of it. Like I said, oh, maybe the suits look cool here or there. Yeah. Oh, they did mechanical web shooters. Or, oh, like, remember the... how did Why and how did they tease us with Giamatti as Rhino and not give us more of that? Because that was such yeah. a missed opportunity. Is like, yeah, and, you, and you agree with this, but the, uh, that's all just... It's all fluff. Yeah. It's all a show. I mean, it, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, frankly, really. it just um, didn't do enough to get out of the shadow of the Raimi films yeah you know uh but then there's the holland movies and i think even from the very beginning his tenure as spider-man has been compromised in some way yeah because he was formally introduced in civil war captain america civil war all of his solo movies and he's popped up in some of the avengers movies here or there um kind of a pivotal role in the last kind of last two avengers movies but has he's always been in the shadow of someone else Oh, he's kind of like the little brother mentor figure, mentee figure to Tony Stark in the first two movies of his. Um, I do rely. I mean, I'm Michael Keaton biased, I guess. I think Michael Keaton was a really good vulture in uh, yeah. that first yeah, he was good. Spider-Man when yeah. he did. Um, that's the only of those I've seen, by the way. I didn't see the Far From Home. That one, again, this is the thing with a lot of these Marvel movies. I'm like, oh, that's okay. That's fine, yeah. And then I don't really remember them all that much after that. Jake Gyllenhaal is Mysterio. That was okay fine uh but in general again the problem with these i think the biggest problem with the holland spider-man movies is that they're not enough just about spider-man they're not enough about peter parker they're all they're always trying to retro engineer this other marvel cinematic universe stuff into it one could say well they already did those stories with uh like the mcguire movies or the garfield movies that, yeah, we you already did all that, well, so why well, not include? Let me them just, just and, sounding petulant, but I don't like that. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, what do you want me to do now? Yeah, you know, it's just like, but I don't like what you were making mm-hmm. overall, I like theoretically. Mm-hmm. So no, I agree. You know, I'm just but, playing devil's advocate because right. I, I, yeah. one could say that, I guess, but um, they already made that. It's like. Why do we keep remaking? Well, then Spider-Man, let's just then? not let's just not do it then. Yeah, I guess, right, like, yeah, you let's know? just not make a superhero movie. I'm fine with that. Or, ooh, 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 what about this? Or why don't we just take either McGuire or Garfield, either one, and just continue from there, as opposed to start back to square one? You know what I mean? Like, actually have them develop as, um, you know, so like as figures who mature and age but a lot of it's the problem with a lot of superhero movies in general but specifically the marvel movies they can't they want them to change but they can't change too much we're always going to need spider-man to be a certain age we always need him to be a teenager maybe in his early 20s but once he gets older than that then we have to ask you know we have these new questions and problems like oh how does he mature from that as opposed to always going back to square one and that's the problem with a lot of superhero storytelling is when things get too risky or complicated, let's just go back to square one. Yeah, we, we don't want to go too far off the beaten track because who knows? People might not like that. So, um, but again, I think Holland is likable and good yeah. as Peter Parker, Spider Man. But the movies themselves, and I like Zendaya a lot, and she's kind of like um a very new teenage ironic version of Mary Jane, but she does it well. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's just. 
I really just wish that his movies had more room to breathe as their own things yeah. as opposed to doing all these other big Marvel Cinematic Universe Just because it's all part them. of that. Because everybody because always now, well, that. now that Tony you know, Stark's not in it, now Doctor yeah. Strange is having well, that role yeah. in the new. And it's like, that's what, well, that's what all the fans always wanted for years was to get uh, Spider-Man away from Sony so that yeah. they could make these movies. And here we are. Well, we got and what they're we not wanted. as good. Well, I didn't care. Well, I'm saying, but yeah. they got what they right. wanted, you know. But, so uh, we, that's we, what I we always appreciated some... about the Spider-Man movies is that they were apart from all this other nonsense that was going on, you know. And then now they're always going to be part of And it's one that. of those things, like, in the comics themselves, all the Marvel characters have kind of jumped across and you got villain, like how Kingpin starts off as a Spider-Man villain, but now he's more known as a Daredevil villain. I mean, oh, Daredevil, the... Oh, you know, 03 Daredevil, we didn't even say anything about that mm. as far as the whole era of Super movie. That was, choices were made in yeah. that, not in a great way, but was still weird yeah. and its own thing. That commentary, by the way, is hilarious. The director, Mark Steven Johnson, uh, throughout the movie points to all these bad shots of CGI of Daredevil going through the city. He does it several times, and there's a certain point where he reaches out. I only say that because so many of them look good, you know? Uh, and he made and, it. Yeah, well, like, yeah. yeah uh, right. He was kind of casting aspersions, though, towards this, like, the artist oh, you're who saying, worked on it. Yes. Uh, okay. But, yeah. Um, it's not noticed because it looks bad, but whatever. But, like... I mean, you ever look at the poster of Daredevil and just look at it, and you're like, this looks really bad. <laughs> like, you know, I do that often, but that's just me. You yeah. Know? That, and that's another but, movie that I have a weird nostalgia yeah. for, but it's not like good. I saw, half of it. I wasn't all that into it. I never finished it. So. I remember the... I think that was the first DVD I bought of my own volition. In 2003, it would have been. Because uh, I got the PS2 in late 02, and I got, I remember... That had Electra in it, right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, uh, see, I Colin Farrell as um, uh, Bullseye, right. Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin. Yeah, I would have been more interested to see a Daredevil Electra movie. Because I know it was a big deal when they killed Electra off in the comics, but yeah. I guess that'll never happen now. Do they ever do that in the Daredevil show? Anything of that nature? I don't know if they did bring a lecture into the show or not. They probably did. I watched like the first season and a half of that, and I thought Charlie Cox was fine, uh, but the show itself was kind of bland, Netflix, yeah. Marvel show, that yeah. whole era. Yeah. Um, Luke Cage was another one of those anyways, shows. Anyways, yeah. all the Marvel characters have a history of but... kind of intermingling. Yeah. The one that frankly makes the most sense to totally cordon off on its own is X-Men because that... That's like a universe and a multiverse within a multiverse. Yeah. Like, cause, There's too much going on over there to and, involve And that. to be clear, they, in the comics, also interact with other Marvel characters. But they like work... Like Santa Claus, who is a Marvel character. I mean, <laughs> but, that's why we're doing this this time of year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah to pay homage. Yeah. But, uh, but they make sense to kind of just totally put in their own little box because they themselves are so many other characters and ideas and things. Yeah. Um, of course, from the very beginning, Spider-Man has functioned in the Marvel Universe in the comics, but he also, even within that, has his own dense world of characters and villains and recurring places. I mean, like, he's another one that can kind of work on his own in isolation because he's just that great. And part of what makes Spider-Man special in general, and these movies do a good job of this, is that he takes hardships, but he gets back up. Not because he was bitten by a radioactive spider, but because he's, you know, he was raised in Queens, and he has a certain background he comes from that defeat is never an option that you always got to get back up you always got to try hard and you see this with the mcguire movies especially more so than the other ones is that especially two it almost goes into overdrive like hardship after hardship after hardship after hardship but he keeps going he keeps trying um 
And that's all, you know, it sounds corny, but that's ultimately Peter Parker's superpower um, is that ability yeah. to do that. One thing I think that the uh, Holland movies add that I found interesting, because he graduates high school, like, very early yeah. in this movie. In those, it's a lot more intent on he's having to juggle school with that. Yeah. Which I think is a part of mm-hmm. Peter Parker mm-hmm. as a character, and I feel like that is one thing that these movies kind of neglect. Uh, yeah. And sure. uh, that I find interesting, but yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, so, what about uh, Into the Spider Verse? Because there has never been an animated movie ever made, as we know, before this one. Was there a film ever made? I don't, I don't think there's so. been rumors there have been, but I don't know. Well, I mean, ever since <laughs> movies have allegedly been made since uh, the Great Train Robbery, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure about it. Like people have said, maybe even that is a movie. I don't know. People argue that might be a movie, but I think the first movie ever made is uh, Spider-Man and I mean, Spider-Verse. Uh, because nothing has ever been done interesting before that. Being That's hyperbolic, it. but guess what? People are hyperbolic when talking about this movie. Um, I think it. I think it's actually objectively pretty great. I mean, I think the animation in it is astounding. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of things we've never really seen before in an animated movie of that size and scale. It's the first movie. Yeah, so I guess it's that yeah, special. Right. But the insistence that people have to go on and on and on about it um, is, of course, tiresome on one hand. I think there is some deeper truth in the sense in the movie of sometimes these characters function more naturally and better in some cases when adapted straight to animation than they do in live mm-hmm. action. A case in point of that is Batman Mask of the Phantasm. No, oh, that like, was a movie that was made that was better, way better than this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, and that I is forgot. like, you know, the best Batman movie that exists. Um, probably, again, you go toe-to-toe with this for the best superhero movie that exists. I mean, that's just like the pure distillation of Batman as a story is in that single story. Um, and so, again, I think, you know, obviously DC's done a lot of direct-to-video animated movies after the critical but not theatrical success of Mask of the Phantasm. They started to go into more um, direct-to-video line. And at first, a lot of those movies were pretty good. They've since entered a rut of sameness and whateverness and blandness. Now, I remember it was like a big deal when, like, uh, Doomsday came out. And, like... New Frontier, that was good. New Frontier, obviously. And some of those movies, when they were first coming out, it was a big deal. And now, it just means nothing. I mean, they put out so many. You, know, it's, you don't even know what. Uh, they've also, I've not even seen, they've done a version of Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, um, they did, I think, two parts of that. Yeah. But got it all and in there. And it's R-rated, I think. It's like, you know. I think they did a year one also, too. Yeah. Uh, they've done it all. I mean, they've done it all at this yeah. point. That, and they and, it's, the, and killing, the Killing Joke is another one I know that. That has some level of controversy related to it, I know. So Well, and another thing is, too, it's like... um. You see some of the animation from it, and it looks fine, but you're also like, well, I got the comic book sitting on my shelf. I guess I could just read that. Uh, I mean, nobody is ever going to uh, adequately adapt the panel in The Killing Joke where she opens the door, and he's standing there with a Hawaiian shirt on, pointing the gun. And that represents everything about that story to me, and it's because Alan Moore is a genius, but it's like, and, uh, oh gosh, the Brian Bolin that, that, you know, drew that. Is that it's like it represents the comedy and the horror in yeah. the same moment, yeah. and it's just like you can't Absurdity, adapt yeah. that. Yeah, 
into or, or you can, but it's like, oh, it just is that right. thing again. And it just is Mask that. of the Phantasm like said, like, you know. is an original story yeah, within right. Bat the Batman universe, yeah. basically. And so like and it tells a story of it's like the perfect Batman story because it's a lot of ways about the heart of who he is as a character and tells you an origin story between the origin stories. We already know his parents died. We already know he become Batman. Mm-hmm. But who was the person who almost prevented him from coming Batman? That is such a beautiful idea. And again, it's like it's being original within the confines of who that character is already. Yeah. Um, something like Into the Spider Verse. I think you know that should be said. That's the first official adaptation, really, of Miles Morales, who had yeah. been added to the comics and was a, actually finally a Spider-Man of color. Um, and I think I do think there is a lot of goodwill, residual goodwill about that movie that is directed for that very reason. Um, but to act as though a movie like that would even happen if not the ubiquitousness of Spider-Man as a character already that a movie like this or even the Garfield movies help plunge into the culture, yeah. I think is a foolhardy proposition to just act as though that's the only adaption of Spider-Man that's ever happened. Yeah. Is it pretty great? I actually genuinely think of it in high regard. But, again, I just think it's actually weirdly overrated at yeah, this point, is. too. I, I mean, mean and, and my kind of main thing I can say about the movie is uh, it is really pretty great, I have to admit, but I don't know. I mean, I just think it shows something when people flip over a movie like that, which, like, let's just be honest, narrative-wise, there's not a whole lot. Uh, pathos, ethos... What's that on? Uh, Eros. 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 Yeah. Uh, there's not a whole lot of that going on in that movie. I mean, you have a basic level of that, but like, but it is a ver- Eventually, it becomes like, look at these pretty colors. Yeah, no, I mean, it's all about this uh, version of Spider-Man. Goes, it's like this movie we're seeing now, No Way Home, but animated. I mean, it's literally like let's put everything together and just go eh, here. Here's this thing. I mean, it's like people playing with action figures. It's like the Lego movie. Ultimately, well, uh, Bill Lord and Chris Miller were behind them. Yeah, you know, so both, there you so, go. Yeah. I mean, and they're one of the most overrated presences oh, yeah, in film culture far. today. Yeah. yeah, and like uh, throw throw it all at the wall and see what sticks. That's Hollywood in a nutshell. By the way, right now, I, I did mean. a I did a uh, I was debating whether or not I want to tell the story or not. I did a uh, not even because it's bad, just time wise. But uh, it's not long. This week we did a spelling bee, and one of the words was glib. Uh, and they didn't have a definition for it, but I used it in the word. Yeah. The, I used the sentence, and the sentence it gave me, I'm not making this up, it literally said, uh, they made glib assertions that no uh, an- animated movies were all that good or something, it's like, but they neglected to mention the Lego movie, which is quite good or something. I wanted to laugh reading that out <laughs> loud. I was like, I don't even necessarily agree with agree that, with that yeah. um, but I have to say <laughs> that out loud right now. But, um, no, I mean, it, but like, Batman Mask of the Phantasm is a genuine work of art. That mm-hmm. is a story. And just an- animation-wise, looks unlike anything. I mean, it has, sure, it's an older animation style, but it has, like, shades and... and I mean, it literally has and, him, like, like um, when he's looking through the binoculars at Andrea through the glass, and he's outside and it's yeah. raining. And those shots, when the it goes into the flashback and it comes out... And you see his face kind of thinking about all that in the midst of the rain, and you're like, is that tears or is that rain? I mean, yeah. that, that, that is like a real, like, 
Batman moment that you had not seen in a Batman movie before yeah, or right. since a version, a, a moment like that. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah, and so it it, it is changing Batman. In and, and, well, it's and, what's and, great is it like you know, it is telling you the origin story, like I said, within the origin story, and like make it feels like that's always been a part of his origin, but we never knew that, and it's that strong of a storytelling yeah. that that whole movie has, and that it's it's making Batman into something more. Yeah. Whereas, like, I see that Spider-Man movie, I say, oh, it's kind of funny that this is another movie apart from these other Spider-Man movies that are being made. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it's good. It's pretty great. And don't ever think about it, other uh, than how annoyed I am by people talking about it. It's a, it's amazing. It really is amazing to me. It's an amazing Spider-Man. It, it's something. <laughs> yeah. Um, why this? We've this already kind of covered it. Yeah. Uh, and also for Kevin, throw shout out to yeah. Kevin. And I know Kevin. I know you really like the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I'm and, not and I, to... I can sympathize and empathize with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm um, not trying to be real negative towards those. And like you said, like Kyle said, people that are into something of their era, they grew up in all power to people can like whatever they want to. I don't care. I mean, you know. But uh, I just bless him for that being the case. I guess because those are movies I forget about. So I'm like, oh, I'm glad somebody remembers them because yeah, yeah. Uh. But, but again, we didn't want to do all of them because we didn't want us to go no, down that rabbit hole like we did with the Ape Planet no. movie thing. Uh, was it Planet of the I think it's Monkey? Called Monkey Planet. Monkey Planet. That's yep. it. Yeah. Um, like Planet of the Vampires. Yeah. Mario Bava joint. Now, like, uh, there's part of me that wouldn't mind have done Spider Man Two next week also because I think I'm those. Are, but I mean, yeah. I mean, ultimately, <laughs> I am too. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, but, yeah. that is the, no, one, yeah, the, um, the only the other one that we would eh, even we'll come around and about. do those. Event. I wouldn't mind doing Spider Man Three. Frankly, I'd be more interested in doing that than Spider Man Two. But um, yeah. but Spider Man One, a movie that holds a dear place in both of our hearts, uh, and is nearly 20 years old again next summer. Yeah, it's hard to believe. May. Did you? Uh, you we read it like. I think this movie was in a weird way also a part of the whole movement, like the summer movie seasons, is like creeping up earlier yeah. and earlier and starts. Yeah, we're early talking May about now. that. There, there was a whole kind of op-ed in uh, New York Times, New York Times, talking about how it was strange that there was like a, a summer movie and it was like late April. They were talking about it, it was like early May when it right. came out, but it premiered in April. Uh, that that in its own way is kind of yeah. typifies how every time of the year now can have an event movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is still part of the summer season technically, but that was getting earlier as well. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. As a result of this movie, I think also that they were they dropped it in early May so they could make all their money before episode two came out. Yeah, because I know they were competing with that, and then Harry Potter was going to be a problem for them later on. Well, Harry or, Potter was at the end of right. Or no, that's what it was. Was well, that they were talking about that though. Is that the decision making? I think was that yes, they wanted to compete with uh, Star Wars, and so they could get out of the way of that yeah so that it would yeah so that that was kind of a thing i know when they were talking about all those movies that were coming out at the time i don't know when uh let's see they didn't come out they didn't come out with a lord of the rings movie in 2002 did they yeah the two towers was the end oh, of the that year were, right because of return okay. of the king yes, one two yes. three yeah yes. now uh, uh because the harry potter movies were late 01 late 02 and then prisoner of azkaban was like summer or early 04 that waited a little bit longer. Now it should be said point. that we've already been seeing with No Way Home. I was about to say Far From Home. No Way Home. No Way Out. 
can he just not have a home? Is the next one going to be homeless? Like, what, <laughs> you know, like, what's it going to be? You he's going to have a little box out, made out of web. And then he's going to look like the, uh, the terrifying, <laughs> you know, the the one he's wearing in this. Yeah. He's, uh, he's going to look like that instead of like the, uh, like a, like that gum pajamas. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, Tommy Stark budget run out. have pajamas that look mm-hmm. like that, you remember? Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Tony Stark, but Tony Stark budget yeah. ran out. But so, anyway, yeah. uh, I lost my train of thought. Probably wasn't all that. No, 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 no. Went by. It was rain by. No, 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 no. Well, you take it over. <laughs> We're gonna take a brief break, and you're gonna hear the trailer for Spider-Man from 2002. Then we're gonna dive right into the movie. Not everyone is meant to make a difference, but for me, the choice to live an ordinary life is no longer an option. Did it ever occur to you uh, what you're trying to think of at the end there? No, yeah. I forgot. Yeah, I so, look at that. People will be listening to it and they'll be mm-hmm. like, "I remember where I remember where your uh, train of thought was, and now it's in the garbage." Mm-hmm. But garbage. All right. Yeah. So, do we want to say anything about the trailer? Yeah. So, um, the regular kind of there were really seemingly two teasers. Yeah. The most famous of which, and it's kind of now an internet fascination, was um, a trailer that was made, I think, in mid uh, '01 put out no mid-01 when Jurassic Park 3 came out. I actually remember me and a friend of mine in elementary school, Brandon Ward, going to go see Jurassic Park 3. Mm-hmm. Kind of the very, very first teaser trailer for this movie featured um, Spider-Man webbing kind of this helicopter of bank robbers uh, in between the two World Trade Centers. Mm-hmm. That trailer, of course, was later pulled after the events of September 11th. There was some posters made, too, teaser posters of... Um, the reflection in the his reflection eye. reflection in his eyes yeah. of the... I know Twin those are towers. worth a lot of money now. To They're climb. now collector's items. Yeah. Uh, but even the trailer that you just heard is like peak oh early 2000s. No, no, like, no, 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 no. Like, you know, that, Get ready for an experience. And we like, didn't really talk know, about the but, music of this movie, yeah. but uh, this movie had a very kind of uh, mildly iconic... It had like a naked uh, cowboy clone, like, ooh, here comes the Spider-Man, yep. or that one montage. Well, but yeah, the, 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 the soundtrack uh, like, yes, was uh, on the VHS, deal, yeah. I remember seeing a yeah, bunch of times where Shag Kroger of Nickelback had some songs on it. Look at this spider-graph. <laughs> uh, of course, we're going to hear it at the very beginning here. And we're, let's go ahead and... We're going to watch this off the Blu-ray. Well, uh, should we go over the rating? Oh, thing? yes, yes, Rated yes. Rated PG-13 yes. for stylized violence and action. So, uh, violence and action. you know, any of my students who are... My students should know. Some of them should know about my this podcast now. I don't know if they're listening or not, but... I know. I have a few um, yeah, I actually told some of mine this week. I kind of brought it up in a real casual way, too, because we were watching Casablanca, and I was kind of just, like, making making some commentary for it, 
yeah. kind of joking around with it. And I was like, oh, I have a podcast, by the way. Did y'all know that? And they were like, no, what? And I was like, yeah. So they're probably already bored going back and listening to some of uh, when we're like, but what do we really think of Five Easy Pieces? Yeah, right. you know, they're like, I don't know if I'm in on that. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so any of those that are still under 13, be with your parent. Yeah, so parental guidance. Yeah. So anyway. we're watching this off the Blu-ray, hitting play in five, four, three, two, one. Speaking of digital media, I remember when this movie hit DVD. You wore that daggum VHS out, I remember. Yeah, I it literally stopped working. But I remember like... I spent the night with our cousin Philip at uh, his house that day, that next day where it hit Walmart, and his mom went out and bought it. Yeah, it was a big deal. came back, and we yeah. like, we've been talking about it all day, and watched it again, beginning to end, and we even started watching some of the special features, and... That was one of the first times I was actually watching some special features yeah. for movies on for this. Very iconic kind of opening Danny Elfman notes here. Obviously, he scored this movie, um, which in its own roundabout way, of course, ties it to the legacy of Tim Burton in terms yeah. of he, of course, did the music for Batman, which is incredibly iconic. Uh, and this music is nearly as memorable. I think it's a pretty great opening theme. And this opening credit sequence also is very reminiscent of the X-Men yeah. sequence in 2000. If we're just gonna bash Marvel yet again, you know MCU. Yeah. Like, how many of the how many of those characters have iconic opening themes or music you really remember from any of those movies? Really, the only thing you can speak of maybe is the Avengers, because even Sylvester, yeah. Alan Sylvester, who did that. Even uh, because even Wonder Woman has the yeah. or whatever the hell that right, is. Yeah. Uh, in the well, we uh, laughed at that, DC but movies. we still remember it. You yeah. Know. It's old I remember JK. we uh, that was when we saw. Uh, can I talk, let's talk about another bad movie real quick. Uh, that uh, when we uh, saw um, Dawn of Ju- BVS DOJ, whatever yeah. it is, DOJ needed to be called. That's yeah. all I know. <laughs> um, when we went and saw that, we went on a cruise literally the day after that. That's been what, like, March of 16? Yeah, so that was like the last movie we watched for like a week. Yeah. And we didn't have anything to talk about, so we kept talking and joking about that piece of music yeah. randomly of like, the, nah, 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 like and just how dumb it was yeah but yeah <laughs> John Dykstra of course big v- VFX supervisor he worked on the original Star Wars and... Neil Spazak I, think, I thought that said Neil Spank I was like what <laughs> Spanks Hanks Still calling our uh, cat Ringo Sphinx. Our dad calls him Stinks. A.B. Arad. Oh, it was, God. Uh, me and our cousin Philip joked about him all the time. He's randomly the guy who basically on the rights to make these movies. is like an, basically like an Israeli businessman who producer. Yeah. Also produced the Bratz movie. So. Yeah. I know the second one... Um, Michael Shaben wrote some. He wrote a draft of, and then, um, uh, uh, oh God, the creators of Smallville did a draft on it. But then apparently Raimi went in and heavily re you know, rewrote everything. But. Yeah. Very uh, memorable opening narration yeah. here. Somebody lied. Alfred Goff and Miles Miller for Smallville. Yeah. 
Jane Watson, the woman I've loved since before I even liked girls. I'd like to tell you that's me next to her. But heck, I just got him. Wow, this driver by the way sucks. <laughs> okay. It's funny later when he like is becoming the spider, like he uh puts his hand on the side of it and the thing rips off yeah. or whatever. Mm mm. What a I know geek. We, I know we say all the time yeah. that mm mm like so lame like I mean, I know it's just stupid teenagers, but it's like, what about him is perpetually lamer than any of these uh, other people? I mean, when I mean, that yeah. guy's a, well, I'm let's gonna, just be quiet. Yeah, yeah. I am, yeah. Oh, a classic. Tripped him. Nice. Like, <laughs> like let's do nice. it. Nice. <laughs> like, let's make it loud. <laughs> we got it. <laughs> High five. We tried five or six times. Now, I've thought a lot about this teacher randomly. Yeah. <laughs> Something he says later to About Harry. Garbage. Like, basically. <laughs> what happened there? wonder. It was like a rebel without a call situation. I don't know. Yeah. Speaking of, people who played James Dean. Looking at the books. Yeah, right. James Franco. I actually think they kind of look alike. I mean, yeah, they sort of. look kind of like a father-son combo. They should have, you know, ideally they did that in an indie movie or something, but... Oh, you suck. Something like. that's always funny trademark in the comics of, like, the weird red hairness of the Osbournes, yeah. like... Let me pull up a photo here to show you. Like, is it... Probably still drawn like this, but this hair that always looks like that. Yeah, like. yeah. And that's, that's a, a whole internet meme. meme. I'm something yeah. of a. Yeah. Well, my son sucks. I wish I had you as a son. Yeah, he's like, oh. And that's what's interesting about the dynamic specifically between Green Goblin and Peter in this movie is that he's like this, you know, there's a father-son aspect to it. Yeah. And then obviously Harry's in the middle of it that kind of adds Don't let ring. him take me again. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Well, Where are we? Where are we what? <laughs> Negative. Whatever. Nobody will get that yeah. reference. <laughs> arachnids. Like, bro, you search. into arachnids? Huh? Huh? Joe Manganello is Flash Thompson in this. Don't let him take me again. <laughs> I know in the new movies, uh, the guy played Zero in French, uh, not French Dispatch, Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. Something like Ravioli or Ravi uh, Raviola. I don't, he plays the new Flash Thompson. Oh, uh, yes, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> High five. What is going on? 
Next person who talks will fail this course. I could do nothing. <laughs> we'll fail this course. Don't you think that's yeah. a little severe? Like, like, I'd give him maybe a matrix point, <laughs> like, you know, but. Like maybe they'd get a bad completion grade, but. Next person but... who talks will fail this course. I could do nothing. But you have the garbage. Like. I love that he's just like thinks he's too cool for all this, and then he just repeats all this to Mary Jane here in a second. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Love this look back he has and saying like, "Oh, look what I'm doing! Like I'm dropping your knowledge." The genome. Yeah. <laughs> Why would they be doing that anyway? Yeah. You know. It's like we won't even get into this, but it's like what would likely happen if Peter was bitten by radioactive spider? He'd die like. Yeah. Radiation poisoning or cancer. Yeah. Here we go. This is big line here in the movie. <laughs> Let's go talk about how we listen. I, I think I've said guy. this before, I think. Well, maybe not. Yeah. I don't remember. I've told you this, I know. Uh, but there have been times I've had to take a student out in the hall, and I was like, come out in the hall, and I want to laugh at myself because I always laughed at kids when that had to happen. So literally, I'm laughing at my own self doing it. Part of me deep down, like, but even when I'm so mad, there've been sometimes I'm so angry, but I deep down still thought yeah, it was that, funny. Yeah, I like, had to do that recently about something I won't go into yeah. that it, I didn't think anything yeah. about it was funny. You know, I didn't. The moment's coming up. Yeah. And then the memes of like yeah. uh, the Thornberry, the Thornberry guy. dad, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> It was back in the day we actually had to be a photographer to take a picture. <laughs> wow. And it's like, I will choose him. Yeah. I know all. You know? <laughs> that shot. Digging the end. It's like, <laughs> it's like, I'm going to get you. And I'm going to go die. Yeah. And then you're going to be have powers. But yeah. I'm going to get you, though. <laughs> You'll be a savior of humanity, but whatever. Okay. This teacher, uh, I, why didn't he get a spinoff? Like we're getting all these spinoffs to everything now. Like, and I love. Then it tells us all the powers. Yeah, you know, new species. Like, mm. why would you do that? Yeah. Like, seriously, <laughs> are you insane? Like, what the hell is this? You know, that's our glider. Yeah, this is. Slocum. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm sure he loves it. You want a progress report? Like you're sitting in the 82 right now. Are you going to make the A? No. Uh, but don't get the C. Like, you know. 
What are the side effects? Violence, aggression, <laughs> and insanity. And insanity. Yeah. <laughs> We'll see a reprisal of that line later. Cool. Well, screw you. How about that? Look how upfront they yeah. are about all that, too. And his board's like, hmm, maybe you're acting out. Maybe you get a slap on the wrist. His old Underworld USA himself. Yeah. I mean, look at that fit, you know? The, the vest. Rolled up, long sleeves. He's working class. That's it's all good Capitalism. economic. It's yeah. all good economic screenwriting, but it is very like, yeah, the corporations they're laying people off. They need money, you know. That door, door sound, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most basic door sound ever. Time for dinner. Hey, how you doing, buddy? How was the field trip? Uh, I don't feel well. I'm going to go to sleep. Do you want another bite? No, thanks. Had a bite. Oh, we say that all the had time. Had a bite. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of uh, dinner table slash Thanksgiving scenes in this movie. It has yeah. all these double entendres. Yeah. Thanks. Had a bite. <laughs> Like, is he dead? Yeah, like, he's literally going to die. Yeah. Like, he's going through some changes. It's puberty, you know? It's like, I thought he went through all that already. Yeah. I love that, like, yeah. dragging it. Well, he's getting dragged. Look how big it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. there's some moment where it, like... I'm going to feed you to my tarantula. Yeah. <laughs> skull. Yeah, like, how is a skull involved? Like uh, Sam Raimi, he's you know, couldn't live without it. It's happening. Yep, he's becoming the Spodermon. <laughs> he's going into Spode mode. <laughs> All right, iconic scene. This is. Yeah. Like, they're both becoming who they were always meant to be. Oscorp will be dead. Clomopora <laughs> 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 Plerazine. 
<laughs> we say that all the time. <laughs> the vapor no, hits the bloodstream. Yeah, Lovey drinks and then he just throws it on the ground. Yeah, like... he's clearly not well. And this is before he goes into yeah. you know, aggression and insanity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was that part? I love that one of the side effects yeah. is insanity, and they're like, "Yeah, let's just keep trying that out." You know, yeah. figure that out for us. You know, that's cold. He doesn't even respond. He's yeah. just like, "Yeah, you'll see." Like. <laughs> you know, like he's wanting yeah, all like, this to happen. Like, yeah. He wants to be killed momentarily. Like he should have made him do it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then he becomes <laughs> Green Goblin. Remember the episode, uh, yeah, the last laugh in uh, on Batman animated series where it's like April Fool's Day and the Joker puts all that gas mm-hmm. all over the place and it says like something about. Uh, long exposure to the gas it's like a computer say yeah. it's like, like this <laughs> long exposure to the gas causes permanent insanity or whatever <laughs> but that like what like what is your problem yeah meanwhile he's got a few he got it beep 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 this like venting gas chamber wow he's putting it all out there yeah this like the dedication yeah <laughs> like he's doing his best you know yeah and he's like Oh, he's alive! And then, well. I mean, yeah, I think we do need to, but you do you, King, you know? So they've don't you love both in, become who they don't are. Don't you love in movies like this where it does something like that and you think, what, is it trying to tell me that he was dreaming that? Like, right. there's a cool, there's an inherent cool shot yeah, effect right. that kind of. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like a lot of movies do that. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's, yeah, really just meant as a transition device. But yeah, that. But it, it your brain instantly implies that that's what's yeah taking place. But. Weird science. A fit king. <laughs> A vainage. A yeah. bit too much vainage. Prevert. Yeah. Invasion. <laughs> like... <laughs> The invasion. Like. The invasion. <laughs> <laughs> One of the most insane moments. Yeah. In the, uh, the Matrix, meanwhile. Yeah. Like, the influence. Raging hormones. 
well, you're, trash. You, you're always going to be trash. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, bro. Like, that bro, chill. What are you, the question king, huh? <laughs> chill. Like, hey, MJ. The real checkoff school bus here, you know. <laughs> what I love is like Ramy turns a gag into a moment where, again, development of understanding what yeah. his powers are. You know, right. I mean, there's not a wasted moment. That's one thing about New York City I don't quite understand is all the P.S. Yeah. God, blah 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 like those big how I mean impersonal that sounds and feels I would imagine as a kid yeah. too it's, that has Meanwhile, an impact on you. Yeah. the biggest building in the world yeah. like lord oh this scene mm-hmm. good thing he got his shirt back on yeah you know mm-hmm. after all that mm-hmm. and even a tie this moment. As <laughs> a kid, that just terrified me. One of the funniest things in any movie I've ever seen. Like, again, that's Sam Raimi for you. He did it. they don't suspect him at all like anybody know? else has been using that glider a bunch I know they had that one guy on it earlier but <laughs> like, that's slow mo Uh, last night. I... <laughs> last night I was, and then like projectile vomiting. That's one thing some fans complain about with the McGuire Spider Man is he doesn't have the oh, whips. Well, left you know, and right. another thing they're going to complain yeah. about. <laughs> well, it's not exactly what they want, so. And nobody sees that yeah. sitting there. Yeah. Wow. And his friends are laughing. Yeah, you can tell they don't even really like him all that much. This look. <laughs> like, I will kill you. I mean... If you saw that a kid doing that, wouldn't that be the weirdest thing you'd seen yes. in school? Yeah. And then some months go by, and there's this guy called Spider Man who like yeah. shoots web. When you ever go like, huh? Put you know, two is and Mark two together, Webb the there? director? Yeah. Like, <laughs> not yet. This moment of the uh, spittle. Yeah. 
We got the fly. Jeff Goldblum? No. The spitum. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Looks like his shirt, by the way, doesn't have anything on it. Uh, like oh earlier, yeah, earlier he changed. Bit, yeah, but it's the same shirt. So, well, like maybe he had an identical. That's copy, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. This was on TV. Just literally, ago, not that long ago, like, yeah. while we were eating, we saw it. Actually, it's been a few hours now. Yes. Yeah. Who knows? Spotty sense. Spoder sense. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? Oh, actually, you do see some stuff on his back. I swear, though, there was a shot earlier you yeah. didn't. Which, who cares? Continuity errors. You know? No, I had a film professor, uh, Todd Berliner, a great, smart guy. He despised anytime people point out continuity errors. He yeah. just got so mad. Like That teacher, though, like we've talked about before, it looks like he purposely lets it go. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you suck. Meanwhile, no consequences shown. I'm out of here. Like, <laughs> fine, be gone. Like, you know. And he leaves. Nope, oh, he's leaving. Nope, oh, he's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna die. <laughs> Do you have a Blu-ray of Pearl Harbor? Yep. Good. I'm gonna need that one yeah. of these days. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Yeah. Well, I mean, we're gonna do <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, eventually. You see his uh, he's like grow in real time here. Yeah. And I love his instinct is like, I will climb up the wall yeah. like in that moment. You know, a total dude, dude move. You know. Love all this stuff happens, and he's like, I'm gonna climb a wall, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, it's kind of weird, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> That's CG. Yeah. As another thing too, we didn't really mention. I guess it's implicit or obvious is that one of the reasons a lot of these blockbusters this era got made were because of CG was becoming mm -hmm. more and more. Ubiquitous. I mean, you can even just in the Lord of the Rings series, as the, the even those three movies as they progress, seeing more and more CG uh, be used in those, mm -hmm. opposed to moving away from miniatures or matte paintings or what have you. I was laughing with my kids about this the other day. Just mm -hmm. hey. Love <laughs> the thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> Has to be that specific combo, that combo load. Because again, I I truly don't care about the web shooters thing, whatever. Uh, but it makes sense for him to do that with web shooters because that's this specific mechanism that he has to hit a certain way. But with like shooting out of your arm, I don't know why that specifically do it. Again, who cares? But you know, if you're just talking shop, you know, like.
Well, he's learning. He's going to get there. Oh, man, letting Uncle Ben down and everything. But at the same time, Uncle Ben's probably a little bit proud. He's out the house doing his own little thing, even though he's deep down disappointed. Michelangelo. Like, yeah, like, oh, like, oh, why are you not over here? <laughs> Philip, one L. <laughs> Philip Zimmer Hoffman. I'm going out. I mean, my yeah. cousin Philip say it all the time. I'm just taking out the trash, taking out the trash at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, gotta get those last credits. You know, credit recovery. <laughs> Do I got enough credits? What do I got to do to get to 60? I've heard that all that a billion times. That's something that, you know, it's interesting he says, like, get a job in the city, like, anyone naturally watches this probably, well, this is New York City, yeah. right? But Queens is weirdly like a suburb of, quote, Manhattan yeah. is what everybody considers the, quote, city, you know, so. I mean, she was doing the, like she was reading earlier, you know. You couldn't see my impression, but hopefully you heard it. Yeah, I'm so. That's what's so lovable about McGuire's Peter Parker, just how kind of a doofus he is and going overboard trying to impress her like in the second one when he's trying to learn poetry. Yeah. It's like day by day all this stuff and she's yeah. just looking at him like whatever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. His hair looks like a like a Lego minifig like just yeah. you know plopped on his head. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm rich douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Because you didn't know. I know in the comics for a while, Flash Thompson would later also become 
a Venom symbiote for a while. After Eddie so yeah, that's what's funny. I, I always forget he wants to buy a car. So that's what it all comes out of. Yeah. yeah. Very relatable high school problem. Don't forget this moment where the car like flies towards the camera. Oh, yeah. and MJ's face too. Oh, it's like right. a little collage. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah, all this. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most 2002 thing ever. But. All these rejected designs. Yeah. Again, this all this imagery feels very comic booky. Symbol. Yeah. I love, by the way, it's it's kind of movie logic where we kind of jump a scene almost where it's like he just is intuitively realizing that he can win in wrestling. Yeah. You know, it's kind of just like a random... You say, oh, I got these abilities now. I guess that'll help me out. Yeah. Uh -oh. And he, like, designs the suit, but then, I guess, doesn't have time to totally make it, but... Yeah, how is it that he makes it later? He just does? He just does, like... They don't really talk about that, that, I guess, yeah. yeah. But... There's Dr. Pepper. She could clearly see he's got a shirt on from yeah. that angle, but whatever. Like, so strangely. Okay. Thanks. thanks. <laughs> yeah. To quest. Like. He's like, oh, Christ. <laughs> that, did they really say that? You know? Yeah. Like. I really love later here where it's like uh, he's talking to himself in the mirror. Yeah. And you see like from behind, it's mostly shot like you're seeing the reflection, but you can see the sides of like his face and him doing the whole thing and then like acting surprised yeah. like he's acting against himself. Like it's very strange. Go, go, go. That car. Mm -hmm. It's like old man R Us. Yeah. That music. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he was listening to that. Like. The big line. Are you afraid that I'm going to turn into some kind of criminal? 
me, okay? Something's different. I'll figure it out. Stop lecturing me, please. I don't mean to lecture, and I don't mean to preach. And I know I'm not your father. Then stop pretending to be. Heading west, touring west. I think I'd rather do that, but whatever. What, just touring it? Yeah, well, either one. I'm saying I'd rather go to that museum than go do this, but, you know. But no money in that, so, unfortunately. This capacity crowd. I love if he's out wrestling, doing multiple matches a night. Yeah. Like. <laughs> He's literally on roids. He's insane. Yeah. You know? There's Bruce Campbell, of course. Cotton of testosterone. So is this like just a local thing? Is it televised? Like NYW, I guess that's New York Wrestling League. Yeah. Is that a real thing? I have no clue. Probably not. Next victim. I mean, all those vintages. Never forget his rap album. Oh, I was getting ready to say, yeah. If you check that out if you haven't heard. It's like uh, the random yeah. Hell in the Cell match yeah. in 98 between Mankind and Undertaker. Iconic. The random woman who yells at one point when they're raising the cage. And I, deep down, I wonder, like, does something actually bad and traumatic happen yeah. in that moment and nobody will ever know about it? Yeah. Never know. And everybody can hear all that. Yeah. <laughs> Kill, kill. <laughs> a bit bloodthirsty, don't you think? This this hardcore fan here. Yeah. <laughs> Gage. 
it's still real to him, dude. Well, I don't know why this one. They're like, you know, let's throw a cage into it. By the way, because he's a spider. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, makes sense. He's a spider. What a weirdo. Yeah. Only three minutes of uh, playtime, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Jacques Tati's three minutes of playtime. Oh, ha, ha, ha. You got a husband and you're a man. Yeah. Uh-oh. Right. Like, yeah. Like, spotty homophobic. Yeah. Uh, that looks like it hurt really bad. Yeah. <laughs> they got like a crowbar. They're going to beat him to death with it. I was like. No, oh, so an actual match. Yeah. That sign said file uh, uh, under D for dead. First victory. But what what a cost it will come. This I mean, this is dirty AF, obviously. So he was first christened as Spider Man and Webhead on the same night. Hey, what the hell? Put the money in the bag. Don't forget that's old Papa John. There. Yeah. <laughs> this is what Papa John's been reduced to. Yeah, that's all he can do now. <laughs> Other than that, and just eat pizzas out the wazoo. And he's like, oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It can only be so yeah, bad. Yeah, he's like, hmm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's almost probably like, I respect that, you yeah. know, in a dirty way. In a dirty South kind of way. Yeah. Levi just showed me pictures of Roger Stone right yeah. now, by the way, in his uh, uh, yeah, online sorry. deposition. Yeah. <laughs> You'll lose again. <laughs> anyway. How many times, too, like his crying face here has been memefied? Oh, like, yeah. And then, you know, people do the, like, 
What's the filter thing you can do where it makes a smile on somebody's face? Like he's crying, but then got the smile. Oh, like, have you seen that? Yeah. I haven't seen that one yet. As you were saying earlier, um, obviously the new Tom Holland Spider-Man movies kind of uh, move past Uncle Ben. You don't see yeah. his death because we'd already seen that twice and people bring up a lot now how many times we've seen the Waynes die in Batman yeah. movies, you know. And... And I do like about this movie that it adds a very direct line between he had the responsibility to stop that guy and didn't do it, and that's yeah. the consequence. Like, yeah. you know, which was from the original comics. Right. That was what happened. Yeah. yeah. They didn't really do that. I don't think in Amazing Spider-Man, did they? It was a version of that. Was I can't okay. quite remember, uh, but yeah, it was. Because that's part of the brilliance of his whole origin story in general is the. Yeah. He always feels this guilt for not having stopped that guy for that, you know. Wow, this CG. Yeah. Some of the, I mean, a shot like that, that moves pretty good. Yeah. Swiftly, but it doesn't dwell on it, but. It's funny, early on here, he's just kind of jumping around yeah. real dumb looking because he can't do it well. Look at that. Yeah. What a loser. <laughs> can't even drive, yeah. you know. Stole Uncle Ben's custom, or, you know, not a custom, but vintage car. And that family from Jing all the ways looking outside like what the because like, the, they moved right. they were like we're tired of this whole Minneapolis crap you know like, and they moved to New York City at the absolute wrong time yeah meanwhile imagine being one of those cops and seeing that above you so not this like. Imagine you're just driving and then that happens. So where's Flint Marco, Sandman? Where's he at? Right. Again, our cousin Philip, he's always been a defender of Spider-Man 3. And there are many others again, but... Sorry if you uh, couldn't hear that. I rolled my eyes yeah. really big, Philip. So. But anytime I bring up the like retconning yeah. of Uncle Ben's death, he just sits there and kind of shrugs. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to defend that. Like, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, yeah, not that big a damage. Let's get out and run. Like, he's definitely going down one way or another. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would turn into a mini M here, the Peter Laurie movie. Yeah. Because there's a, the whole best sequence of that movie is where he's, like, trapped in this warehouse and... The cops are coming, but the mafia or the mob gangster guys want to get him first before mm -hmm. they get there, and they're like smashing through walls yeah. and trying to get get to him. Like, 
oh, this this sound yeah. when he hits the wall here, we yeah. like, oh, uh, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid ass. Uh, this moment. The, thanks. Yeah. The, the tough look. Yeah. And then the, the kind of like, oh, th thanks. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like desperate or yeah. something. Like, well, he was, but yeah. No, I see in hell. Is it? That shot. Yeah. Of, like, <laughs> <laughs> what a loser! <laughs> well, there goes Papa John. I what is, yeah. Well, it, I wonder what his his character's name was. I guess we'll just call him Papa John. I think he's like, already called the Carjacker. Yeah, because uh, but yeah, because he you know Joe Chill. He at least has a specific name. About Richard Brake, of course, in Batman Begins. Yeah. What a career he's turned out to have. Yeah, because for the longest time I was like, oh, Joe Chill from. Batman Begins, but now I've associated with some Rob Zombie movies. Yeah. Maybe even a little more so now. So, wasn't he also in Mandy? Uh, yeah. And, he was the uh, first uh, Night King, too, very right. briefly, like, uh, in, like, Game the first Thrones, or yeah. second season of that show, yeah. I wonder how he explained all that. Of, oh, I found that out. Like, yeah. you know. But was this supposed to be the same night? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't really say. But very eventful evening. Yeah. <laughs> General Slocum. Like. <laughs> it's so dumb looking. Yeah. Especially compared to the, you know, glider. Yeah. Which kind of looks dumb too, but yeah. better than this. <laughs> Screw him, basically. <laughs> I don't know why he's so anti him, you know. Mark. Yeah, this looks so weird. Looks like a rejected battle droid design. And yeah. Some prequels. Oh my god. Well. Probably one of the most embarrassing ways to die, that or this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looks like a deleted shot from Mars Attacks. What? Like, that yeah. somebody was talking about that on uh, 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 Twitter the other day, yeah. where it was like that exploding transitions into them throwing yeah. the graduation caps. Like how low key disrespectful that is. Like you know. Yeah. Like, oh well, to General Slocum, I mean, General Dwight Yoakum. Not the first time I've been proven wrong. Like what he if made he, it across the stage? What if he did that and then job. had a joy buzzer in his hand? Like, <laughs> more on that later, off yeah. air. I have something I need to talk about. <laughs> if you want to know what I'm <laughs> yeah. talking about, please email us at Huffman oh, my students listening. At my students that are listening will know what I'm talking about. But commencement. Look, he's so he's he clearly so much into this other kid's graduation. Yeah, <laughs> he is his own son. One of the great breakups ever. 
<laughs> was like, I don't want to be with you anymore. Here's your ring. You, you know, know what? what? Whatever. Whatever. Like, what? That TV, though. Yeah. Until it's been sitting in there since, it's like, like got 1978. Like, 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 those books, like, yeah. above the VCR there. Had a bite. It's like you said, this movie kind of hits fast forward on the high school experience yeah. for Parker. But again, the Garfield movies and Holland one spent more time with that. The next person who says a word will fail this course. I get you, I get you not. Just going to talk about how we listen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do that at some point. I've got to use that. It's too good. periodic table randomly yeah. like. is that a pencil yeah what the hell <laughs> like. it's like a big pencil you can tell he probably had it for 10 years in there and just kind yeah. of don't even care about right. it anymore but yeah. it's just been sitting in there for great things let's go back to the drawing board. kept it like it's in a daggum like bomb safe yeah. or something like you built the bomb you built the spider suit and he's like alright time to go full spidey yeah and he drew another one yeah you know like yeah. how many of these are there like I always remember this is an echo longer than it is like remember that remember that remember yeah. that but yeah not that it, I don't think it really matters, but it doesn't show us how he, quote, built the suit or whatever, you know. Hurry up! Hurry up. <laughs> yeah. Love the, yeah, I'm going to take this goodie. Like. <laughs> yeah, what a scumbag. I remember you used to laugh at that particularly a lot. Yeah. Like, Hurry up! Oh, yeah. like. <laughs> Spider-Woman. Spider chick. I really love all this as kind of a introduction. This. <laughs> Wackadoo. This guy, I can't. And I don't like Jim him. Jim <laughs> Norton, I think that guy's name. He's a comedian. He stinks, and I don't like him. But it's just yeah. like kind of this There's montage. that guy from Batman Returns. You remember that guy? That yeah. She beats up. It's kind of just a montage of like, yeah, Spider-Man's a thing now. Yeah. But remember when the naked cowboy yeah. was a thing? Well, it still is, I think. Right. But yeah. 
I don't know how he handled the COVID era, but they put a mask on, hopefully. But that isn't exactly what that is, but that's like yeah. in that era where that was a bigger deal. Is it the is it the second one or the third one where he's like she she'll keep like uh, Brant keeps calling him and his table his whole table like buzzes it's like for, to take his pills or whatever do you remember that at all oh uh yeah I can't Which, remember the second or third one that happens probably the third one I feel like it is that one and there's just some shots where he's like he picks the wrong one and it buzzes again he like points at one and she like nods. He takes it in and buzzes again. Mm -hmm. I love he's like, money. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's like the Mr. Krabs of the Spideyverse, the multiverse Spideyverse. That can't be done. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't think that'll be possible, but whatever. Yeah. I think he'll be of people like him anyway. This is something, too, that both the Garfield and the Holland movies kind of don't spend time on is the working class nature of Peter and of Mary Jane and of they got to take these jobs they don't want and there's, you know, these dead-end places and these economic yeah. problems. That's not something you see in a lot of the other movies as much. And the compromises they have to make yeah. and... And that's one of the ironies in general of Spider-Man comics and even in the movies is that the only way he can, quote, monetize his good deeds, which he would do anyways, but is to take pictures of himself as someone else, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Oh, that's a meme, too, yeah. like, all the time now. Anybody else that want to bother her on a daily basis? Don't tell Harry. Yeah, <laughs> later. A, reprise. yeah. a reprisal, yeah. yeah. I guess I'd say I'm something of an earth dweller myself. <laughs> but. What did he say? The original one, he's like, I guess you could say I'm somewhat of a scientist myself or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. think so. That's what it so is. So I say somewhat of one. Yeah, I would say so. This whole, all these movies are like, don't tell Harry anything. He can't take it. You yeah. know? <laughs> what a loser. Snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> loser. <laughs> Yeah, snowflake. Yeah. Like, okay, like. <laughs> but he's just like living in I a love crappy this, like, house. Five now. new contracts, like background businessman. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Storm and Norman.
What? Dr. Connors, he pops up in the second and third one, who's eventually... Yeah. Uh, the expectation was, I think, in the fourth one, he was going to be the lizard, which yeah. he is in the, in the first Amazing Spider-Man movie, the lizard's the villain, but has a very famous lizard antidote storyline. <laughs> Love that look Defoe yeah. had, just like this pissant. Like, yeah. <laughs> about his own son. Oh, yeah, let's help him out. Screw my son. Love, he's like, I'll use my father's love of my friend that he loves more than me to get out of this situation, you know? <laughs> and then foster further resentment. What other yeah. And that even his rejection of him getting a leg up is like, oh, wow, you want to do your own thing. I so respect that. Don't live in my shadow. And then meanwhile, yeah. Larry's sitting there like, yeah, I guess I just suck. Well, he sets the camera up beforehand. Yeah. Uh, he like, just knew that they were going to be yeah. right there. I don't know. I think I'm out on this movie. Like, <laughs> By the way, if you see a guy flying around looking like that, yeah. it'd be a good idea to stop fighting. <laughs> yeah. How would he be getting those? Yeah, those are way too yeah. good. Mega crap. Maybe I'm just ignorant, but all those primo quality pictures for three hundred dollars, like okay, that'll get over you. <laughs> I mean, that hair, I mean, come on now. And that's another thing about Peter Parker's a character. He's almost like if uh, J uh, Jimmy Olsen was Superman in terms of like Superman's pal, but also he's a photographer. And yeah, that was big. Anybody in the early '60s would have a kid would have recognized that. Oh, that's kind of like Jimmy Olsen. Yes, I can see that. Elizabeth Banks, of course, is now yeah. way bigger figure than having a role just like in this. Just directed a decent amount of the movies now. Oh, what could go wrong? <laughs> it's not like I blew up everything they were doing. Literally, like, you know. Literally murdered a general, like. Walking. What? A tender offer. Fargus, like Fargas, yes. what? This, this smile turns to, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. 
Max, get me out of this. That guy there. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't care like, about any didn't of this. You get I want the, money. Didn't you get the memo? Yeah. <laughs> We're announcing the sale after the World Unity Festival. Like, what? You're out, Norman. I mean, yeah, the World Unity Festival needs to come first. Then this we is get a real like car waiting. Yeah. Tick, tick. can't do this to me. He smiles like, I will kill you all. Like, Look at this. What is any of this? Yeah. World Unity Festival. I mean, Macy, Macy Gray's Gray. there, yeah. I mean. She has a very memorable one or two scene turn in a training day. She plays like this random druggy, basically. Mm -hmm. My nutbag fantasy. With the, the pH, pH, yeah. yeah. Is there the fat farm, P-H-A-T. Is it P-H-A-R-M? Yeah. Like pharma? Yeah, big pharma. <sighs> Who cares? No. Like, <laughs> no. His black dynamite yeah. was it. Did Raimi ever want to make a fourth one? Yeah. I oh, think he did. He was going to okay. do it, and him and Sony just kind of. Oh, well. I think he did, but he was also kind of getting tired of doing them, too. I think the fourth one, though, was going to have Malkovich as the vulture, also. Mm, right. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Which that would have been something. He had his spotty sense. How would that even really work? What? Spotty the spotty sense. sense. It's like, yeah. what would he? What would that indicate? Yeah. I Meanwhile, hello, Moto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it implies something is absolutely going to happen at this moment, and you're warned about it. So mm -hmm. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. You remember that cell phone company though? That singular. Yeah. I remember that. The logo. Yeah. I remember. Because that logo was basically ripped off for the Mount Zion Baptist Church Youth yes. uh, logo yeah. for a long time. They probably changed it by now, but not like we needed a logo. Yeah. But whatever. I love that. Like he's so crazy. His own son and his son's girlfriend are on that balcony, and well, I'll risk killing them if I got to. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Well, literally, he basically did kill them. Yeah. Like. But he's willing to risk all that. Did you see he that shot care. of Peter there where he was just looking like he didn't really want to do anything? Like, he was just watching it. Well, there yeah, he is. Right. He's like, oh, I guess I got to help out. And they're like, how did that happen? Yeah. MJ in danger. MJ screaming. And he had that ready. Yeah. And people were like, wait, what? Uh, yeah. There's a, oh, that's probably some Same freak. moment kind of like that happens in Superman where he's like, yeah. pretty clearly somebody would see him uh, changing into his suit. But... What if they had like a second or two where they realized who it was before they died? Very uh, cartoonishly just turned into skeletons. Like, no debris, no brain matter everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man. <laughs> it's Spider-Man. 
One of the goofiest aspects of this Green Goblin suit is how big the head is. Like, it looks yeah. like some H.R. Geiger, like, rejected art or like something. Like, the moment. He just kept standing there. Yeah. Like, move. No thanks. Okay. Well, it's this one guy on the head. Yeah. <laughs> well, he probably had brain damage yeah. when the vapor hits he, the he, bloodstream. He went in the blue tent. He went into the bloodstream. Yes. <laughs> the vapor hit his bloodstream. What the heck? <laughs> World Unity Festival. Like it was a trampoline. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> Imagine you're just like down on the street and you're seeing all this happen. You're yeah. like, what? Like, uh, what's the world coming to? Bro? Yeah. That's what the world's coming to. How do you like that? Let me say, how do you like that? You yeah. know, like, love that reaction he has of like, oh my God. Like, mm -hmm. oh, going haywire. the jump being in kind of Times Square area makes me reminds me of the Fran Lebowitz joke she said before it was like uh, seeing a fellow New Yorker in Times Square is like running somebody in a gay bar in the 70s it's like oh uh, I'm not here I'm, like, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not really here yeah. uh, like, it's like a deeply embarrassing I'm here with a friend thing. like yeah yeah because yeah. I've you hear New Yorkers complain about it all the time and I probably would too if I were them it's like that Times Square was something purely made for tourism and not you know purely made for just big flashiness, like. Well, Meanwhile, yeah. Like, no, she can't. Don't go anywhere. It's like, what can I do? Yeah. Like. A little bit better than Tom Holland constantly just being like, wait, what? To everything. It's just like, you know, it's just like, uh, hijinks. You know what's sad is, is that in a weird way, that Holland thing is indicative of most teenagers today in terms yeah. of what quote humor yes. is, you yeah. know, but yeah. Such a goon. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, the era of, I mean. Incredible. I like the spider bite. Like. <laughs> Incredible. He's looking so cool and so fly. Yeah. Like, you know. He's a fly on the wall. He's fly on the spider bite. <laughs> what? Like, Found a spider web. Yeah. Girl in the spider's web. The man in the spider boy. 
What if you just like instead of like, I need a pistola? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what? We're we're ominous for him to say that. Randomly <laughs> determined, like somebody there. Somebody. Yeah, like somebody's here. There's somebody here to drive. We you always insane. say. We always say this. I'm like, here, here. Yeah. <laughs> All the masks he's got, mm-hmm. it's like, all right. Like, Where are you? Follow the cold shiver running down your spine. Huh? Not really an answer. I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. It is as if it's coincidence. So many good things all Normal Osborne. What do you want? Say what you want. And do what you can't. Every move knows its own way. The board members. We killed them. We remember. The second most iconic, I'm going to talk to myself, scene in 2002 after the Gollum. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> murderer. Murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Willem Dafoe could have just played Gollum, like, minimal makeup, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> but then Gollum be slinging his big fat chunk around. Yeah. Hoffman, any relation to us? No. Okay. I think it's in the second one where they're trying to come up with a name for Doc Ock and they're like, Doctor Strange, taken. And so it's like, oh, Doctor Strange. like, but Another uh, Steve Ditko creation. He was a hero, yeah. people say. Hero yeah. moment. How did all that happen that yeah. fast? What? <laughs> Got some knockout gas. What's this? Bad gas? I'm just trying to imagine this similar suit being actively used on a battlefield somewhere like imagine yeah. if you saw this coming at you how terrified you'd be well he might have created the mask yeah 
but the rest of it, I guess I could kind of see, but. This doesn't happen much in these movies as much, but hashtag much. But um, in the Andrew Garfield movies, there's a lot of scenes of like him taking his mask off to fight, yeah. and, and that's clearly like, oh, we got this movie star. Look at him, you know, like yeah. This is a really weird scene. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the R truth. You know, the classic, we're not so different, you and I scene. They fight one time and then already we're there. Yeah. Think about it, hero. Hero. <laughs> Wanted. Was a neighborhood friendly, friendly neighborhood Spider Man. What a wicked web we weave, you know? A wicked Mark Webb we weave. You know what I mean? Spider. Spoder. <laughs> Check it out, man. Like. Hey man, you're new to this turf. We don't yeah. take kindly to strangers coming around here. <laughs> 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 
Oh, they're even human. Yeah. Like... <laughs> that was pretty easy. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, uh. Sound yeah. from the Pink Panther trailer. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Nick Nack. Dropping hints. Amazing, amazing Spider-Man. Some people don't think so. But you are. Thanks, Spider-Man. Do you want to get to say thank you this time? One of the most iconic kissing scenes ever. Yeah, I remember it was on the back of the VHS. Yeah. I remember seeing it all the time. This did win an MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss. Uh, <laughs> wow. Like, that's even a thing. Uh, one of the Shrek movies also made fun of this, too. So, Yeah. Shrek, you know, kind of garbage when you think about it. Yeah, deeply. Taking out the animated garbage. <laughs> I mean, it's a DreamWorks movie of a certain era, so... Yeah. I mean, they can't all be over the hedge. You know? and this isn't DreamWorks, I know, but I know there's been a random fascination in recent months of with Hoodwinked as being a secretly underrated masterpiece. Like, <laughs> So... I just showed that to my kids a couple months ago yeah. during lunch. It's not. So let, let me tell you, the uh, Hudson Middle School 7th grade Intelligentsia is like out on that. And I they didn't too, even like it? No. Really? I mean, they liked it in the sense that I like it as far as it's stupid and it's right. funny, but not genuinely. Right, no. right. Whoever thinks that's insane. No. So again, he's... So he's... The Green Goblin intentionally blew up this apartment building is like in wait is like in waiting, you know. Well Michelle Williams, like <laughs> she is in the Venom movies, so Yeah. She's she the only saving too. grace I can think of of those. Yeah. She needs money too, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Michelle Williams is one of the few figures that would be in any of these more modern superhero movies that I would just shrug and go, yeah, you know what? Like, she's done so many great things. Like, you can't. I mean, maybe the finest actress working today. So it's like, whatever. That's the screen. <laughs> so he does it multiple times. <laughs> I'll be here when you get back. Like, why? This whole scene is yeah. just wow. How is he making yeah. all these noises? Like, yeah, master impresario. 
you you can tell from the way all yeah. this is shot that it's clearly yeah. something going on. But man. even like the pointiness of the back of the head, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that, uh, like a moth to the flame. We say that yeah. all the time, too. Uh, what about our generous podcast? Like, who's out? Gobby. Gobby, out of your mind. Wrong answer. Gobby. Oh, gob. Gobagoo. Gobba goblin. Like pizza, pizza, but yeah, but like better than <laughs> Little Caesars. Like, well, I'm not saying a whole whole lot, but yeah. A lot of good reflexes to do yeah. all that. Well, you can certainly there's this I mean, thigh the in particular see Matrix influence yeah. like. Well. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> like think, roasted dudes. Yeah, so I don't like, think they're gonna live. Like, except they will. Well, he just did so. That this transition here. <laughs> Like he's just now coming out of it. Yeah. He was. He is just such a. Oh my god, so annoying. Yeah. Like what an awful boyfriend he is. Like just. Oh my god, you're poor. Like you don't. <laughs> Get it. Well, he's like not even working though. Yeah. Oh, my favorite son. Well, I forgot how iconic this scene is, too. Oh, that's weird. I didn't know he was here. <laughs> what? <laughs> Slime ball. Slime. Yeah. Piece of floating slime. What if they all just looked up and saw him up there, though? Like, it'd be awkward. The blood kind of falling, though. Yeah. Bit of a slob. His like, goblin reflexes. Yeah. My goblin sense is tingling. <laughs> I mean, 2002, again, another big year from Goblins. You have this, and he took a little tumble off the cliff. What about that eggs? Yeah. <laughs> they won't need that. Looks like Michael Bolton or something. Mm -hmm. like. <laughs> he said all these double entendres. Yeah, and this like, whole scene's filled with it. Yeah. We can say gravy. What? Yeah. Gravy. Toy Fair Theater wants Thomas. Yeah. Twisted Toy Fair Theater, mm -hmm. don't forget. Norman? <laughs> Love all the, like, hatefulness that's randomly contained in this exchange for yeah. some reason. Yeah. 
We used to do that yeah. all the time. I'm just like, <laughs> why? I don't really know. And David Coop knows all about that. Made Premium Rush later. So that's a fascination of Coop and his throughout his career. The bike messengers vibe scene. Knock me down. <laughs> yeah, we there's a lot of lines like we overdo. We and right. our cousins yeah. overdo and it's like some lines from the departed especially and you go back and watch the actual scenes like we've turned it into bike messenger knocked me down yeah like, and the reality is like bike messenger knocked me down like yeah <laughs> yeah but bike messenger knocked me down knocked me down like <laughs> has to make sure you yell it when I get long enough Then broomer fast. It took me a while when I was a kid to figure out what that meant. Just like broom all the way, like. Well, well. <laughs> That's another one. Yeah. Harry it used to be like Oz Harry Osborne. <laughs> Buddy Drew did that. Spider Man is all but invincible. I love too is that this is a similar the scene as earlier. Not be countenanced, but that it's like we'll do the same kind of scene, but a different setup where it's like him talks to the mask as opposed yeah. to his reflection. Instruct him in the matters of loss and pain. Like, <laughs> what can you have take, him elected in the take, way of pain? Can you take college courses on that? Like, <laughs> you get a concentration even. It's like uh, I majored in philosophy with a concentration in loss and pain. <laughs> that little New York Yankees hat. Yeah. <laughs> let's just like direct hit like that like, could, see how he's standing that would literally there. kill everyone in the yeah. room like you oh, know he's standing on the glider like yeah. that. he was just waiting outside by the way to hear it you know? from Abel. These eyes, these the eyes. eyes of Tammy Faye, like <laughs> these eyes. That's what he's thinking about there. Oxygen in use, no smoking. Who's who I am? Maybe I should go visit him. Yeah, clear things up. Hey, like, hey, hey. 
or Eric Lance Hendrick, not Eric Lance Hendrickson in Terminator in his last yeah. moments. Hey, and then well, he <laughs> yeah. dies. So, R.I.P. The real one. Lance Hendrickson, real frog prints continues kind of vibe from him, his face, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know what? what I'm saying? No. And then he looks like a frog. He looks like a frog. I mean. He plays like a frog. He plays do the do the dirty dog. Like. <laughs> Anyways. Do the Thomas Nash. Like. <laughs> oh, she's going to be fine. Yeah, from we used to laugh getting in a rocket in One of my of English classes in high school, we used to laugh about the teacher once said doing the nasty <laughs> and that was around the time we were learning about like the muckrakers or no we had already learned about the muckrakers the year before or whatever yeah. and Thomas Nast is one of those and I always used to say do the Thomas Nast <laughs> like <laughs> said doing the nasty doing the Thomas Nast the fact is... those were the days you know Spider-Man Spider-Man Is real like a uh, Batman Forever. She loves Bruce Wayne. Uh, loves Batman, not Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Not me. Not I. Said the little Spider Man. Yeah, Mary Jane. Yeah. Yeah, what do you what do you think about this random woman that I've met a couple of times? <laughs> like, well, he did kiss her, I guess. So yeah, at least but that, like, but yeah. Uh, these eyes. <laughs> What? <laughs> Not quite normal. Abby normal? Like... Yeah. It's a lot of this, like, good thing, kind of a negative yeah. thing, like... <laughs> So, please, yeah, get to the end of this. <laughs> We're just talking about the to David Cope writing this scene. He did the, uh, you know, uh, Antonio Banderas. Like, oh yeah, like, <laughs> like and she's Aunt like, May in waiting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aunt May creep. She's like, creep I will now home. expire. Like, that's <laughs> like, what? Now like, die, happy woman. What if she starts doing the thing like the, like Osborne did in the Norman? Where he's like, oh, oh, like. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, always late, always a loser, you know? Yeah, always a step behind. Uh, oh, 
Were you holding his hand while his aunt is near death? Yeah. Wow, that sucks. Like That's cold. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> is he on the toilet? What yeah. is he doing? Like Norman on the toilet. Mm. Normie. Literally, what if we came home and yeah. our dad was doing that upstairs? Wait, like, is he Green Goblin? Yeah. Is he Green Gobby? Not your Peter. Oh, whoa, what? Well, mm. these eyes. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you flunk that five times? Like. <laughs> He's a better man. <laughs> I guess I've sucked, ain't I? What? He perished for our inequities? Like, Is he a progressive activist? Like, <laughs> He perished for our inequities? Question mark. Is he a community uh, organizer? I'm going to kill <laughs> These transitions in this yeah. movie. <laughs> Very memorable. Until he comes back. Remember that line being in a lot of the trailers and yeah. TV spots. It's a real like last look. You know what was funny is all the uh, Dark Knight movies. Their trailers always had those little like uh, stuff. The, the trademark the, Nolan humor. Yeah, it's like at the very end. Yeah. It's like please, like. Gee, did I see? New way feminism? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> equal rights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Getting punished for iniquities. <laughs> Everybody. But 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 hang on. Ribbit. 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 <laughs> She's like. <laughs> Like, as DMX once said, whoa! It's my favorite lyric from him. Goblin laughing on phone. Yeah. <laughs> I'll screen cap that. And... Can Spider Man come out to play? Where is she? <laughs> you need to come and see me. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, that's literally what that is. Like, you know who this is. <laughs> Hello? 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 Hello?
You know how this is going to end, don't you? Nope. Nope. <laughs> he's like, I think you do. <laughs> is that, you know how this is going to end? Like, no, I, I really don't. I can't see the future like yeah. you, so, I guess. Not a soothsayer. Hmm? Not a soothsayer. I got something for y'all eyes coming yeah, up. Yeah. That's literally one of the greatest moments in any movie. <laughs> and, like, wow. Unless you got a pajamas on, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm just scrolling here. This headline says, I saw Spider-Man No Way Home three times in one day. Are they insane? <laughs> I don't think they their mind works. So. <laughs> well, you can see his, uh, mouth. his mouth yeah. under that black um, cover in there. The net. Oh, that. Okay. Yeah. I saw that in trailer earlier, and I remarked, I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, wow. Uh... Is that, what is this, Paul Thomas Anderson putting stuff in tra- trailers that ain't in the yeah. movie? I've heard, I've, people who said they've seen Licorice Pizza said there's some moments I know in that that are not in the hmm. movie, so. Hmm, I wonder. There's the moment of Bradley Cooper with the, doing stuff at the yeah. gas station. Yeah. I guarantee, I'm wondering if it's going to be in it or not. Yeah. I've been saying that for yeah. like a year and you a half. Call, you called it back so, a while back. We'll see. On the pod. Yeah, I don't know if it's that or something else, but not a bad guess. Here's your licorice pizza, as the you know, sequel would tell us with a fan edit. Because I'm me. thinking of all the other moments in the movie, and I'm like, there's nothing else I would think that would be missing, personally, but... It better have a, listen, young lady, and yeah. that, or we write. I literally will crap my pants if it doesn't happen, like... <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll have to sit and in it. And then I'll have to sit in it and yeah. be mad. <laughs> right. But, but I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> was it Ebert, like, was complaining about this scene or something? He was just like, oh, we've got to make this choice. And I don't remember what exactly he was even I saying. I don't know. But... Yeah. I love Ebert, but he makes some stupid complaints every now and then. Just yeah. like... How a hero... It's thought about hero. My favorite thing to eat is a meatball hero. Like, <laughs> what's all this? Like, we are who we choose to be. Now, she's like, he's a philosophy teacher or something. Again, and with a concentration in pain and suffering. Notice that man is like, we'll be all right. Yeah, like, that's cool. Yeah, I would be freaking out, but but that's just me. It's not like he's Spider Man and yeah. he can like figure it out, you know. Mm-hmm. Crap. Yeah. <laughs> Crap in a hat. Oh, convenient. Mm-hmm. I will destroy all. <laughs> Just because. Convenient. MJ and kids screaming. <laughs> Get in quick. Get in quick. Hang 
kid. Yeah. And the New Yorkers right yeah. here in a minute. A pretty cool shot. Yeah. It's almost like this movie's good. Yeah. So she would, you know, very likely die there somehow, yeah. but whatever. Okay. Like, shut up. So says you. Die. Like, <laughs> like I'll kill you when this is over. Like, okay. okay. Right. Indeed. I mean, literally, like, I want somebody to put a recording of this in my casket. Yeah. <laughs> literally, had, like a crowbar he threw at it. Yeah, they just found it somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah, had it in his pocket. White guy who had the Mets hat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest, as a Southerner, I hate to say this to our New York listeners, normally y'all annoy me, but, like, in moments like that where it's like, hey, like, yeah. I got something for y'all, hey, yeah. like, you know, that's that's amazing, <laughs> but, you know, this is a, God, like, what even is this? Anyway, yeah. where is this? It's in, like, abandoned, like, house, basically. <laughs> 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 Would killed him, but yeah. yeah. Well, you know. There's a moment coming up that my good friend Ryan uh, yeah. <laughs> made his own version of <laughs> Lost Terminator Two. Yeah. When he gets uh, killed, spoiler, but you ought to know. Is there, I'm gonna get away. You yeah, there, nope. But... Like <laughs> this image, yeah. where he's like, <laughs> what? That's like, like you're like bending, breaking steel. Yeah, like the... it's not that difficult. Ooh, that's bad. Yeah. Not good. He ain't playing on Sunday. <laughs> His eyes. This, like, what does that even mean? What even is that? <laughs> yeah, By the like, way, like, is like that a weapon he's like, been hiding the whole time? Yeah, it's like, like a staff spike thing or something. Where did he get that? I don't know. Infrastructure. Yeah. <laughs> well, he would definitely be dead, yeah. probably, but no. Not too much longer. That image. Mm -hmm. Like, what? Internal bleeding, at least. Yeah. <laughs> this 
image of him hitting him there. His face is just like empty goblin mask. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if it's like Dan Quayle. <laughs> <laughs> Ross Perot. All that, Ross Perot. Don't let him take me again. again. There's a funny, uh, there's this, the first song on the uh, last Oingo Boingo album, which I just listened to the other day, called Insanity is the name of the song. Uh, right. at, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and at Insanity. One, at one point in it, uh, it says something like, however many thousands of years of evolution and we get Dan Quayle or something. It's like the lyric, like, what? Like, wow. I don't remember exactly what it said, but I was just like listening. I was sitting listening to it and I was like, what? Like, <laughs> Why? Be a son to me. Big and moment, and his name is Johnson. No. <laughs> this moment here, though, is uh, I love that by this point he definitely knows he's um Peter. Obviously, yeah. he's like he calls him Spider Man, and was... <laughs> <laughs> only Sam Raimi would yeah, do that. Like, like. oh, <laughs> but wouldn't you think it would just go through him and then hit him anyway? Yeah, don't tell her. It's an all-time death rattle, yeah. you know? <laughs> but, oh, don't worry. He's back in No Way yeah, Home. I, as well as Doc Ock is, too. I don't, don't even try to explain that to me. I don't know. Didn't he literally explode? Yeah. And that? So like, yeah, that whole... Because he like, blew up. No, I'll do it. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> all, they know, all these... You know, it's good. funny about this movie, all the transitions yeah. that there are. It's, like, really weird. Looking like that, you know. Yeah. And he has a gun. Yeah. Like, why did he know that was right there? You know. See, one of those like concealed carry kind yeah, of guys. Yeah, sure you know? he is. What if he just unloaded the clip and his dad? His dad's <laughs> He's like, if I can't have you, no one can. Like, I wish I, I wish I was the one to do it. Like, I'm gonna cause him the pain. <laughs> His dead body. Like, hey, it feels like every one of these movies ends in a funeral or yeah. something. A lot of death in Spidey's life. No, you lost him, but yeah. <laughs> Do we want to just neglect the idea that he was a um? Murderous, um, psychopathic supervillain. It's funny how blatant all this is. It's like, I'll kill Spider-Man, but I love you. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> I'll kill you, it's like, but I, I love Spider-Man. Like, but I heard Spider-Man was there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what if it ended like, uh, Roll Tenenbaums with the, uh, yeah. uh Van Morrison yeah. music? <laughs> Everybody walks out. Yeah. In the slow mo. I'll always be Speeder Parker, man. Speeder Parker. Speeder Spoder Spoder Parker. 
think he should rebrand as Spoder Parker. Spud Park. That sounds like a uh, like a skateboarding facility. Do it all for the nookie. This scene. <laughs> this is meme. That yeah, there's this meme. Yeah, like they put the red um, Lent biscuit hat. hat yeah. yeah, and it's like, tell me, is it true that I did it all for the nookie? Like, she cries what? like. Yeah. <laughs> He should like turn his head and do the Val Kilmer look. Yeah. <laughs> and forever. finally says it but is it too late he's got to be he's got to have his big heroic walk off you know who am I <laughs> I'm I'm Spoder Parker like MJ getting friend zoned. Did it all for the monkey. <laughs> Limp Biscuit should have had a song in this, yeah. you know. Oh well, what could it be? Effing up your program, like. <laughs> <laughs> Attention! How melancholic this movie ends. Yeah. Like, I always remembered that about it, but yeah, that's a classic. Most of the great Spider-Man stories end on the kind of a melancholic slash like mixed blessing kind of a note. This usually never an unambiguously yeah. happy ending. But. He's Spider-Man. He's Spider-Man. He's gonna swing around like Spodload. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> Big heroic moment. Ah, do accept at fully loaded. <laughs> Last summer. Yeah. American flag. Yeah. This is America. Yeah. 
you don't like it, like then all right. <laughs> so, so, what's very hilarious to me about that ending is just like there's nothing about Spider-Man that inherently screams like raw raw patriotism exactly. So yeah. it's just like you know. Obviously they added this was, that in. Yeah, at the obviously end. this was yeah. that wake of aftermath of September. Noel McGraw, Randy Savage, test pilot. Messi Gray has herself. Times Square children. Cop at fire. Mick Watford. Really? Like. Tram group mother. Tugboat captain. I mean, Tugboat McGuire. Yeah. So, Spider Man, mm-hmm. any new thoughts? Michael Moore, second assistant director. They just kind of hang out a few days. Yeah, like, hey, I'll shoot some of this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my Chad God. Chad Kroger. Of course, of a hero of Nickelback. Hottie Fugeman. Yeah, Nickelback thoughts. They really are bad, yeah. but you think they're almost under—well, not underrated, but no, like they're but like maybe? yes, like I mean they're bad, but like whatever. I mean, yeah. you know, hero can save us. I'm not gonna stand here and wait. <laughs> well. I've never hung around this long. Yeah, um, I, I, I thought they had yeah. he had a song at the end of this. Yeah. Chad Kroger, you know the American Chris Martin in many ways, you know, from a certain era. I'm more like Toby Keith, but <laughs> Toby Keith's better. Yeah. Well, Toby Keith's the American Toby Keith. Arguably. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Oh, Chad Kroger, I think, is married to uh, Avril Lavigne, other uh, 2000s icon. Yeah. He's Canadian, actually, Chad Kroger. Here, wait. I mean, my, how the years have flown, you know? Just counting Nickelback has nine studio albums. What's the newest one? Feed the Machine from 2017. Okay. They all, you know, they named it that. Feed the Machine from 2017, just so it would always run. They, they thought the long game, you know. Bo Henry, negative cutter. Okay. I don't know why he had to be so negative about it. So, any new thoughts on Spider-Man? No, I mean, yeah, it's great. I mean, yeah, you know. There you go. Works. Works. Yeah. Gets you from point A to point yeah. B, you know? Better than all the crap yeah, we're doing pause now. on this. Oh, yeah, of course. Wait, let's hear it at 1.5. We're breaking the sink. Oh. Come on, master. Michael Moore again. Alfredo Garcia. Really? Technical assistant. Give it a cramp. Might as well just go all the way with this. Yeah.
Uh, strokes is uh, yeah. <laughs> I've never watched all this. Has heard this before. Spider Man. It's ruined. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. There you go. <laughs> so, Spider-Man, yep. 2002. Yep. Still great. Good stuff. Still good stuff. But, Jeff, we got one last podcast coming out this year. One new movie. Mr. Probst, what is it next week? Stay tuned for scenes from our next episode. There's sun power, gun power, atomic power, fun power, power power, flower power, go power, and low power. And if power's all they really understand, we take the power of the flower and the power of the dough. We put them both together and we love them to death. thing that matters is with who you do. Skidoo, skidoo, the only thing that matters is with who. Skidoo, I do. I do believe it really is the thing to do. Skidoo, skidoo, and the world can be a better place for you. Well, you gotta be good and you gotta be kind, but there's a lot of people think they gotta draw the line. They separate the good, the bad, the wrong from right. They forget about the colorless between the black and white, the groovy little in-between. Skidoo, skidoo, the only thing that matters is with who you do. Skidoo, skidoo, the only thing that matters is with who Selection. Nielsen as a tower guard. Like from <laughs> Skidoo. 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 From Awful. 1968. <laughs> I remember uh one of the greats of film Twitter, Peter Avellino, mm-hmm. one time tweeting like happy whatever anniversary. I think to it was Skidoo. the fiftieth, I'm pretty sure. And I remember being like, What is this? Never yeah. having heard of it before. 
and then kind of I got a hold of it and we sought it out, watched it, and instantly loved it. Um, yeah. It's not a great movie, no, but it's a pretty entertaining movie. How do how do you even describe what Skadoo is? Well, I guess it's just like a it's like a, a comedy set amongst the countercultural. Yeah, uh, like I mean, of it's in, the late sixties. It's in the tradition of the sixties comedy, the bloated sixties comedy, which we can spend a lot of time talking uh, about next week. In this, it kind of like it's a mad, 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 mad world, but like there's nothing really to go after. Um, yeah. I don't actually remember exactly what the plot of the movie is. Isn't Jackie Gleason like a gangster or something? Yeah, basically like a mob figure or yeah, something. Yeah, and like he's like his daughter to joins save like, his daughter yeah. from like a hippie group or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and that's Groucho mainly Marx what it is. is, is God it, yes, it? I mean, <laughs> the whole point was Groucho Marx plays God. Yeah. That way they could literally say that. It's yeah. like it's like the Easy Rider uh, mm-hmm. Hey, we won't go into all that, yeah. but yeah, um, but yeah, that like, and it's just this real crazy comedy. There's like a whole LSD trip in it. It's like, and like I remember they had Timothy Leary in the trailer. It it, it really is a a like mainstream attempt to cash in on the hippie culture. Yeah, and it fails miserably. I mean, yeah. It really, but is it's amazing. so entertaining, wickedly entertaining. And, a lot of big and you know the actors best, of yeah. the '60s show up in it. And the best part is it's directed by Otto Primager, of yeah. all people. It's just like which we've since went yeah. back and seen some yeah. other Primager movies that are quite great. Yeah. Uh, uh, and on George Tristes and uh, even uh, Bunny, Bunny Lake, Lake is, is missing. missing. And and I think that Anatomy of Murder is fine, but it's just kind of yeah, forget. I mean, in many ways, he but, was like yeah. um, this might sound like a a downgrade more than it really is to me, but like he's almost like an also ran Hitchcock in a lot of yeah. ways. Some of his movies yeah. are like very contemporary to Hitchcock, of, um, and and again seen, some pretty good to great movies. Um, but I don't know really what he was thinking with that one. I guess just something different, and maybe like Stanley Kramer did with it's Mad 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 World, wanted to just do something completely different from what he was yeah. normally seen as having done. Yeah, but even that was like a successful no, right. film. Not only literally it made money, yeah. but and I'm sure Scott that's what I'm saying. It's about, after that, but, and yes, so a director like, like Preminger right. looks at that yeah. and says, "Oh, maybe well, I'll try my version it's of been that." Like five years after that, too. It's like I thought you would have gotten to that quicker but it really is amazing to see somebody, see somebody make a movie like bunny lake is missing which isn't like the best movie ever or nothing but like is a pretty like you know uh up-to-date movie for that era to be like to do contemporary a, yeah. a contemporary thriller yeah like that and then to make oh let's do skidoo i have it that just doesn't make any sense to me. And I mean, I know he had a, probably a movie or two in between there. He also um, was one of the Mr. Freezes on yeah, Batman. Maybe he was just getting his freak on in the yeah, 60s. Yeah, a lot of people to, were. I don't know. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, it's a movie that um, it, uh, it really lives in this whole, like, you know, glass bottom boat. It's a mad, 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 mad world era of just like let's make a stupid comedy, yeah. and it and it works after and it works after the fact is like a as a product of its time yeah. of like seeing the type of movies that were being made, but as a movie they never really yeah. worked that well. I mean, it's a mad, 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 mad world. I think works you know relatively. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, and something like maybe the Russians are coming, the Russians are coming, or. I've always wanted to finish it all, but the Maltese Bippy, <laughs> which looked totally awful from what I could tell. Yeah. That was a Rowan and Martin movie, yeah. and I didn't get to see any of it. But I'll, I'll say, though, the opening credits of that movie yeah. are some of the most insane moments of any. I'm just like, you can do this as an opening mm-hmm. credit. I mean, it. so there were moments of that type of movie where 
And even the, you know, closing credits of Skidoo memorably <laughs> are insane. I mean, so, like, there are things in those movies that, frankly, push cinema to a certain level. But and more reflections of and, uh, what the contemporary yeah. editing or sound use was, was moving forward yeah, a little bit. and that, yeah. honestly, nobody's ever went back to that. And it's like, those moments work, but as a whole concept, yeah, it's half-baked. they don't. But, yeah. And a good, yeah. a, a good version to look back on of, like, older people trying to be, quote, hip or cool yeah. and not... They're going to get, like, it. let's get the hardware. And, like, you know, idea, say what you, you know? will about something like Easy Rider, which we have mixed feelings yeah. about. Like, that is made by people no, that at that moment were hip. A movie. And yeah. it was, like, of the moment yes. in a way yeah. that something like that is trying to be but fails, yeah. you know. Right. And, it's a generational yeah. divide. And even something like The Graduate, which... Uh, you know, coming from, and I mean, Mike Nichols was certainly no old man at that point, but I mean, you know, he was, and he was still a relatively young enough man, but that, I don't know, that, it just seems like coming from a, you know, a man who could be perceived by a lot of people as sort of a square, a comedian that's on TV to make a movie like that, or even before that, you know, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, but something like The Graduate to be like funny and dramatic, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it's interesting that movies like that were being made yeah. that were so cutting edge, and then skidoo. Well, know. I mean, it couldn't all be as sophisticated right, as Mike sure. Nichols in that yeah. moment. And th- yeah. like you said, that's a good pressing observation: is that at that moment he was the mo- like among the more contemporary younger filmmakers, Nichols, and somebody like Preminger was a step or two behind. Yeah, and was still capable of making great movies yeah, at sure, that time yeah. period, but yeah. not that kind of. A and movie. he would make interesting um, movies after that too. But yeah, yeah, it's just a. A movie that catches so many people, it's like people getting caught with, like, compromising photographs of them. Yeah. The whole movie's a big compromising yeah. photograph for everyone involved. It's almost, it's, like, like, it's almost like a J. Edgar Hoover just, like, released yeah. all the tapes Isn't George Raff the captain at the yeah. end of that movie? It's yeah. just like, it's like they jam-packed everybody in there. I mean, Frankie Avalon, I'm sure that's not his most embarrassing moment. No. He's been in all kinds of garbage, but it's like... It, there's just so many people in that. It's like, really, you were in this, yeah. like, and Frank, Frank Gorshin, Burgess Meredith, Mickey Rooney. I mean, it's got all. Cesar, Cesar Romero as Hetchy. Yeah. I mean, it's got everybody. A I lot mean, of Batman. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lurch. Figures. Yeah. Uh, it's got. I mean, you pretty much everybody who wasn't in it's a mad, 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 mad world. And there are a couple people that are in both, but everybody who wasn't in that is basically in Skidoo. Am I imagining right? things? Or does Mickey Rooney pop up in that too? Yeah, so I said he's yeah, like Mickey the Rooney, uh, yeah. that guy that God yeah, is going right, after right, or whatever. Yeah, because uh, there's that part. Yeah, because they're like, talking uh, on the phone. Yeah, he's like yeah. a lousy, crumb, yeah. dirty stool pigeon. Yeah, yeah. but uh, and that was yeah. a moment too. Specifically Slim Pickens also in where that movie. it's like at that time was like, oh look at these thirty thirties icons yeah. like at the end of their yeah. Rope. And then Mickey Rooney lived Rooney a long time after that. 50 years later. He's daggum in Phantom of the Megaplex. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. yeah. But obviously, Groucho Marx, he didn't die super long after that. No. And, uh, you know, that was towards the end of his career. But yeah. Uh, so it's a movie we're wildly fascinated by and is just a really interesting cultural product of a time period that we love. Yeah. Uh, and it'll be, you know, be a good little movie to end the year on. It'll yeah. be our last movie of the year. Um, but what a, what a wild, strange trip it's been. Yeah, I know. <laughs> And we've, we've done a lot of movies that yeah. have been somehow functionally about the 60s at various points, yeah. and so we kind of thought it would be a good one to end the year on, close yeah. the chapter on a lot of that. So, again, if you're hearing this on Christmas Eve or in the immediate aftermath of Christmas Day or in the ne- days to come, hope you have a very Merry Christmas mm-hmm. uh, and a soon-to-be very Happy New Year. This yeah. is Kyle. God bless all. God bless all. Take care. God bless.
God bless us, everyone. Life is full of sweet surprises. Every day's a gift. The sun comes up and I can feel it lift. My spirit fills me up with laughter, fills me up with song. I look into the eyes of love and know that I belong. Bless us all who gather here, the loving family I hold dear. No place on earth compares with home, and every path will bring me back from where I roam. Bless us all that as we live, we always comfort and forgive. We have so much that we can share. With those in need we see around us everywhere. Let us always love each other. Lead us to the light. Let us hear the voice of reason singing in the night let us run from anger and catch us when we fall teach us in our dreams and please yes please bless, bless us, us one and all Bless us all with playful years, with noisy games and joyful tears. We reach for you and we stand tall. And in our prayers and dreams we ask you bless us all. We reach for you and we stand tall. And in our prayers and dreams we ask you 